All right, ladies and gentlemen, I do believe we are live. Welcome to another edition of the Break the Rules stream. I am Lev Poliakov at Levpo on Twitter. We are here, as always, with the great Giovanni Penichetti. Uh We yeah. are here with uh, Apex Sin, Sin Maps. I can never say it right. We are here with the great Libby Emmons. And we are here with Amy Therese. Hello, governor. Australian <laughs> That's edition. That's the wrong answer. Let's I put some shrimp on the Barbie. Totally wrong accent. Let Forsters. Me just ruin, you ruin Forsters. the whole stream. Australian for beer. <laughs> Forsters. Everybody uh, subscribe. Subscribe and need those super chats yes, right now. Yes. And I just want to say we've been meaning to do this for a long time. Uh... <laughs> I consider Amy such an amazing person. I consider Libby and Apex also amazing people. But uh, I, I uh, when we really got going with Breakthrough Rules, you were one of the first uh, people I had in mind to bring on. And hopefully not the last time. <laughs> Unless this becomes totally terrible, becomes internet blood sports, total cringe. But um, I just want to say, I know every, I, I, I want to run this by you before we get going. Uh, I know pretty much a lot about Australian culture. I had a, mm -hmm. a great grandfather that lived there. Um, and recently my parents binged um, the show, this Australian medical drama, All Saints, all 12 seasons. It was fascinating. What? Have you, have you watched All Saints? All Amy? Saints. Yeah. It was on when I was like a kid and a teenager, like a, I'm just surprised that that would make it to the states. Well, well it, <laughs> so it was on Tubi. That's the. It was on one of these uh, Fire Stick uh, <laughs> devices. Lev, what are you mukbanging right now? Before we, I mean, I, I have some self control. Some... My God, I, mean... <laughs> I am. I am eating some snossages. That's what I'm doing. Oh, okay. and everybody subscribe right now and Patreon.com and all that good <laughs> stuff. We are also on Apple and all the audio players. I'm gonna send the link. Everybody subscribe to those as well. But anyway, Amy. Tell us about yourself. What are you doing? You're from Australia. Uh, why did you get into this? And last question, what is your audience base? How would you describe the people that are into what Amy does and who Amy is? Sorry, I just lost the connection there just very briefly. So I'm just going to assume what I, I'm going to assume that the question was what I figure it was. Um, so you were just asking like how I got into um, podcasting and that sort of thing, being an internet thought, basically. Um, <laughs> I It was just sort of inadvertent, to be honest. So initially a few years ago, I was um, I had a lot of time to downtime to kill during the day at work. And so I was posting quite a bit. And then um, that, you know, sort of one thing leads to another. And I got asked to be a co-host on a leftist political podcast about three and a half years ago. Um, and then from there, I think the rest is sort of history. So I was on that for about a year and then started my podcast a couple of years ago. Um, and then we were at the end of the Bernie campaign that sort of like um, hit the skids. And then thank God, like Oliver and I um, sort of re re reoriented it and then yeah, just the rest is history, to be honest. <laughs> oh, and who does our audience consist of? It's actually a pretty diverse mix of people. I think certainly a couple of years ago um, at the outset, it was very much more um, sort of 
Bernie Bernie Bros. Um, but then at the same time, we'd we'd always had a fairly diverse range of people, including sort of like academics and like you know proper like um, you know sort of it's serious <laughs> serious like um, academics and shit, and then increasingly also like very much this dissident corner of Twitter that's that's cropped up and I, I guess I always took pride in like to me, there's something that I found very strange on the left where the idea that people from you know with different different political persuasions than oneself might be listening was like supposed to be something bad whereas when I would get messages from people who were sort of like look I don't agree with your politics but like I really like the show I'd be like that's great that's dope because like you never want to just be talking to sort of you know a cult you know like you want to at the very least be like at least have some kind of you know faculty with the truth such that (laughs) people who disagree with you might listen and get something out of it well having an audience consisting of uh people uh, that don't disagree with you. I mean, nowadays it's kind of like metaphysical violence in some ways to these people. Uh, every, every, <laughs> every bread tuber, they have a disclaimer. If you're a transphobe, homophobe, is a phobe, uh, th- what's a, what's a, who gives a phobe, then you please get away from me. Uh, don't watch this. Um, yes, but they're running cults. I was thinking about this last night. Do you remember when, like, you know, um, I really think the pioneer of all this bullshit, the more I think about it, you know how Stefan Molyneux? <laughs> like, yes. Molly me. I think they're I think they're all Molyneux now. Yeah. Like they literally all like Mo- they, yeah. they yeah, they cultivate these weird little online cults. Like they're um, all defooing each other. Yeah, the yeah, they're fully like defooing their families and like telling people what they're allowed to believe, what they're not allowed to believe, like and indoctrinating them with like the canonical like version of events and mm. shit like this. Like I, them, I feel like the you know, um yeah. contrapoints. I feel oh, like she God, gives yeah. homilies. It's like she gives like a homily that's like meant to sort of lull you into this catatonic state where she just like indoctrinates indoctrinates you with like just nonsense. And it's you not even I mean? about the the philosophic content anymore of not well, at contra- all. I, it's about the van it's, it's about the vanity of the, the theater kid spectacle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my um, friend uh, online, he's so <laughs> spicy boy. He, he's like increasingly red for me on the idea of he's like they're all fucking theater kids. <laughs> they're like, all they are. Class. He's like, I'm not a class reductionist, I'm not a race reductionist, I'm just a theater kid reductionist. <laughs> well, Lev is actually a theater kid, I believe am it an or actual not. Theater kid. Yeah, you went to, to Lee Strandberg. <laughs> yeah, I used to go to the Lee Strasberg Theater in Strasberg. Why do I always get that? Back in the day. Um and, but uh, we did introduce uh, Libby and uh, yes, Apex because L- yes, they are also Libby. two very interesting people. And Apex, so go for it, Libby. Tell us all about. I love yourself. how you said Libby's an interesting person, but not. But and Apex, <laughs> meaning he's not that. <laughs> Fuck you too, love. <laughs> <laughs> Namaste. Namaste. Uh, Libby is the uh, added. Well, oh, Libby, show yourself. Uh, what am I doing? Yes. Hi, uh, I'm the editor in chief at the Post Millennial. <laughs> I'm a senior contributor for The Federalist. I've written for a variety of publications. Um, I also studied at Lee Strasberg. 
Whoa, are you kidding me? No. You, Lev, no. you went this last what stream she was on. on. Yeah. What is going we on? There was, some weird, there was some weird ass synchronicity going on with me and Lev, Libby. I can't believe we you forgot same, this. We were at the, we same, were at the same party last weekend. And yes. we didn't even see each other. Oh, Wait, who did you yeah. have for a teacher? Hold on, Bill Balzac or... Uh, I don't Ted remember. Krause? It was It was like so long ago. We went through this before because I'm, yes. I'm like way older than you. Um, yeah. But Libby, um, Amy could write a guess. I could just, um, I could just picture in my mind all of the headlines in the post-millennial. Amy Therese, guest uh, guest writer. The left has a Nambla problem. That could be the uh, the headline right there. So, yeah, that sounds like a whole QAnon thing too. On top of everything else, <laughs> that's like where they. It's the horseshoe. It's where they meet. <laughs> but yeah. right now these two worlds are meeting so we have the post-millennial world and we have the amy therese world uh and i'd say apex you would be closer to uh amy than you would be to libby can you tell us a little bit about yourself and then i want to know what 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 world the post-millennial seems to inhabit i'd like to know what that what that is well we'll definitely find from, out from your perspective yeah let's so, so let's uh, so let's go uh, apex uh yeah so i i'm probably closer to amy in the sense of a, a former leftoid who just kind of abandoned the left after a myriad probably way too long staying loyal to it but um yeah i just i just kind of uh i i feel like i, I have a fairly interesting spot in that i've got a sort of pretty much the intersection of a lot of different people which is cool to see um and and of course, you know, because uh, I'm I'm legally required to shamelessly shill my Substack, which is where most of my serious thought goes to. Yes, Apex's notes, very fun. I'm gonna link to that as well as linking to uh, Libby's uh, Twitter and also uh, where. Okay, so you consider yourself to be, like I said, closer to Amy. But when it comes to the post millennial, Libby was asking me earlier what exactly uh, how I would describe it. I would describe it as being more of a conservative slash classically liberal institution. Would that be doing it justice, Libby? Uh, yeah, I think that that works for me. And now that's sort, of where, that's sort of where we fall. I mean, yes, we're allowed. Wanna... Yeah. I mean, we're like disaffected liberals who are now conservatives, basically what we are. And so now I'm curious from uh, Amy Therese, what reaction would you have to this trend that's going on right now where there are these disaffected liberals who end up going more into the conservative route? That's one area we're seeing. Another area we're seeing are people who are starting to adopt more of the position of uh, being fiscally uh, left and being uh, morally or, uh, uh, you know, being morally conservative, however you would want to phrase that. So I'm curious uh, what you see going on right now in regards to something like the post-millennial as well as this other side that's coming up from a lot of, let's say, more edgier people online. Yeah, I mean, I just sort of, sort of almost want to take like a bit of a macro perspective. And as I see it, like basically this totally like fairly insane um like vanguard leftism has basically pushed the kind of, I really hate the Overton window term, but I, there's nothing else that really captures the phenomenon quite so well. Um, I really do think this sort of like vanguard leftist faction have pushed the, um, the Overton window so far out of the ballpark in the past couple of years that um, basically I think you're sort of seeing um, like, like the way a realignment tends to work is you'll get the vanguardists and then you'll sort of 
get the sort of centering forces that effectively um, try to try to tame it a little bit and create some kind of broader consensus that isn't quite as insane. And I really think that basically, like, that's effectively what we're going to see for the next sort of cycle or two. Like, I think that's what is happening in the present. So, like, yeah. Yeah, and so I, I think I'm very interested to watch it shake out. It's very curious to me the extent to which so many of these sort of what's happening in the, like, dissident right versus classical liberal space almost mirrors so many of the arguments that were had internally on the left, like, two years ago in many ways. It's sort of like a bizarre mirror of, like, it's sort of like we're having like the same conflicts are taking place, but just with like a different vernacular and different particular like events to spark them. But it's like very much the similar sort of breaking points. So it's sort of just interesting to watch, but I don't know. It's very clear to me at least that so like I almost because um, I don't know, I think there is sort of like a natural intuition in terms of like the anti-liberalism or like the not being politically liberal in one's orientation makes it very easy to see the sort of traps that the left and the liberals are laying and I think at the moment basically what we're seeing is some of the ways in which sort of the classical liberals can get trapped by the left and the liberals in the way they sort of frame things so I think it'll be interesting to watch sort of who winds up falling on the conservative side of things versus ultimately like going back to the sort of left liberal fold if that makes sense I sort of think some of these yeah. controversies that have been sparked to like Claire, Claire Lehman and that sort of thing is sort of um, sort of pointing in that general direction of some of the yeah. sort of fractures that are going to take place. The Red-Brown Alliance, if you... <laughs> if you oh, and, yeah, uh, and let me, do, you, uh, do you agree with what Amy uh, uh, talked about right now regarding how she sees uh, this going? And be sure to unmute yourself, by the way, just because oh, of the oh, stuff also, going on in the back. Libby, do you know Claire? I mean, no people yeah, I know Claire. Oh, I know people in the chat are going to get excited for that one. Um, so, yeah, what do you think about what um, uh, Amy's analysis um, of the... You know, I'm not sure that I entirely followed that that analysis in terms of like fracturing throughout different, uh, you know, areas of the political spectrum. I think that um, the when I look at it, I think the most important thing is that people maintain an open mind. And it kind of doesn't matter what your political perspective or ideology is if your mind is open and you're willing to consider all viewpoints and you're willing to examine the... Um, foundations of your beliefs. And if you're willing to do that work sort of all the time, if you're willing to continuously, wait, hold on, hold on a second. Johan, could you keep it down a little? Char, yo, can you keep it down a teeny bit? Thanks. Um, he's playing Minecraft with his friend. So. Of course. Uh, I don't want to squash the also. joy, but like a little <laughs> bit. Um, but I kind of, yeah. So to that extent, I don't think it matters what your political ideology is if you're willing to keep an open mind. I think the trouble that we see both um, on the conservative sphere and in the far left sphere primarily is that people are subscribed to a narrative. They're not even subscribed to an ideology. They're subscribed to a, a system of messaging. And they're so, um, they're so ingrained. It's so ingrained in them that they're not willing to 
look at any of the positions that are being held by their political peers. So for example, like if you look at, you know, randomly, let's take transgender ideology. So you have on the far left, people who say, um, trans men are men, trans women are women. And as soon as you maybe say like, you know, let's unpack that a little bit. Let's take a closer look. What does it mean when we say that? When we say trans men are men, uh, what does that mean in terms of the definition of men that we've all understood to this point? Are we changing the definition of man? Are we not changing the definition of man? And even just having a, trying to have a conversation like that is enough to get you, you know, kicked off Twitter. It's enough to get you, like, you lose your job, you lose all your friends. It's enough to, you know, completely destroy your your existence online, certainly, but also in real life. So if you're going to have a political ideology and you're not examining it, it kind of doesn't matter what else you're doing because your entire perspective is bullshit because you're not considering what you believe ever. If you're going to believe something, you have to know why. And if you don't know why, then you don't believe it then you just don't believe it. So I love, by the yeah. way, I'm just picturing your son with his friend in the background. They're like, what's your mom talking about? Oh, uh, she's talking about politics again. So it's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, <Exactly>. Amy, <laughs> but Amy is a person I would consider that has um, went through immense personal suffering in order yeah, to, I don't know your backstory at all. Yes, save <laughs> so good. No worries. No, no, no. I totally, I, I definitely endorse your sentiment in terms of the like, the amount of it, it's really been something to behold. I think the degree to which just propaganda gets sprayed through a fire hose over the past yes. two years and just like people <laughs> but, but just like thing, Amy, uncritically like- swallow it all up. And like, even when it changes like 180 degrees, they don't even seem to get whiplash. It's like, bitch, how can right. you be believing the exact opposite right. thing with the same fervor as, <laughs> yes. as you did last week when yeah. it was the opposite? Yes. Like, this is not easy. So much. Like, so much. So it's, so it's insanity. I mean, you hear people yeah. talking, you know, and you'll hear them say, like, one thing, and then it, suddenly it's something completely different, you know? And then they tell you that they always had that position and that nothing ever changed. Looking no, at, like, just, Fauci's positions is a perfect example, and he's oh like, well, yeah, so John Stewart, my I mean, that's... John, yeah, yeah, or, like, that was the other thing, too, with the media thing about the... I don't know if you can talk about it on YouTube, like, when I was doing Just don't, Temple, don't mention... Like, no yeah, just don't mention the keywords. Use keywords, no, yeah. Yeah, no C-words, none, none of that. Anyway, um... <laughs> Yeah, so the whole thing with the recently resurrected Fuddle Duddle, let's call it the Fuddle Duddle, yeah. <laughs> right? The or, or, or I like right. uh, the uh, Game Grumps uh, version of it best. <laughs> they call it the Backstreet Boys World Tour. Yeah. <laughs> right. But so suddenly you have everyone going, oh, th- there's ways that this hypothesis now became viable. And in Glenn Kessler's fact check of uh, Glenn Kessler is like the lead fact checker for the Washington Post. The and he, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and he wrote this, he wrote this whole thing. Amy about, had a few uh, tussles with him on Twitter. So it's, uh, oh yeah. Tussles for, are, yeah. If someone has a worthy, they work in media. I've gone to bat with them. <laughs> well, go for it, you know, but um, he had this whole timeline of how the, uh, hypothesis came to be a reasonable hypothesis went from like total cuckoo bananas to like a reasonable hypothesis one of the examples on his timeline was that biden got elected president i mean come on 
Like that's not. Yeah, they're not that even has trying. Nothing to do with it. They're no. They're, no, no, but it has a, no, but, but it does have everything to do with it. Like watching it, but, watching but that this is happen, why you're just that like, is why it became acceptable. And they just do you think that? It. Of course, yes, it, of course, yeah. that's why. Of course, that's why. It's like after but they always tell on themselves. It's funny. Like yeah. I just yeah. it, the whole thing's fiction. Like I, you just have to watch it as like a symptomatic read on other things that are going on. But the idea that you'd believe anything in mainstream media, like without having found ways to verify it yourself and, and the in, fact that this is crazy just yeah, yeah. you just and the ongoing all propaganda situation like, have you have you guys dealt with this the fact checker situation <laughs> like science <laughs> feedback or, or health i'm feedback. sorry but like fact checking like, if you need to separate if you need to separate fact checking from reporting as though these are like two independent variables you've already you've already you've already well i'm talking about like the facebook independent fact checkers oh but that's what i mean a, like if they right but they'll yeah, do a fact nuts. check on something and say missing information uh at postmonial we got fact checked hard for a story where you almost had your account pulled on facebook if i recall yeah we've had a rough time but we had a we've had a couple stories that were like rand paul talked to dr fauci in the senate this is what rand paul said da 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 here's a video of it this is what dr fauci said da 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 like you know a trained monkey could have written some of these pieces and i say that fully aware that i wrote some of these pieces so it's, you're just like writing down what they said and then you publish it and it's interesting because we have to keep a record and that's why we do those stories super straight because you have to know what people are saying and we got fact checked for that for not providing enough information enough context between uh the two senate hearings where rand paul questioned fauci but that's this makes us look bad and there's no point there's just no point like it missing context is an opinion that's not a fact yeah yeah that's what they do that's the thing (laughs) when you pointed out like for example amy has an immense army of ghouls after her all the time that she's constantly battling she's got to take out the shiv on uh and and amy like it's terrible because you're such a sweet and genuine and kind person and i just want to fly to australia and i want to hold you in my big arms and oh my I wanna god no simple into a cabin oh, no. in the well, provinces together oh. and watch the world burn no, well, Gio, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Gio, I promise. I promise the chat. I wasn't gonna simp. Well, but Gio, to be fair, you failed you though. Already, totally you failed. I failed simping. already. See this picture. But I just Gio, say it's terrible. Uh, uh, multiple bunks have been sent to Canada to intercept <laughs> you in your simping attempts. Oh, but no, but I, it is true. I mean, it's very funny when you point this these things out to them, and they just uh, they get angry like on such an immensely personal well, it's, level. It's over socialization. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Oh dear God! I don't buy that hypothesis. Do you like, by the way, the little kangaroo is drinking the uh, your little drink there? Well, in this picture, Amy is the one holding Geo, so Geo needs a big mommy girlfriend, uh, apparently. Well, well, no, it's because Amy, she talks about the the character of leftist men wanting a mommy. um, They do, they all do. Well, now now let's speak to her. They just seem like sex pests, but, you know. I mean, that could be it. Nabal leftism is very... 
Okay, I, I, let's get in. What is what do we what do you define as Nambla leftism? Wait, before that, whole, before that twenty-one the US dollars. Sex pest. Twenty-one <laughs> US dollars from Super Iron Bob. He says, "Time till Geo's first major simp of the stream." Twenty-one minutes. Thank you so wow. much. Wow, he actually did that, Super Iron. <laughs> wow, thank you, my friend. That was interesting. I'm actually interested. I have a question. Question for Libby. Um, in terms of something that I've started noticing. Um, I never paid a great deal of attention to because I think Andy No writes for you guys. Is that correct? Yeah, he's an editor at large with us. Oh, cool. Yeah, because I never paid a huge amount of attention to his work in the past, but I did notice something that sort of did start to bother me increasingly was like on some of the far left. Um, outlets, they would sort of constantly refer to him as like not a journalist or Andy knows a grifter, like all these type of like just stupid terms. And I well, Bausch thinks he's a Nazi, so that's yeah, Bausch is an idiot, so whatever. But yeah, they... Andy knows is not a Nazi, he's not a grifter, yeah, no, he is in fact not. a journalist, he's a hardcore well, journalist. Is, well, this is, yeah, this is what <laughs> I'm know? getting at. So, this is he works really fascinating. hard, and he goes after, yeah, exactly. Story. And it so was this is on Twitter, yeah, because you're right people started coming after him after twitter as well because andino you know, was trending he had gone out to cover um like basically a riot in portland and he was recognized they chased him and they beat the hell out of him um and when he was you know and then so he ended up trending on twitter because of that and people were saying to twitter like you know get journalist out from in front of his name he has a degree you know in journalism um he's been practicing well, journalism is, for a long time this is, like this is the move they make right absurd. it's absolutely yeah, so absurd was, and yeah it's a bullshit claim and he spoke about why he went out without security as well um just well i mean why get, should he have to explain get, why he went out without security because everyone was freaking out at him so i think he did feel the need to explain oh, oh that. certainly sorry no i just meant like yeah. in a normative sense but no he shouldn't he should even it's need to explain that he's nutty to go right cover yeah whatever it is that he feels <laughs> he should cover i mean it's still america whether they want it to be or not so it's oh, no, just but, it's so it fascinates me so much the way they think that by like redefining him as and like saying oh this person's not a journalist they can just like that somehow like physically attacking somebody somehow becomes okay because they've taken the journalist word away it's like first off he actually is a journalist this is like an argument mm -hmm. i was getting into recently i was like but he just straight up is a journalist but even if he weren't is is this mm -hmm. behavior in any way okay if he weren't a journalist like it just has been so fascinating the way instead of saying yes we endorse we endorse like the brutal sense censorship of <laughs> censorship right. on behalf of our particular political orientation can they can't back? even do that like they just have to like he just exposes the them and so they don't you know, like it yeah and they it, I, yeah. I think also what's going on with that it goes it goes back to what i was saying about narrative so yes. the you yeah, know like absolutely. antifa and like the militants who go out and do that stuff they're very specific about the narrative that they want to convey and when journalists go out and cover them differently and don't pay any attention to their you know messaging those journalists get um taken down for it and they get attacked for it and it's all because they're just not going along with this you know bizarro fairy tale of the 
Well, can I, I know, push back on something? Fantasy of the street protesters. Um, I, I want to get a Apex's take on the current, like where politics, where he sees it going, and if he has any possible disagreements with Amy and Libby. But before that, I, just you know, just for the integrity of um, subscribe. Uh, subscribe, subscribe, yeah. Just the integrity break the rules. There has been claims that Andy um, will like sort of stretch things, or he'll misappre- misapprehend like specific situations. And so there's people that sort of try to problematize his reporting. Uh, have you seen cases where he has, um, you know, sort of fudged things a little bit? I mean, he has paid an immense I've, personal I've price with, for what uh, he's done. Yeah, I mean, I've worked with Andy for about. I don't know. I would say like going on two years. Like I think we're going on two years. Uh, I've edited a lot of his work. I've looked at, you know, the reporting that he brings when he files stories. um, And he works a lot with a reporter who's now an editor. Uh, She's our American news editor, Mia Kuffel. So, you know, I see their stuff. I see their sources. I see what they do. Um, I've read all of them. <laughs> I've read their stories and I've, I've looked at everything. There was, and they do a lot of stories together. They, you know, Andy does a lot of stories independently as well. There was one instance where a story didn't pan out the way that he thought. And he, you know, got in touch with, like, I wasn't instantly reachable. He got in touch with me. He texted me. He got me on Twitter. He got me on Facebook, like as many times as possible. And we issued a correction as soon as we, you know, got in touch. That was one story in like almost two years. Mm. Um, I think that he has enormous integrity personally. Yeah, I think it's really powerful the way these motherfuckers manage to basically poison the well such that nobody can approach anything that any of these particular characters do without already having basically like an entire like specter of them created by the rest of the media such that even like even the name Andy Node, like they managed to yeah, sort of attach totally all these poisonous. bullshit to it such that like you can't even approach their work with mm. like like uh, with without having to sort of dislodge that specter first. And I find that to be just such a like totally fucking pernicious way of like the, that they operate. And I find also that like almost every time without fail when I take the time to look into the work of any one of these particular villains of these people you tend to f- i mean i don't i don't think my instincts go above and beyond like facts and reason and all the rest but i also do sort of tend to trust my instincts and i tend to find like when you take the time to look into any one of these particular like villains that they've created I don't know. I just tend to find that, like, my instincts tell me this is a person who, like, seems very, like, reasonable and honest. And I I don't know, Andy, and I definitely, I haven't read his book. I I haven't followed his work in any kind of in-depth manner. But I watched, like, about an, I think it was maybe an hour or so, he did an interview with the British podcaster. And I don't know, I just, I, like, got a sense of just like honesty and integrity from him i don't know it's just this very strange phenomena where the more times it happens the more consistent it seems where every time like they just sort of create this villain out of a person and it sort of happened to my friend angela as well certainly Angela not to the degree. 
Yeah, yeah. And I, I really just, enjoyed the uh, a... thing you did with her about the fine art, about the museums now selling <laughs> off these works. I mean, I, can't, I couldn't believe it when I heard it. It's I crazy. loved her. She talked about it on my good friend Jeffrey Schulenberger's podcast, and she was recently on our another good friend of the show, uh, Alex, uh, Alex Kashuda's podcast. Mm. Maybe maybe she come to BTR one day. Um, I hope so. But Amy, I wanted to... <laughs> but before we... <laughs> well, well, also, j- just so people know, what exactly happened there? Can you, in short, Amy, briefly tell us... What is this thing going on with the museums, for those who don't know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Angela was just saying that some particular roles have been changed institutionally, such that a number of different museums are selling off um, fine artworks that were donated to them, um, sort of donated to them as custodians of kind of the public trust. Yeah. Such yeah. that they're now sort of just like selling all these old works to make space and funds for newer, like hipper. <laughs> hipper. I can't believe, I can't believe Jeff Bezos bought some Francis Bacon's. I can't believe that. That's terrible. Um, I was a big fan as a Francis Bacon, Wait, who, a huge influence wait, on me. You were able, who was able to just buy Francis Bacon? Uh, Jeff Bezos, I believe. It was either him or someone. Oh. I think it was Jeff oh. Bezos, yeah. I thought you said a name that was like someone that you knew personally, and I was like, can uh, I get it? Uh, like, what is the deal? Uh, well, it's kind of like Children of Men. Do you remember in Children of Men, all these uh, upper-class people had this private collection of the Statue of David and all this stuff, yeah. and uh, like that is kind of like the dystopia that's being painted here, where all the stuff that people are allowed to see in the public space is going to be wokenized, is going to be completely... Well, like Sanford Bigger's a statue... So yeah, I mean things will get discombobulated, you know. and w- how is that going to affect people? Like if you walk around, it's I, I don't want to bring up the mainstream media, uh, uh, Paul Joseph Watson, but I do kind of see his point when he was talking about the architecture of. Uh, yeah, so you know what I'm talking about, right? Maybe, maybe you like, might want to mute until. Oh yeah. yes, yes. Oh, is that me? Oh, by the way, speaking of uh, Sanford Biggers, please go to my own YouTube channel where me mm. and Matthew the Stout, episode five of Style Talks, our art podcast, we explicitly talk about the Rockefeller Center art. And of course, Sanford Biggers is a Camara piece that he unveiled. He unleashed upon New York City. So uh, that's uh, huge fun. We laugh, we cry, we uh, shred the modern art world. Um, but <laughs> b- before that, I wanted to ask really quickly, Amy, um, what are your thoughts? And then we have to get to Apex. Um, what are your thoughts on just the ethos of Antifa itself going back to the Triple Arrows crowd? And also, what is your opinion on left anarchism, the tradition, and the literature? I know it's hard to say that there's a literature, there's a bunch of like small zines, and there's some like even thinkers there, that there's are. It's very much like a literature from like the ascendancy of capitalism. Like, there's definitely mm. like, I find that. Like the whole anarchist thing that they all do is like no true Scotsman, which is frustrating but typical. Um, I don't know. I I I don't like. I, I've always firmly believed that like you shouldn't pay a great deal of attention. Well, I mean, you should take people seriously and respect their political pronouns, but like I don't pay that much attention to like whatever it is that somebody describes themselves as. So when mm. I sort of refer to anarchist or even just like classically just sort of like 
libtards or whatever like what i'm actually referring to is not necessarily what people call themselves but actually like as i see it the sort of political reason that they employ so like to my mind like the liberalism itself sort of swings between this kind of like anarchistic and technocratic sort of binary and i tend to find Mm. that they're a lot more anarchistic when they're younger um or when they're sort of like outside of an institution and they tend to deploy like anarchist methods to get themselves into institutions and then they retreat back to this sort of like technocratic mode once they are safely inside the institutions or have more power so they sort of like switch from being the rule breakers to the rule institutors if that makes a lot of sense so, so they're no be, longer uh, reading Hakeem Bay. Now they're uh, reading pol- their policy wonks now, I guess. Mm. Well, you know, uh, Camille Paglia talked about this in an interview with Jordan Peterson several years ago. And I don't know how long ago no, on his podcast. Um, and she was saying that the radicals didn't end up in the universities. The radicals abandoned society and went to live on communes and all of the milk toast radicals ended up in the universities, which would make yeah, a lot I of sense when right. you consider how easily they just go along with every new, you know, piece of garbage ideology that comes through. They're not standing yeah. up for themselves. They're not standing up for the work. They're not standing up for the canon and they're not standing up for their students. But yeah, that's been I think done that's... Every- I think that's almost like part and parcel of the social role, really. Like, I don't, I I sort of want to reject the idea. I think there's this common meme that, like, that they changed or something. And you can (laughs) particularly see it with increasing numbers of the left starting to look at, like, ghouls like AOC and be like, oh, she's changed so much now that she's got (laughs) to She was always a goblin. Like, I'm sorry, but <laughs> people like myself and, and friend um, Anna Kachi and like from the jump when that bitch first was in public, like she was saying horrible, horrible things. And like, it doesn't take an especially fine-tuned radar to problematize this bitch. Like she came when she first was very first time she was interviewed when she was in Washington, like mo- two and a half years ago, The Intercept did an interview with her and she's on there talking about like the importance of women's women's rage for politics right now and how women's rage is an important factor that changes things on both sides of the aisle and that like it's something that should be valorized and like all this bullshit look i'm sorry like i may be i am a woman (laughs) i may be a woman no i definitely am but like (laughs) that is not the type of politics that anyone should be endorsing like it doesn't you don't need to be a genius to look back in history and see like women are powerful and as especially women in powerful positions can do horrible tyrannical things. And I'm not going to valorize anyone's rage. Like rage isn't something we should be like celebrating from positions of leadership as though it's some kind of unmitigated good or as though like women but, have well, been oppressed Amy, in America until last rage. week. But the thing is, yeah. like what you're talking about when AOC came in and started talking and you're talking about like the valor of women's rage, uh, that totally happened, but it wasn't it. Can you lower your voice a teeny bit, hon? Okay. Uh, but it wasn't just AOC, right? I mean, Rebecca Tracer, oh, yeah, was, this who was writes for much, New York Magazine, yeah, she, you know, who I know, she, she wrote yeah. a book about that. And it was also part of the whole Me Too thing. So absolutely, it was this whole, absolutely. like, 
women's rage as a social political movement of the moment to attain power. And it was very effective. But what it did yeah, was absolutely. it infantilized women. Uh, it said that women don't yes. know how to consent if they're drunk, which is, of course, absurd because yes. uh, women have been having drunk sex for what, how long have human beings existed and how long has alcohol well, existed? Like, put those hey, things together. Women, women have sex? What? I, I know, right? No way. Yeah. They fart. I can't believe also. this. I don't oh, know. No. What? That. I know. It's a shocker. It's I'm going to end the stream right here. Um, this is too much. But, <laughs> hashtag but, I mean, all women. That's, that's, a huge, that's a huge part of it, is that that's how Me Too happened, right? Me Too was both a massive feminist power grab and they did it by turning women into small children who don't know how to, yeah, who don't know how to make their own decisions. And again, like if I can go back to that same interview with Camille Paglia, which I think I listened to a half dozen times, it was spectacular. She was talking about how um, when the women's liberation movement started and she was at university and she was saying like, what what women were asking for was not protection. They were asking for the same freedoms that the men on campus had. And that includes the freedom to risk rape. I mean, well, you she get said to a bunch of controversial like things as well. I sure. Mean, but that's a some that's pointed a out in the deal. chat. Yeah. Oh, we have $9,000. Equality under the law doesn't mean, you know, equality, but with little Mm. special protections to protect us from ourselves and our own, you know, weird whims or whatever. Like, that's not what equality means. Real quick, we have $9.99 US dollars from Voxix who says, can y'all buy Amy a Red Bull for her banger tweets, T.Y.? That's very sweet. I'll figure out a way to do that. Thank you. But so, Amy, what were you going to say? Drinking one right now. Oh yeah, I was just going to say. (laughs) Obviously, I've had like three hours sleep. Um, But yeah, I. It was very fascinating to me. Like actually, the because I first started like tweeting a lot in like 2017 um, and and 2018, and myself and a friend. Um, from Canada, Heidi Matthews, who's like a law professor up there. We sort of, yeah, like we sort of crossed a whole bunch of like invisible and increasingly visible red lines in opposing aspects of the whole Me Too thing. And really from the beginning, because to my mind, like not only did it do everything Libby was just saying in terms like absolutely infantilizing women and just like denying reality, denying history, but it just uh, the thing that I found so conspicuous and really like unjust about it was the extent to which it, it along with a couple of other specters over the past few years have just like um, eviscerated due process in a number of different fronts and really normalized the idea that you can just that that certain like very basic premises are able to be overridden because somebody like cries or makes an emotional appeal and this to me is abhorrent like i'm sorry but like i i and as much as i'm like a, you know uh, you know a liberal society a sort of capitalist society is not my ideal world but as far as i'm concerned like it, that does not mean you know the fact that sort of due process rights are not substantively sort of 
available to everyone to the same degree within, you know, a class stratified society does not in any way mean that like these things mean nothing and that we can just throw them out the window and it'll be fine because AOC cries on TV or, or whoever, like whatever the crying the, has the become may a- be, you know? It's no, such you're, a, like, you're exactly right. Like, fragility is fucking sociopathic yeah. as far as I'm well, concerned. Exactly. Like, and we end up being, I think we end up being like bludgeoned to death with our own compassion. Yes. But yeah, I think exactly. it's exactly it's the, right it's, what you say. What you're saying yeah, basically the, is we have hmm. expectations for our criminal justice system, for our civil justice system, and for you know social justice in general. And the fact that we don't live up to those expectations doesn't mean that the expectations are bogus. It just means we need to live up to them. Due process right. is a perfect example of that. The criminal justice system is a mess. People go down who are innocent. That's a huge problem. That doesn't mean due process is the problem. It means that we need more due process, not less. Yes, and your, and your friend Amy, she was a law professor at, um, was the University of Toronto or was it um, McMaster? Or where was it? I heard her name before. Uh, oh my God, I'm just, I'm totally mental blanking. That's so frustrating. Come back to me in like five minutes. Sorry. Yeah, no, I, wait, um, then, I, I know that Libby uh, has to go. I live fairly uh, close to those universities. So I know uh, I know Libby yeah, has to go soon, so I want to make sure there may be a bit of, uh, and you guys are so friendly to each other, it's great, I love it, but there may be some butting of the heads that could possibly happen here when it comes to <laughs> your worldview, Amy, because you, you say that you're more or less a Marxist and you want support for the workers and you want, I, I don't know if you want the workers to necessarily take over the means of production a la, oh uh, you know, the uh, dictatorship Names. of the proletariat. Names. Yes, exactly. But, but as far as what exactly Names. is, what is what exactly is required to get to the level where you want to get to, can you outline it for us? And I just want to see if <laughs> Libby would disagree in any way with whatever you have to say there. Um, I just, I, I think that fundamentally, like, um, oh, I, I think that um, Marxism and Marxists as like sort of these entities that have existed at different moments throughout history are all like basically ridiculous with the exception of like a very narrow band of people, most of whom died more than a century ago. And so like I, I'm not going to defend any like the vast majority of things that have flown under that banner is ridiculous to me as they are to most people. So like I get that sort of intuitive hostility towards all that bullshit. Um, I guess the way I see it is that I fundamentally think that like um, historical materialism is a way of understanding the world and the sort of contradictions therein is basically correct. Um, I think that ultimately like it, it to make things dramatically... Um, bad. I, I think that basically the world in which we live at the present is riddled with so many contradictions that it would actually take some kind of revolution for those to change. But I don't think that I think that each sort of major revolution throughout history has taken place in a, a, a sort of time and a manner and then produced a world thereafter that was totally um, unanticipatable for the people prior to that. So I think it's just like foolish to sit around pretending that you can like draw up plans for a revolution. I think to the extent that any such thing would happen um, in the future, it's not going to be something that I can predict or sort of 
agitate via sort of revolutionary phrase mongering. You know what I mean? I think that sitting around so and you, like saying, work is the like, world unite, is just facile. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, because so even with, within those particular instantiations of workers' arrangements throughout the world, I mean, a worker in China or a worker in Vietnam is different than a worker in um you know, even different dramatically from a worker in Cambodia, let alone a worker in uh, Chile, right? I mean, but but so you think the whole like fantasy that, you know, Vaush and Kush bomb, they're going to like go up down Times Square and lead the revolution and we're going to have but these are bourgeois leftists. <laughs> yeah. These are bourgeois leftists. Like that, they just say all these like ridiculous bullshit. But to, but to be fair, that, like, Amy, comfortably who wasn't a bourgeois, the status quo. Who wasn't a bourgeois leftist when it comes to even back in the day? Uh, Marx no, himself. Uh, oh, Lenin, sorry, me, go, go he was ahead. an English gentleman, you know, like we had all these Yeah, but people. Lenin helped conduct like basically like a bourgeois revolution. He helped get like peasants off of farms and help like create a state like state capitalism. It's all been capitalism, baby. There's been no like, like <laughs> communism has never existed. I'm sorry. But like that doesn't mean that I'm suggesting all he instantiated a communist. No, no, like, but I'm not saying that that is something that can be sort of artificially created in some top-down manner. Right, Do you get right. What I mean? Like, yeah. it, it just mm. describes a state in which there's no longer... Um, in which we no longer have, like, a very small number of people owning the... Um, like, the way we produce things is not via having a very concentrated number of people own everything and having everyone else basically yoked to that class of owners in order to get their daily existence like <laughs> well i want to make sure libby gets her uh, in over here as far as do well, you see something uh, that amy's talking about being necessarily solved in any kind of way without a no top-down it's not uh, something that can be solved like that's what i'm saying it's like either it happens or it doesn't it's just not mm. like a there's nothing that i can sort of do what's well, his uh, he's uh he's from uh, that. he was born in leningrad and he uh came here same sorry petersburg, st petersburg love i'm very sorry <laughs> but, um, <laughs> no but i do i do recognize one interesting thing when it comes to the ussr and uh Americans on Twitter today that I think that there is a bit of a over romanticization. I'm not saying that you do it, but I do know a certain tankies over romanticize certain clowns. things there. Yes, ridiculous. Well, but also, I do notice another thing that there are people out there who, and I know that you were saying at an earlier uh, show that you did uh, about like you're you're not a big fan of American exceptionalism, just like that term. And as far as somebody who came here from the USSR, despite and this is going to be such a boomer tape, but fuck you, I don't care when it comes. <laughs> of somebody who came from the USSR oh, no, to America, oh, no. I really appreciate the United States. I really appreciate the energy of it and the people who are here. Obviously, there's a lot of bad things, too, but relative to yeah, what is something I always ask. So, I know, like, it, it still feels like there are people out there who want to besmirch the US and also add in certain things about but how... It's a great scene, like, love. It's the great yeah. scene. Well, yeah. also, they add things about how, I don't know, that they say that Ukraine is a fascist state, or, you know, they add all kinds of little bits and pieces in there to confuse Sorry, people. fascism ended in, at the end of World War II. It's over. I, I, I couldn't that's agree true. more. But that's the thing that I'm trying to assess here. What do you think it's going to take? And this is a question to everybody, including Apex, who's been as patient as a saint. What do you think it would take here to get people to understand history a little bit better and understand where what is a joke and where what actually has some tangibility to it? 
Wait, everybody. Oh. In particular? What does that mean? What do you What do you mean? Yeah. Well, okay. What I'm trying to say here is that what do you think is going? What to Lev take? is saying is yes. we should all drop acid and expand exactly. our minds exactly. in order to look <laughs> yeah, at possibility. The possibility space must be exploded. Okay. I stopped doing acid years ago. No, okay. Back. Okay. Here, here, I'll give you. I'll give you this example. I'll give you this example. Uh, the people who you're talking. The people who are talking about Amy, whether it's AOC or any other political opportunists, those people existed back in the 30s and 40s, and a lot of them yeah, were not just communists. They were Stalinist, and they were even yeah, calling no. like DSA members. They were calling them social fascists. That's what they were calling like. The I think socialists. a lot of these. I think a lot of these ideologies, whether they're capitalist ideologies, socialist, or communist ideologies, they don't have any real consideration for the individual, and the only the only form of government that does give a shit about you know an individual person uh, and their rights over the rights of some massive group is a democratic system and i think that is what american exceptionalism is all about i uh, i would say that i ah, you know whatever I, no no Gio, sorry, Gio, it's America. Hey, sorry. But like yeah. the thing is like the, you know what america can offer the world is uh, the opportunity to be an individual, to be opposed to a group, to have the right to be opposed to a group, to not have to fit in or conform with anything, to be able to live life on your own terms and with the, and taking responsibility for it yourself. And as soon as we start imagining some grand utopia, which if we look, of course, at Thomas More, like what was utopia? Utopia was a dystopia. Another we have place, no yeah. actual utopian vision. And but when I we start disagree. imagining some utopian vision where we're all going to land if we just all focus on the goal and get there. What happens is we throw out the process and the literal only thing that matters in, in you know, human governance is the process. The only thing that matters is how we get there because the road is never ending. We're never going to get to the end. And if we imagine that we're going to arrive at some perfect place after having thrown all of our principles out the window, we're fucking fooling ourselves. Like, that's ridiculous. No, I agree. I agree. But I, I would disagree. No, I totally extent. agree with that. Yeah, uh, well, it, not with the idea that process is everything, but I definitely like uh, this is where I um, uh, like this is sort of what I was alluding to earlier in terms of like rejecting almost everything that's come under the banner of like Marxism, socialism, commun communism, any of that garbage. Like I fundamentally reject like utopianism in and of itself. I'm so completely allergic to it that like one of the biggest complaints I'll get from people in relation to our podcast is that like, you know, I'll be offering a particular critique of something and I won't sort of um, give like a, like I'm very allergic to sort of this sort of solutioneering like utopianism. And it's just like, look at, I think it's very important to be able to make a critique, but like if there's no straightforward solution, I'm not going to just like talk shit and give you like this fake, like um, fake recipe or this fake like way to solve things that is totally divorced from reality. And I certainly empathize with so much of what Libby was saying particularly like after what we've seen the past few years of all this like spectre specter politics the fear-mongering that basically implies like you know we have this magic utopia we can get to um yeah, because we empathize yeah. so much with the you know <laughs> with the powerless that we can just treat people in this like appalling manner um and and that's fine because you know the ends the ends um justify the means and this sort of thing and i think increasingly like uh, watching this sort of degree of sociopathy on the left itself is um made me very sort of uh, uh 
if not in agreement with certainly much more appreciative of at the very least that sort of angle that um, more sort of like classically liberal people will bring to the table um, in terms of uh, in, in, in terms of respecting sort of the dignity of the individual I think that's very very important and I think increasingly we see all these like ways in which contemporary um, so-called liberals or, or leftists or whatever um, are very much sort of swapping out what was traditionally like the individualist ontology of liberalism where sort of the individual was the key like core subject of the political to increasingly having this sort of like group ontology being the primary frame through which they look at things and it's like at the end of the day you can't give rights to like these amorphous groups that they've suddenly um started engaging with the world through that like through the frame of this like group ontology so yeah but I I think what you're seeing too I'm sorry for interrupting you but I think what you're seeing too is that the um what we're looking for now with the whole social justice movement is equity and equality between groups and the identitarian movement is basically a a backdoor to uh get marxism into a capitalist construct that's how it works i mean i would reject i mean that's what i think is that's what i think is sort of like the the but but it's not because it maybe it's, it's not, not Marxist, and you can though. you can quibble with the what people mean when they definitions, say that. But, but what cultural what, Marxism? What? It, yeah. What is your take, Amy, on the whole? But I have well, a disagreement. Let me just finish my thought, yeah, really quick, ahead, which ahead, is when you tell individuals that their individual identity is the most important thing, and then say that they can select from a group of identities, and then that will yeah, cycle them naughty. into a specific group. That means that you're <laughs> that people are getting the impression that they are independent individuals thinkers when in fact they're just um you know marbles in a giant jar and it just it's literal schizopolitics yeah it's yeah and so i guess what i mean is by marxism is when you have the political infrastructure demanding that there be equity between groups that's sort of what i mean by a, right. By, okay. By yeah, Marxism. I really object to the Biden, like, um, the uh, all this equity shit that's coming down the pike. Like, I, I think we would probably totally agree on the substance, but just the terms we would use might be different. So I don't want to sort of but get I, wise crossed when we actually agree there. I think. Yeah. yeah. I, I would. My disagreement though with Libby would be that I believe that democracy itself has been terrible and, um, true. Like. First of all, honoring the individual is a complicated subject, and certainly as a quote-unquote reactionary, um, I think that the individual is so much enmeshed within social relations and with various facticities. There really is a thrownness to being there, and I think that democracy in some ways has been a foil to lead to even more oppressive forms of social conformity and the absolute crushing of the individual. And also just democracy itself has been sort of like a boilerplate for normalizing every sort of form of psychopolitical repression even though the democ the the democratic regimes don't buy i mean they're starting to now but they don't by and large you know shove a kalashnikov in your face to do something they have very sophisticated forms of biopower that operate within um, a whole network of power relations that can mask the actual effect of power so this is why i would reject our modern conception of democracy but i know that's a very, very but, no but what would you replace podium. it with that's 
that's the thing I always go back to because you may well, be. Well, uh, there was a few 20th century regimes left. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I'll, see, that, maybe, that's, that's, but unless, maybe. That's the thing right there mm, because a lot of um, people who are reactionary, I think that they, just like people who are in the far left, well, first end up of all, let's the clarify solution. this term reactionary. I think reactionary, from my angle, has sort of like this romanticism attached. But I think that at the end of the day, reaction is sort of like a misnomer because I certainly, even though I have some intellectual sympathies there and I take some concepts, I wouldn't consider myself like neo-reaction proper. I think that neo-reaction in some sense, they're kind of almost like neoliberals in a lot of ways. Um, but at the same time, I think reactionary is a catch-all term. Like even the terms like distant right don't exactly quote-unquote exist. I mean, what is the distant right but a collection of like you know, minor celebrities and thinkers and, and just people drift on islands of influence. But I mean, Apex, you, uh, Libby had to go, I'm assuming. Oh yes. She said, uh, uh, that she didn't want to be rude and she really enjoyed the conversation. So, uh, she just oh, had to uh, go right now. Oh yeah. yeah she, oh, she's good. great. Everybody follow Libby on Twitter. Uh, so, uh, here we go. Definitely have to get What's her, her handle. Her handle is at Libby Emmons, and I am posting well, it in the post chat in the right chat. over here. So uh, this is Libby. Please follow Libby on Twitter. She's always great to have on as a guest. I can't believe I forgot that she also went to Lee Strasberg, but uh, there we go. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. but uh, Apex, what is your thoughts on all of this, and also just the trajectory of the political landscape in general? I know you also have a lot of thoughts on the weaponization of empathy. You recently wrote a Substack on the nature of empathy in the political domain itself. Um, so take it away, my friend. You've been very patient. Uh, but li- it's just because Libby had to go, and now it's your time to shine, Apex. No pressure, no pressure. <laughs> I mean, hey, I already, no I already simped out, so it's. I guess you can't uh, go <laughs> to the bottom as I have. Uh, but <laughs> by the way, challenge, the, by, by the way, there should be like a, there, there should be a Geo uh, Montero Sim music video meter. where just Wait, like Apex uh, has a GF, so he's. He's maybe getting well, Gio, Gio, check this out. If you were like little Nas in that music oh, video, God. then it would be like you going to the lowest levels of symptom. That would be the project, and there would be like oh, all these bountiful breasts. The ninth around layer. You and- yes, exactly. Oh my God. Um, so I like take- that yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, take it away, uh, Apex. So, please save me here. So I, <laughs> I got you, Gio. Don't worry. Um, I guess the two. I'll start with like democracy and process and then shift to empathy. Um, and the first I mean is I, I, I almost take a, a largely not, not, not an entirely opposite view to Libby, but, but a largely opposite view to, to her, which is like structures matter. Incentive structures matter certainly, but like democracy does not, justify anything in and of itself a process doesn't justify something in and of itself if the aztecs democratically decided to sacrifice a child that doesn't make the child sacrifice okay you know um i I think that there is a i think that as lev points out there is a um the the fact that there hasn't been a viable alternative presented um or or given the space to be tested out appears to uh, be be one of the one of the reasons behind so much of, of the emotive power of it, um, but you know I mean it's a narrative that that's all it is. It's a narrative. It's this idea that democracy gives you equal power. It doesn't. Um, you know you have institutions that are feeding you particular sets of information. They're feeding you narratives. They're socializing. You know I mean there is 
democracy at scale is nothing more than laundered oligarchy. Okay, yeah. it's oligarchy that hides itself behind it's a bunch a of bureaucracies. That. Well, that the the problem, of course, is like if you if if you know who's this this is something that I've said multiple times over, over the last few months is one of the greatest tragedies of modern democracy or modern bureaucratic systems. Um, is you don't even know who to be mad at anymore. Um, is is it's like who do, who do you point to? The president? Well, then the president points at Congress, and the two parties in Congress point at each other, and then the Supreme Court's like, well, we didn't do it just to let you know. Like, by the way, we're 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 cool, you know. Like, but the corporations it's and they'll it. be like, it's ah, whole... don't play the player, play in the game. And it's it's yeah, this. What it's... Anna, Hannah Arendt said, it's tyranny. Yeah, you without a tyrant. Well, exactly. The, yeah, you know, and that was and in it's, um. It's, yeah, the, was, the thing is that when you have yeah. when you have bureaucracy, you have obfuscation in that power is always there. There's always sovereignty. There's always a most powerful group, but there is no there, there, there's no accountability because the tyrants can just kind of sit behind in these amorphous blobs and pretend like, oh, no, like, like I'm not doing anything. And, you know, it's not like we ever find them. I mean, what what is it like? Less than one percent of white collar crime is ever prosecuted, or some ridiculous number. So it's it, democracy is not democracy is useful in situations where the distribution of information or incentive structures are designed in a way such that democracy is good. Democracy is on fucking nature. It's good on a local scale. Um, <laughs> That's kind of a circular on, argument, is it not? <laughs> democracy is no, good. No, 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 no. So here's exactly here's where I'm here, By the way, I was, also mentioned in Life of the Mind, Nathan, okay? Don't, yeah. Don't accuse me of so, being a <laughs> We'll get Gio. to Hannah Arendt. <laughs> go, okay. go ahead, Nathan. No, but so like mm-hmm. democracy is good specifically what I what I was going to expand on there <laughs> is when individuals do not require intermediary these significant intermediary institutions in order to confirm information you know like when i am yeah, the, the two places i point to most so commonly direct demo- are the direct workplace is good it, it, direct, no because that like direct democracy it doesn't even need to be direct democracy it can be whatever it's more that like if my local newspaper tells me that the party in power has filled the potholes on my road and I walk outside mm-hmm. and go, there are potholes mm-hmm. there. I know you're full of shit. But if someone right. tells me this party has done some great thing in Los Angeles, I don't know. I, I don't like I know two people in Los Angeles. Like, I have no yeah, idea. This is what's where we tend I have to, to call trust it direct democracy as in like um, your sort of participatory input is like discreet and like. Um, yeah, it, it has to be based yeah. on something that you have direct contact with. If that's what we're referring to direct democracy as. Then yes. Well, what, and right. the so other it needs to be direct an and local. So like, yeah. but, this is, so, but like right? this is, but this is just so like arbitrary and like unrealistic. Then, like, it's only going to be within like. A, you, are you saying that it only works at like a certain number, like at a in a local sense or like if you can like yes detect yes, the substance of it with sensory perception so when things yeah, are interconnected I, I, no, I can't I, imagine okay what about well. blind people are they allowed to participate yes they're allowed to participate the whole point of course well, is that nothing's going to be perfect 
but, but nothing's going to be perfect. It's going to be mediated. Okay, so but of I'm course trying to it's figure going out, to be like, mediated, where, but it's going to be. Like... Generally, when I look at the embeddedness of a, of a network, um, what we're really looking at is we're looking not at the idea that every single person to participate must be able to sensorially perceive something. That's not what we're saying. That's a way to get to the goal. And the goal is the elimination of the institutions that intermediate things. Um, these significant so dominant media and, and schools. No, no, because there are situations in which the institutions have to intermediate. And that's where you just don't have democracy. Because there's no there's no point. The democracy isn't real at that point. It's just laundered all. But how do you differentiate between the two? How do you know when? I think there nobody should, should vote in my opinion. But that's... <laughs> there we go, Geo based Geo. Um, no, I <laughs> I think that democracy should be at a local level, and in workplaces, and nowhere above that. I reject democratic workplaces. I think this is. I mean, then that's fine. I think. I think this is sociopathic coercion, marking, masking, like, uh, like, uh, like it's just masking, like, just these most insane form of social coercion, and like incorporating people into their own exploitation at a level like heretofore unseen. I think that basically, like, the vast majority of people on Earth have to work for an employer in order to pay their rent, in order to just literally keep a roof over their head, and eat food and so to my mind like if you force people to work which is fine like we all need to work but like people like the idea that you would totally mystify that relation between employer and employee and make it such that like not only are you your own boss but like every one of your motherfucking colleagues is also your boss it's like basically you remember that dsa convention a couple of years ago imagine if like your workplace was just literally like full of people like that and you're all each other's boss on each other's dick all the time i just think it would be the worst thing ever when people uh, talk about things like co-ops and stuff like mm, i just think yeah. this would be a totally like sociopathic nightmare um and well, like completely at the same time i mean I, I listen like i think that already happens like they're just in the hr departments then the hr departments well it, it could get even I mean, worse than the hr department look at for example what uh, we had black comp of the fed post talking about how uh geo how did he pose it he talked about this uh commune this uh anarchist commune as look if, at every oh, the, commune that's ever existed it's just full homes. of fucking rapists yeah. and yeah. sociopaths it's true but what but what about that's some why kind they of should like all be in jail <laughs> i mean hold, 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 hold on real quick look at ancient Greece. is that a challenge <laughs> maybe, Amy? maybe the reason maybe the <laughs> we're reason, just gonna kill <laughs> maybe the reason ancient greece worked is because they had like a whole system of like everybody had to get to the certain level well, they had an aristocratic both. system yeah, that's what everybody was fit. They also had slavery, so that may have eased things. That's, with yes, people not that's doing the good. work. Um, no, um, no. What I mean is, I think that's that, pretty good. Are you, no, I'm okay. kidding. I'm joking. I'm joking. But we live under some form of corporate serfdom. If you look at, for example, these Amazon warehouses where people get fired off of an app. I mean, come on. Uh, yeah. But but I think I mean. I'm obviously a fan of things like distributism and like a, young, a younger like worker state. Not exactly what Apex is saying. I think that it's it's good to like coming from a family of small business people. I think that's 
a, good to encourage people to have autonomy within the workplace. But at the same time, as Amy is saying, there what is I'm just saying practical- is I don't think it is autonomy in the workplace. I think it's the, it's the exact opposite. Have you seen what? OK, imagine this is what I think it would be like, you know, the fucking sociopathic cartels that we see online, like the way yeah. these just like mobs of sociopaths attack people. Um, that's what democratic workplaces would be like. It's like everyone is your boss. You're co- like, there's no camaraderie between colleagues against the boss who owns everything and exploits you. It's like well, the point I think of course is that any kind of again, any right. kind of meaningful yeah, democracy, any kind of meaningful democracy needs to be ownership based. I mean, if you are going to be a worker, you have the worker ownership okay. has to be the key. But then say, say these, like, okay, say these fucking worker ownership pans out and everyone shares the ownership of this particular corporation. Then what that ultimately means is like you are each invested in the exploitation and domination of everyone outside of your little middle class co-op. So that means that like you're incentivized collectively for the sake of the group to find the most brutally exploitative suppliers and keep costs down. Shit like this. Like you're suddenly incorporated into the exploitation of other workers. So you would be against to... like the Chomsky and syndicalist idea. No, I mean like look, if people want to have their little fucking co-op, go for it. But I just think that anyone pretending that this has come some kind of solution to the tyranny of the president is completely out to lunch you can go and look at any of the reports like there's there's a whole history of fucking mondragon that that richard wolf clown cites all the time you go and you read books about (laughs) the experience of mondragon workers first mondragon is paid employees but literally like the the environment inside mondragon is like like a hobbesian nightmare like yeah uh, the the workers are yeah it's so coercive there's so much cruelty and sociopathy but then it's also this totally tyrannizing thing of where you can't quite put your finger on it and so all the workers sort of like blame themselves they're second guessing themselves all the time can't figure out what's wrong what they did wrong or why like it's just it's just mystified coercion like just give me a boss who's a bastard you know what I mean? Like, but, but would you than, abolish wage labor, or would you say that we need some form of a wage to, like, mediate certain functions in society? How do you How do you mean? Like in my magical utopia? I don't. Yeah, I know you're against utopia, but to utopianism, it just. I I don't, I'm not I think this sort of like um, there's very much this sort of elitist bullshit that a lot of leftists do where they're like oh my god imagine talking about like the dignity of work <laughs> work is horrible no shit nobody should have to do work yuck like no these people just don't want to work they don't want to <laughs> do anything that like that is like I think well, the idea that you would have like no discipline, no order, no authority in any kind of you know ideal society is absurd. Like, of course people need oh. to contribute. Of course we have like collective things, collective needs that need to be met, and like people need to contribute. Like th- this is a given, and you know work to the extent that it needs to be done. You know should be dignified. Um, people should. Oh, by the way, can you so, speak a little bit closer to the mic? I'm noticing. Or that maybe the, boost uh, your waves. mic if you uh, if you have the ability. I do actually. Excellent. There we go. Everybody Beast, subscribe. Strasserite, fascist, Amy. Tr- no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Everybody That's subscribe. Not, like, please don't. <laughs> Is that a bit better? Like, yeah, that's perfect. amazing. That's perfect. Perfect. So, okay, so Apex, what do you think of this social fascism right now? <laughs> what mean? What think? What mean? <laughs> 
Oh, so we're we're just drifting through through three lanes of traffic now, Geo. Just gonna flip the flip the script to social fascism. <laughs> okay. Apex right. Apex is, needs it very regimented. I, I think you're very I, like, I know, methodical I just, thinker. I'm just, I'm just I'm listening to Amy, and then and then Geo just comes and goes. Mm. Mm. So that social fascism. <laughs> okay. All right then. Amazing. Um, well, I think kidding, I do kidding. have very much of a more like social fash element in terms of I get very like pissed off at this like like this crypto like um crypto coercion that like um that sort of sneaks in the back door with all this like worker Communal, co-op bullshit. Yeah. No, it's, like, it's kind of like an office be, space in a way. Have you ever seen office yeah, space? Yeah, like if anyone no, but I sort of get what you mean. Like if anyone wants to like if I'm gonna be exploited at work, just fucking make the channel of exploitation coercion and authority clear that's mm. fine and then at least i get and then i know what's up but these uh, almost like a, full, like, like a formal rabid dog sociopathic rabid dog bullshit that i've dealt with leftists for the past five years is just like the most horrifying shit on earth where everything is liquid imperceptible you can't figure out anything there's no fucking boundaries and the ones that you do figure out are always shifting like no just like give it just have chains of like authority and domination that are like i think that's and then i can work within them you know give me someone who's a prick all day every day (laughs) i can deal with that guy better than a moody bastard i think that's fine one (laughs) thing that separates exactly the thing i think that separates and i want to get to apex but the temperament between a right thing like um a sort of a rightist disposition. I wouldn't even call it ideology. I think that your gut fauna has just as much to do with your ideology as anything else. I think that a rightist disposition is not actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's not exactly like, um, and I have a bunch of questions for you. Like, what do you think of bronze age perverts, psychopolics, all that stuff. We'll get to that. Um, But I think that (laughs) really quickly, um, your dis a right word disposition, I think is, not just valuing of the individual, because in a lot of ways it's very collectivist in terms of the unit of a society and sort of the driving force and the expression that a society in toto, a nation can give you. But I think that there has to be a sort of comfort and a separation within at least the family unit in society. But to me, when I think of a total communal society where everything is held in common, including women, men, zers, MBs, um, including... No, but that's a a bourgeois commonality. Exactly. Like, like it's, it's on utter hell. It, it's fucking it, OnlyFans, man. Exactly. That's what it is. But like, the, nobody the, gets the, married the, anymore. All the broads are on OnlyFans and sharing in common between that. Well, class. Well, so who's gross. the one? Uh, the one that really hates you. The the big the the Mer- Merrick. I think to narrow it down, my friend. <laughs> yeah, it's narrow. Well, the narrow, yeah. Um, the the OnlyFans girl. She uh, she had this thing where she thought that um. Not to gossip, but I guess I am. Uh, she had the thing okay, where she... Caitlin, what's her name? Carolyn Calloway yeah. retweeted and liked me last year. So it's not so... It, she didn't hate me. So I don't think it's all of them. I just think it's the actual No, ones. yeah. We've had, pe- we've had OnlyFans <laughs> girls on this podcast. We've had porn stars on this podcast. We've had um, AL girl on this yeah, podcast. Yeah, I debated AL girl. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but that type of existence to me as someone who is more of a traditional disposition... To me, that just seems like utter hell on earth. Like, I mean, that's kind of like some weird, like, like, you know, people that take like the the Plato's Republic, like as a literal document rather than um, a sort of metaphor of the soul. Shall, uh, Elaine Badieu, hello? <laughs> Fuck you. No, I'm, I'm that's I, to me, I think that type of existence is only 
relegated to like smaller sort of social spheres. And the fact that these bourgeois rich kids, uh, like today I was helping my old man break out concrete panels. Like, come on, like the, the bourgeois rich kids that talk about communal existence to me, it, it's indicative of a larger sort of pathology and a neurosis. I think they want to break away from the chains of, it's like why they become cruise punkers and they, mm. you know, become homeless, semi-homeless. You, 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 for, you know what it may, may actually work? Maybe it works in the kibbutz. Well, yeah, but in the kibbutz, but Lev, the thing that holds those communes together are is the sort of religion and the sort of the community that comes out of their yeah, metaphysical very interesting, very interesting yeah. field of economics, yeah. monastic economics, which is yeah, something yeah. you'd never think about, but is a fascinating little field. But yeah, but sorry, go ahead. Uh, I've kept you. Uh, yeah, but you as a weirdo. I'm. Well, I, I know. But um, Apex, go go ahead, my friend. Uh, what am I talking about again? Empathy <laughs> or social fascism? But, oh, or? By, yeah, social fascism. But also, I want to point out before it slips my mind. Um, it's funny that uh, Amy brings up Hannah Arendt. I know, like near the end when she was in University of Chicago, she was kind of like a lib. But if you actually read the subtext of Origins of Totalitarianism, there's a lot of based in red pill thing. She ends it saying that the fact that the the 20th century became totally secularized because of the Enlightenment, the the gas chambers couldn't have happened if it wasn't for that. Because now the sort of millionaire ideology is to take away the sovereign rule of authority and place it in the hands of an impersonal bureaucratic managerial state. And so it literally is a dictatorship without a dictator. Mm. And that is just inhuman nightmare fuel, in my opinion. Oh, by the way, we have a comment from Super Iron Bob for $10. When a group is small, every individual can assess the value (laughs) of work done by others. As groups grow, the need for proxy measures grows. As proxy measures occur, there will be people who optimize for... A pr- the proxy, not the real value. How to stop cheaters, the or how to stop the cheaters, I think that's what he was saying. We have a libertarian. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, Apex, you talk about Wait. this a little. Oh, oh, sorry, go ahead, Emmy. Oh, no, I just, I, I think so many of these questions, while I empathize with them, they're sort of trying to um, solve a problem within the frame of the existing class contradictions, if that makes any sense. So, like, in a world where um, there is, you know, a very number of people, very small number of people who own everything and everyone else needs to basically work to survive. And then there's also, like, a middle class of people who are able to sort of increase the um that you know their own standard of living and that of their family by hustling by striving um then certainly this sort of uh, perception of the the person who's going to like optimize or sort of like you know your free rider problem that sort of thing um these are very real problems within our existing society if you attempt to do these sorts of things right like that there are contradictions inherent in the status quo if you set up you know systems that allow for extensive free riding then that you, you will get extensive free riding um but I just think that ultimately, like, it, this is why sort of utopianism and, and planning some kind of, like, future perfect from within the status quo is just fucking asinine because we are all 
products and subjects of the actually existing world, which is all that we've ever known. And so, like, I, I just think that, like, you know, like, when we talk about things like a revolution, like, uh, the, the, the people in that world or that environment are going to be creating or, or at least party to such monumental changes. And then the subjects who are created within that world are going to be like uh, intuitively like um, accustomed to that world itself. So, for instance, like you know, a few hundred years ago, the idea that every single individual person would have just like the insane amount of sort of atomized alienation that we have these days, the fact that, you know, you can move house every couple of years, and this is totally normalized now, the idea that like, you can live anywhere on the planet that like, you know, that women don't get married till what was previously like old age, you know, like, this is all the things that are totally normative today, are just radically inconceivable, just you know three or four hundred years ago you know well let me ask you i just think that like trying to sort of anticipate all this shit in a manner as though we're going to be sitting around planning it is just like it's sort of crazy because i definitely think all these contradictions are real and so many of them are literally unsolvable within our current order that like i just i don't know i think yeah I wanted to ask you, what do you think? Because you're coming off sounding very based in red pilled, and uh, Ivan in the chat, don't worry about it. Um, what do you think of. Lads, um, I have to run. Oh, sorry, Apex. Apex, before no you worries. run, let me promote the heaven out of you. So, guys, no, but you can. Apex, yeah. have, a point, have, have a point before you have to run. Okay. Um, what were you. Maybe clarify some things, but also where do you. All right, pick one. Pick one, Geo. Hit me with something. The political landscape that we were talking about at the beginning of the stream, where do you see that going? I mean, really, you know me, is that everyone, the vast majority of people are liberal. Um, and the the Quillette crowd is liberal. The left is liberal. The right is liberal. Um, they're all, it's all autonomy worship. And yeah, the problem is, is, you know, like I'm, I've been... Uh, promoting the, you know, uh, a post-liberalism for, for years now. And at a certain point, um, you're, you're going to see a, a break because, you know, there, there's a lot of diversity in that scene as well. I mean, I I really do think that what, what you're seeing now is you're seeing the justificatory ideology uh, collapse while the brute power structures underneath remain. You're going to see that continue to um, intensify. You're going to see the circle, the wagons continue to be circled. Um, and uh, it, it, it's not, it, let me put it this way the 2020s are going to be worse than the 2010s. Oh my God. And the 2010s were a total cultural black hole. Man. Amy, do you agree with that assumption? I mean, worse in what sense? It's just going to blow. I mean, like, the political system's just going to get more tyrannical. Like, society's going to become more atomized. It's just going to be a general. The state capacity will continue to decline. All that fun stuff. Inequality is going to keep going up. Like, the ability for the state to do anything. 
like the West has actually, it, it, people talk about, you know, the, the state is bigger or smaller, and that's really only one axis. It's more of a... What, what um, do you mean, like, the state to do anything? Like, I just think that, like, these sorts of, like, smaller, bigger, this and that, like, the idea that the United States is in any way, like, weaker or the state has collapsed or ceased doing things. It's like, no, it's just doing things that you don't like or that, like, not the No, no, like, there are particular like, capabilities. Like, there are capabilities that the state no longer... One of the more interesting ones that I keep seeing recently is building nuclear reactors. The United States has actually completely lost the capability to build them to the point where we could build them in five years and now they're all 40 years old and the only two that have come online last 10 years were three times over budget and took twice as long and no one else knows how to build them i mean you're, you, you, you know like the state we, doesn't the state isn't this the magical thing that can just do whatever it wants whenever it wants like it, no, it gonna... there are certain things that the bureaucracy is incapable of Wait, doing so you mean that the state will sort of as things become more fragmentary um the state will slowly lose capability of controlling huge swaths of america for instance and I mean, that's want to like get a to 20, your... that's mm. like a 50 plus year scenario. But I mean, that's I, also not, a gap of power to... that brings in somebody else or some other organization yeah. that could come in and take the place of that. And yeah, still and the most same of function. them are the megacorps. But, but they Amy, don't do disagree... the same function because they have different interests. Yeah, and Amy, but it's mostly disagree... the megacorps that come in. You, you, th yeah. I think the the corporations will probably weaken the state more than anything. But Amy, you disagree. You I think, think the, state the will... idea that the, well, I think the idea that corporations and the state are separate things is I reject all of this. To my mind, the state is like all yeah. Of it. Private companies so, are not really private. Well, yeah. There's no such like. Well, I mean, the kind of yeah, yeah. I do reject the public-private distinction insofar as like if public's supposed to mean like state, yeah. then also like that we live in a capitalist state. Like the function of the state is to secure the conditions of accumulation for the people who own everything. It's very straightforwardly thus, and all these people who act as though the function of the state is to like make citizens' lives better, special <laughs> for people. All this bullshit. It's like no, their function is to basically like enable the domination of the ownership class over the people who do not own things. Um, and so like th th that doesn't need to be some horrifying thing. It doesn't need to be like evil or awful. And like certainly, I think that the vast majority of the bourgeoisie are not inherently bad people or anything. Um, I think most of the petty bourgeoisie are fucking psychos especially the the like statist petty bourgeoisie mm. these people are fucking insane well yeah. would, you, like, would you say for yeah. example that there was all right lads the i do okay. have to go for real though all right thank you for coming so much it was nice to talk to you Yes, yeah, well, I hope well, you get some sleep again, as well. <laughs> please follow. Okay, please follow Apex on Twitter. So what I was getting to here is, and everybody's what's his handle? What's his handle? His He's handle is a Apex Sim Maps. I am posting it right. He only adds you every time he releases a new Substack. For everybody, say shut the fuck up. I hey hey hey. <laughs> I never. I have from day one. I have declared everywhere. I am here to punch leftoids and shamelessly shill my substack. That's it. Those there are my only two goals. Here, here is okay. a substack for everybody <laughs> right over I here. Apex. It. Peace, guys. A Apex, Apex notes. notes. Peace, brother. 
Okay, so what I, I what wanted I was, to ask Amy. Wait, wait, hold on. Before oh, you okay, ask, go, go, I, I, wanted, I wanted to ask, damn it, I have my question. Right of way, Gio, right of way. Anyway, what I wanted to ask real quick is mm-hmm. the experience, like I said, when my family came here, here from uh, the former Soviet Union was this... Mm-hmm burst of altruism that we did not get from any of the Russians uh, when we were living back in Russia. People just mm-hmm. started helping us, moving our stuff into uh, the building that we were staying at, uh, helping us with directions, whatever. It just seemed like Americans to us, the stereotype became these people that are just like looking for people to help. Like if somebody's out there, they need help, then the American would come along and would say, oh, how can I help you? How can I help you do this or build that or whatever? That was the impression. Obviously, there's a lot of Americans that are not like that, but the fact that there were more Americans that acted like that than there were Russians that acted like that, that already told us something very important, and it brings me to this idea, which you could say could be like just rose-colored glasses looking at the past, but this idea <laughs> of there being certain organizations, like if we're talking about like the uh, like the Mooses, no, that doesn't the Elks, or the, the Shriners, the Mace, Shriners or, yeah, whatever, organizations where they do try to do certain things to improve the state of their locality and it almost seems like if something like that even though again it's not perfect but it almost seems like something like that would have resulted in a lot more harmony and a lot more communal connectivity than what we currently have right now and i'm curious what your thoughts are on that on which sorry on what are the just the frameworks that may have What existed. are the mooses? What are the mooses? I made it up. There's no such thing. There is no, no there such was, thing there was like There's social The clubs. elks. The elks. Yeah, the that's elks. what you're thinking of. The yes, elks. Yes, exactly. Right. What are, they, what are they? Okay, so they're, they're like were... a men's social club. And they like the YMCA or something for... to that effect? <laughs> yeah, kind of, but they, mean... they're kind of like the Shriners or like the, uh, ma- I guess. What are the Shriners? I'm Aussie. I don't know shit. Okay, so the Shriners shit. is part of the Masons. You know the little the, caps? The Freemasons. The, the, well, yeah, they're basically an off-branch of the Freemasons, which. What? Um, I'm unacquainted. So is this like kind of like we would have here, like the RSA, uh, RSL? Like, yeah, like kind of uh, like. Yeah. Like what a return services league, it's like local clubs for like veterans and shit, like that do like ch- like si- like like civil society organizations yeah, before they all yeah, became yeah. like Sarah's back to NGOs. Yeah, pun- like Robert the old Punham school civil stuff. society, old school civil society orgs, that sort of thing. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Although as a Catholic, I'm totally against the Masons, but that's besides the point. Well, you can go um, to the Knights of Columbus. Yeah, yeah, there you go. My father was a grand knight in our chapter one time. There we go. So there you go. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny, like, I I know, like, the sort of, the, the sort of doctrinaire, um, Marxist thing is that, um, you know, nationalism is bad. It incorporates workers into their own exploitation, drags them onto bourgeois terrain. And I mean, this is uh, objectively true. Um, and yet at the same time, like uh, as a, as a, as a, <laughs> um, as a daughter of a migrant, like I can very much empathize with what you're saying in terms of like so much of what I find deeply objectionable about this contemporary racialization that's occurring is this notion that certain countries are like inalterably racist and revolting and that we should have this basically like 
woke Jim Crow that occurs not at the level of not necessarily mm. overtly in the whole like black fountain, white fountain, but like Jim Crow inside your head where like yeah. different quote unquote mm. races like um don't mix and there's this like like latent animosity and hostility just under the surface. Like that's always been there. All this bullshit is like no, this this like my um dad fucking loves his country. He's like the poster boy for assimilation. Like this you know, his my whole like his family migrated here in the early seventies and sort of it's very classic like migrant family makes good, like came here um contra a smear piece that was written recently that i am <laughs> that they were wealthy lebanese immigrants no they came from a fucking mountain like a village in the mountains and literally got here with like you know the shirts on their back and all three if, if you uh, don't mind me asking i'm curious so where did they come from uh lebanon like, lebanon wow. lebanon just like some hokey village in the mountains and you can still N- like that's showing Nas- it to me that's on like Earth a, now. that's like nasim talib his his neighborhood yes. or like uh, Lindy yeah, Man. Yeah. Wait, yeah. is he also from there? I didn't know L- Lindy Man was. He's Lebanese. Lo- yeah. Wow, interesting. By the yeah. way, the plan the plan, Amy, is that we got to get Nassim Taliban uh, to lure Lindy to Man to entice Lindy Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh well, that's like when my people went to Australia in the seventies, around that same time. So. Italians? Yes, yeah. Like, yes, no, it was even earlier too. Like, there was a huge influx. Like, basically, Australia, like, the immigration in Australia has happened very much in waves from different vicinities over the 20th century. So, they're like, yeah, like there's like a pretty big influx of sort of Greek and Italian people after the Second World War in particular, especially. Um, and then there was also like a bunch of pommies in the mid 20th century because we had like the 10 pound palms so you could get on a boat for like 10 pounds. But yeah, there's a very much like a tradition in Australia now of like every capital city has like an Italian sort of vicinity and like it's very much like in co- like every Every sort of with each successive generation of different migrants from different areas, it's like like we are very much that like classic melting pot. Um, type but but you also have a point and, system, don't you? There is a certain point system that yeah, people have to uh, get to to yeah. uh, migrate. Um, I think it it very much it very much depends. So has uh, it uh, um. If you like my dad's family, when they came here, the way the economy was, um, they were very much looking for unskilled migration. So my grandpa moved out here actually a year before the rest of the family just to to work and save up enough money to uh, for a house deposit, that sort of thing. So he came out here and he was just doing like tiling, laboring, that sort of thing. And then when my grandma got here, she was just like working in factories. And my dad said like at that particular time, like mm-hmm. you would just like walk around and like all the factories just had like help wanted signs and people would just like go if you yeah. wanted to work you'd just go to one of these places in the morning like it was literally that straightforward um so in that particular era you very there was it was very much more open and it was like they came here almost immediately after the end of the white australia policy so there was like none of the sort of bullshit that there had been previously in terms of needing to like speak a european language or whatever to get in um so so but then i think in in contemporary parlance it's different and it depends from 
like which element of the migration stream you're coming through. So I think we are certainly still do uh, quite a bit of um, like humanitarian immigration as horrifying as our refugee policy is we we have a pretty big influx of um humanitarian intake but then there's also like skilled migration unskilled migration it just it very much depends which stream you're coming through do you think that um oh sorry Lev. no go on no i was gonna ask do you think like um i know like you're very adverse um because I don't want to get you into trouble, but let's just, let me try just to ask whatever. I don't care. Okay. Um, <laughs> Cause this one particular friend in the chat is asking me, what do you think? I know you're adverse to sort of thinking along racial or ethnic lines. And I'm oh, certainly, I'm averse to like politicizing race in like the retarded way that just like right. doesn't do anything productive. I don't right. think race is a biological reality, uh, but I think that certainly social groupings and like racial groupings are and denying what's going on in terms of like the political function that racialization is serving is equally stupid you know what i mean i I think i I, yeah i think that there is a biological base obviously to me like there is a biological base trace but it is largely um in terms of what we think in terms of how we express race it's very much a product of a lot of different um sociological um techniques of the 20th century it's largely as a political creation and i know this is like me being a diehard foucauldian but what i wanted to ask um is um what do you think i mean i say this as a son of an immigrant as well i mean i think that uh, people have a right to determine like if they feel that their particular in-group should be the norm uh but at the same time people are asking um what do you think of a lot of people to the far right um, adopting certain forms of socialistic thinking, at least in terms of economics. Like in particular, I'm thinking of like third position uh, people like Keith Woods, Eric Stryker. What, what do you think of like these, not just these characters, but also like third the, uh, position the, in general? The Na- Nasball gang? Yeah, yeah, Nasball, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, this is such a funny meme because for years this is like what the <laughs> the left is started calling me like a stressor and then yeah, nice ball and it's yeah. bullshit and just like I don't know. Um, I don't like I and this I guess is probably a testament to many aspects of Australia, but we really do not actually think in racial terms like the way our sort of administrative institutions work is such that like race as such is not actually a thing here it's not a social sorting category so certainly there are different like ethnicities and you'll ask people like you know what's your background or like where are your parents from or whatever the fuck but like the idea that people are socially sorted or categorized on the basis of race is actually not a thing here and I know that's really difficult for like North Americans Mm. to accept but like it's just but straight some up people, true. Like, so, well, well, what about what about culture? Would you say like well, I don't no, know if class people, is the right word for it, but just like the general way that people act. Like, would you want to have these people as your neighbors based on how they treat their kids, how how loud they play their music, all these different which things? People, like, whoever like the you idea want, that whoever you want to say. Like, I think the idea that people like people can make good or shitty neighbors. The idea that you would like that that can be determined on the basis of their racial or ethnic origin is 
a little bit silly. Like they're going to be not on that origin, but as far as cultural origins, as far as from everywhere and vice versa. No, but if there are people who are used to, let's say, having certain holidays partying in a certain way, where some people are louder, some people are quieter, it doesn't matter what the race of those people is. But the culture, I think, does matter because people brought up in a certain way where their mom and dad would do a certain thing, and then they would emulate that, and they would emulate whatever the people around them were doing. That does kind of create a certain cohesive way of being when it comes to raising kids, when it comes to education, when it comes to uh, the way that you party, right? Like, I don't think I'm being very extreme in that kind of assessment. I guess what I would suggest is that, like, to the extent that any kind of sort of melting pot, quote-unquote, can work, like, the extent to which any, like... (laughs) society based on like you know a variety of different people of different origins the extent to which that can work depends very much on the way like effectively integrating people into a cohesive whole and creating a shared sort of set of values and a set of institutions that will inculcate those values and sort of bring people into some kind of collective shared, not just identity, but like actual project. And this is where I do sort of find there's very much a contradiction between sort of, as I was suggesting earlier, the idea that like, quote unquote, as a Marxist, you're supposed to like totally reject this idea of like the nation state as such, blah, blah, blah. It's just like, at the end of the day, if you want to have a functional society, particularly society that has had like a significant amount of immigration from people of different areas, you very much need to incorporate those new people into a collective or cohesive whole and there very much does need to be I think a baseline of shared commitments and values if you're going to live in a society Hell together yeah. and I think that see, increasingly this, is, Gio, this like, is what I'm saying all the time see Gio? well I mean you know in the absence of any sort of coherent moral authorities that we share in right. the, like I think part of the problem in a lot of these western countries is that not only it's not just the sort of or the immigrants are making things like incoherent it's that actually there is no like moral authority that That's any true. of us collectively share either it's sort of that has broken down at the same time as immigration is going on and so it's easy to sort of point to the increased and but the other thing is also and this i think is particularly stark in the united states and i got very pissy last year when i read this article from um a particular leftoid um where like on the one hand all these fucking rich leftists are like mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. valorizing insane shit like open borders and all this other bullshit i wanted to ask you about that time, yeah i mean you know they they strip all the like so they're getting really angry at quote-unquote native people for being racist calling them nativists it's like bitch you just let fucking twice as many but like you've just doubled the size of their town and the labor force you haven't increased any services to anyone you've basically made their lives dramatically worse and then you get mad at them and call them racist for sort of looking around and not being you know totally willing to just take all these hits because you've decided you want to increase the gross domestic product because you get rich as a result of it this is just so revolting to me like they create all this fucking chaos they get rich off of it and then they point at the people at the bottom and say oh you're racist you're racist you you deserve to die this is 
this is repulsive. Like the whole thing, it just is, it's so blatantly clear what they're doing. And it makes me very angry because like to the extent that any kind of nation premised on immigration, the very like shit that they valorize in the abstract, the only way that works is if it's functionally like, um, you know, if you're incorporating new people into a society, you need to actually provide like the resources, both like material, but also like psychosocial, like to be able to make that happen. And so if you like literally are deconstructing fucking everything, yeah. um, making it so that people have no sort of like shared moral norms, no sort of like authoritative institutions to which they can turn, no sort of like baseline of shared anything at the same time as like, you know, particularly within the neoliberal era where you're basically corroding the entire like a civil society, social services, everything. Mm. And then you sort of, want to then point at these people and blame them for everything that has just like got you increasingly wealthy over the past 40 years as you've literally like just pulled the complete fucking rug out from under them this is horrifying to me like, yeah and the idea that you would blame the people who you've been abusing or i think of the pharma guy can't who get calls down them, with uh... that like Calls them pillbillies. Pillbillies, yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, Amy, you should watch our stream we did with Mark Terrell. Oh, and, boy. And that was a fucking controversial <laughs> one. He, he he actually works for Undavos. That's his group, and he's like... We go, it's it's mind blowing. He's and he worked a hardcore the neoliberal, and uh, and he worked for the World Economic Forum before. He was uh, like the mm -hmm. 2008 um, rich like, kid of the year, or something. Yeah, something. <laughs> but, young uh, under 30 type. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, it was it was controversial. Um, I I think like personally, I know I'm going to alienate the the ethno nationalists okay. here, but I think that even nationalism itself is a relatively recent um, creation of. Yeah. media and and that in Europe when you look at the regionalism of Europe it was held basically together by the Catholic Church and then the Eastern Orthodox Church and so I think that yeah. to me that like what you're talking about the greater moral depth of a society being lost in the absence of that people obsess over sort of like a weird like racial reductionism to like fill the void and then at the other end you have other sort of weird inklings of re-enchantment that is also integrated either into like the rebirth of um politicized forms of paganism or also like woke like you know woke people discovering some random fucking uh african shamanistic uh tribal practice uh, but making it so thoroughly politicized and gnostic that what's the point right i mean these are like these crazy type of things but i wanted to ask you about the specifically um First, I wanted to, just as an obligation. Yeah, buff. I know Italian coat because we're not white. I know. Um, so, <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, uh, I wanted to ask you just as a journalistic uh, obligation. Um, <laughs> I know Benedict Dancer is kind of cringe, but I know. Um, I wanted to ask you just as a journalistic obligation. You said that. Um, um, Australia doesn't view things through race, but people um, would say that Australia has been incredibly quote unquote racist and that the way they've treated the abos, for instance, uh, that is also an incredibly racist. So what would you say um, from outsiders looking in to certain racial policies towards the Aborigines, for instance, like what would you say about that? 
Well, I think that much like the United States or any, like, you know, um, colonial, you know, former colonial settler societies, um, there was a lot of brutality as there has been throughout history <laughs> in every era. Um, there was a huge amount of brutality that took place um, when Australia was settled. There's, I think, very much like um, an insufficiently well-known history of like frontier wars in australia for example that like very few people learn about um yeah i think it's very tempting to sort of see native peoples as just this kind of victimized amorphous blob of like people to whom like brutality was done um and i think that's absolutely right like that that there was an enormous amount of brutality but there was also like um a, a really valiant amount of fight and resistance that was put up too um, yeah. And I'm very mm. cognizant of not wanting to just sort of paint people as these sort of like passive, like happy Sambo yeah. figures or whatever. Yeah, they're just, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean yeah, that's kind of like, that's kind of like the noble savage Rousseau. Well, that's what I mean. These kind of rube, yeah, like painting them as like rubes and idiots who were just like, um, didn't the Abos genocide another race of people that were there? And the like Megafaunas, yeah, the Megafaunas, yeah. I think. But uh, no, but but when it comes to their general well-being, and I really and sorry, I didn't to, mean uh, to say Abo by the way. I, I, I really want to get to. Uh, That's okay. I really want to get to Catherine Brodsky, who is here. Joining well, my us country, as well. it's illegal to say it. So yes. So, oh no. <laughs> okay, but uh, but when it comes to the current state of the Aborigines, at least what I'm getting is that. Uh, since there's not as much opportunity to hunt the way that they used to right now, there's, uh, as far as I heard, please correct me if I'm wrong. Like there's a lot of, uh, drug abuse, uh, alcohol abuse, and just like the general well-being is not as, uh, high up. Like indigenous people been. across the Anglosphere, they've yeah. just been broken fundamentally. Well, I'd want to be really specific. I think I'd, um, like to sort of speak about an entire group without again is the Marxist in me um the like it very much depends who we're talking about you know what I mean so um small though it may be there there is you know some uh a considerable amount of sort of petty bourgeois indigenous Australians and so like I don't I don't I'm not necessarily speaking for them but when we talk about for instance like indigenous peoples still living in like remote communities um particularly I believe in the northern territory and, yeah, the and other yeah. sort of more remote parts of Australia um there is definitely like um not just a lot of deprivation but also like a significant amount of sort of social decay or social corrosion I think um you know I, I don't know how useful it is just i like i'm definitely not trying to like point fingers at anyone i think if you look at the trajectory of the 20th century and what australia did in terms of literally like breaking indigenous families apart and you totally, said the military and, and yeah mm. yeah yeah it was, it was fucking gnarly man and it was very recent too like the the stolen generations really that like this shit was still occurring in the mid 60s like ripping you know babies and small children out of the arms of their mothers with happened in canada 
Canada yeah. too. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Going and just like we're going to raise you with like white parents because then you'll, you know, we can breed the indigeneity out of you. Like this shit's gnarly. And it was very, yeah. there's very much people who are just like my parents' age who this literally happened to them. You know what I mean? So like um, to pretend that sort of, you know, the, the, the results of that level of craziness are not going to be bad is is stupid but like um there's a yeah there's a lot of deprivation very much a lot of dysfunction a lot of petrol yeah. sniffing mm. a lot of sort oh of, god um, don't no don't mention oh the chat's gonna go crazy oh because you know no. it's a 4chan yeah but it is true no, it but, it, but it is based on something no i'm but, not a chan kid i didn't grow up in the internet yes. so i don't know no, but it, it's just a, and i really want to popular get, 4chan meme i want i want to make sure we get aborigines huffing yes. gas i want to make the, sure we get Catherine in this oh, I'm uh, the sorry, conversation it's all right it's all right okay, okay, okay. It's we, all right. we get Catherine brodsky joining us here so in Catherine, canada they prefer paint oh god i shouldn't oh. say that okay oh. so Catherine, you are also Terrible. a fellow you are a fellow i have a great respect for the aborigines the aboriginals yeah, yeah. So, so, so Catherine is also a journalist written in the Washington Compost and every, oh, God, <laughs> yeah. uh, Playboy, Guardian, Esquire, Vulture, CNN, and uh, Catherine. What is the current update of the situation you've been facing? If you if you'd be interested in talking about it with uh, the attacks that have been uh, going at you. Oh, I did not expect to be asked about that. <laughs> well, I, I think it's definitely related. You were talking. Well, if you don't want to talk the, uh, about it, yeah. it's, it's fine too. But um. yeah, no, it's been uh, it's been interesting. I mean, I, I actually had a lot more support than not. Um, there's still some people, you know. Can, can, can uh, you just update for uh, the reason why I bring it up? And uh, my apologies for bringing it out of the blue, but I think it would definitely be related to uh, Amy because I think that a lot of the things that Amy's been talking about is related to the things that you've been experiencing. So would there be a way, could you update for Amy what exactly is going on, just so she knows? Hello, oh, uh, <laughs> Yes. Hi, Amy. <laughs> How's it going? I feel yeah. like we're, we're like, me and Lever are, like, passive ob- observers in this stream of, like, the girls' locker room in high school. It's like, hey, how are you doing? <laughs> Gosh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we're weird. <laughs> it's like that scene from Porky's. Por- <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean it that way, Lev. I didn't mean it that way. Oh. Geo sounds like a Yago right now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I listen to music during the stream. I'm listening to Pantera right now. That's why I'm all excited. So but go oh. ahead, Catherine. Sorry, sorry. Uh, so, uh, Lev, should I? Do you want me to recap? Yeah, go go for it. Because this is not the left stream. This is BTR. This is new for all the BTR people. Okay. Well, um, what Lev is alluding to is an op-ed I wrote it for the uh, for in Newsweek, and uh, or for Newsweek, and the op-ed um, kind of details my experiences when I was running. Um, a community uh, on Facebook for writing jobs for women. And somebody posted uh, a job opportunity at Fox News. That person got attacked, really like personal attacks. I took a stand saying, you know, I don't want, you know, let's keep away from personal attacks and and politics, uh, which ended up, you know, long story short, there's a little bit more that went on, but long story short, um, I ended up calling like a white, uh, being called a white supremacist 
Pegasus, Trast. Uh, oh, yeah, you're fash. 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 Yeah, fash. What fash. is that? Fascist. Oh, I'm a fascist. Yeah, 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 yeah apparently. All, all these things. Um, um, so um, I, I think I'm anti Semitism adjacent now, too, as of uh, yesterday. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are. Basically, like you're a bad person. You're specter. You're a priori guilty of everything they accuse you of. And so, because of this, um, whilst they can be sort of holding up the mantle of being like the good moral people because you've been deemed a bad person, um, all of the sort of convictions that they hold publicly can be violated in private in the most egregious ways towards you. And this is already justified because you're one of the bad ones. You are exactly right. Right. So if you vilify someone. uh, (laughs) (laughs) So um, this I love it when the girls get along. That's always (laughs) my sight. Because um, what we usually don't, Gio, is that what you're saying? Well, I don't know. <laughs> what are you saying, Gio? I mean, it can get into mean no, girls no, really tell fast. Tell me exactly what you're saying here. Girls lock hers, over Hers like- can be pretty mad, though. Hers get mad. Yeah. I think some of the most... Well, I mean, Amy's had some pretty vicious critics that pretty much might as well just be like little girls. Um, they're not... They're very emasculated in that oh, way. Yeah, they're but- all women. Yeah. All men on the internet are basically women. <laughs> oh, I no. resent that. Oh, but um, so I think it's it's interesting how, like, Catherine has like had like traction in some of like. So how long has this been going on, Catherine? Is this like a very new thing that's just bubbling out just recently? Well, this happened. Uh, I guess now it's been a little bit over a month. It feels like forever. Um, But um, it's interesting because all these other groups have now (laughs) imploded too. And Mm -hmm. yeah, are being, I don't know how much I'm allowed to say, but, um, (laughs) but basically bad things are happening. In fact, those people who pretended to be, you know, anti-racist and and accused me of, of, of being a racist for allowing Fox to, um, post a job opportunity yeah those same people are now specifically being racist to other people and kicking out people and they're raced race yeah 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 this shit is so crazy to me like it it, i had very similar experiences on the left for such an extended period of time it was just like rolling cancellations of me for like two years straight so i'm totally accustomed to like the psychosis of it all but it's very like uh, like so so sort of this argument that i was having with them a couple of years ago was basically like the idea that sort of one commercial news network is meaningfully different than any other is to me just <laughs> yeah. the most fucking Absurd. asinine thing that well, i've ever heard it's like because how they're is it saying... that you tell me that msnbc is like right but in their mind moral in their mind like it's fox just, is just corporations you retards yeah well <laughs> in, their, in their minds fox is basically spreading you know they're allowing a platform for say so white nationalists designers, yeah Totally, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and therefore it is it is, you know, causing harm and causing the murder of people. So for me to sort of defend the the I mean, I wasn't defending yeah. Fox News. I don't think it's a particularly good network, but it's not it's you don't one need of to. Many. 
yeah, I didn't need to. So the fact that I allowed it now makes me sort of complicit in all of that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you also mentioned the imp- to them that the New York Times like lied America into the Iraq War. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then they got, and then yeah. they got. It's um, it's just but bullshit. Like I'm sorry, but in 2017, David Brock funded a bunch of new media actors, so social media influencers, a large number of them, to basically meme wing nut Tucker Carlson into existence. Yeah. Because prior to that, he had spent most of his career on very normal mainstream fucking cable channels. He gave um Rachel Maddow her start in television. Like no way. Wrong. Like wow. I disagree wow. with Tucker on a bunch of shit. Like he's what, like what an L like, that's probably the biggest title, L you ever but done. like yeah. the idea like so much of this psychosis in media was something that happened like it started small and I watched it grow. It's like this stuff was very much like there was a political project after 2016 yes. to basically disable any oppositional voices um, and, and basically poison the well preemptively. Like Tucker's not a fucking white nationalist. He literally like, don't get me wrong, I disagree with him about a bunch of shit. But like every night on his TV show, he literally says we should not judge people on the basis of race. That's wrong. I totally support the entire like everything the civil rights movement was fighting for blah 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 he says it night after night after night after night and the more he says well, that the more of a recently. white supremacist they say yeah. that he is. it's just it's just like it's asinine and like don't get me wrong i'm not standing for any cable news networks and i don't agree with him on plenty of things but like there's this been this very targeted like set of methods that these people have used over the past few years to basically disable any kind of oppositional voice from any kind of arena that is not like totally gatekept by their yeah. little gatekeepers. Well, he's recently got into this controversy where without saying the actual event because of YouTube, uh, let's just say he pointed out to the pretty obvious fact that there probably was some uh, glowies in the uh, ranks of the uh, who gives a what, uh, the fuddle duddle that mm-hmm. happened right around the, mm-hmm. you know, that date in the, the sixth, um, it's kind of obvious. I mean, certain even certain e-grifters that may or may not be glow in the darks or have some kind of uh, were right there. I mean, not not naming names. Big uh, <laughs> Alaska. Um, but uh, well, that's all speculative. I say speculative, speculative. But I mean, the the fact that the apparatuses of power in America have a long history of basically infiltrating like groups that are not down with the American government. I mean, is it that much of a stretch to say that maybe in this fuddle duddle event that I don't know. I mean, but, but, the but like, look, for example, at Catherine, I mean, really you can't get more into the mainstream halls of journalism than like the fucking Washington post, like, come on. But yet she's taking this flack, but I wonder, I'm curious to hear Catherine's opinion on the assertion that like the media basically is a business and it's all the same. I agree. I totally agree with Amy. I think it is pretty much every network is like running some form of I just think the idea that there's substantive, like, um, you know, differences between the idea that a corporation can be racist or not racist is facile to me because it's corporation. So it has basically like a market positionality, you know, like it's well, 
one thing they were also mentioning was, for example, uh, one of the attacks was that uh, Fox News is has um, not encouraged, but um, but has supported or, or didn't disavow people who were um, assaulting women or, or you know, the, the sexually harassing women. And I thought that was like a particularly <laughs> specific uh, claim because, yes, even though that may have happened or did happen, um, that is quite clearly happened in many other media outlets on the left. So, you know, to one for the same thing and not another, you know, does speak to something else. It's just self-serving, totally politicized. They're just, it's, I'm sorry, like, I don't mean to, like, be belligerent, but I just think these people have their political ends and, and, like, they've, they resent the fact that you are not treating Fox News as the unmitigated enemy that they've been indoctrinated to believe that it is. It's that simple. And so everything thereafter is just a post-hoc rationalization of that. Well, it's exactly what you said, is if 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 they truly believe that Fox News is the enemy, then they're going to believe that somebody who defends the enemy deserves the same tactics, right, as as an enemy. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. that that's what's going on here. And for me, that was new because I didn't you know, I, I haven't been particularly controversial in my life and uh, to have you know, and there are a few things going on um, other than what I've talked about as well. And it just, it, it, it was difficult because you, you try to think of people as sort of rational or, or, or having some sort of a point. And by personalizing them, it means that they have more of an ability to hurt you. But so, so it kind of takes viewing them in a different way in order to not feel that. And, and I think for me, a big turning around point was I imagine myself and I'm like, okay, what if I completely disagree with myself? Okay. How would I behave? What would I do? And never in a million of million years would have behaved that way. And that made me see, well, okay, if that's how somebody chooses to behave, even if they had any kind of point, that point becomes invalid, right? I will listen to people who disagree with me if they deliver their message in, in a kind of respectful, logical way. But if they're going to attack and malign and just call names, they're not really worth listening to at that point. If they turn around and they change and they want to have a conversation, conversation sure but right now no but the fact that i think it's even about jobs like this Mm -hmm. one particular instance you'd figure like in terms of journalism i mean let's face it it's kind of sucks right now (laughs) just in pure material conditions of being a journalist is like not that great and a lot of people gia were saying like 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 it's a job you know wait how dare how can you judge somebody for wanting and and i kind of get some judgment i mean you shouldn't yeah. Well, they need to maintain the specter. So the idea that good and decent people would go and basically be Nazi collaborators, which is no doubt like the way I'm sure some people have framed this, like the yeah, idea that you go and work for the enemy is <laughs> unconscionable. And so in order to maintain the specter, the prospect of somebody suggesting that you go and sort of um, work for the Nazis is crazy like they need to basically make that such a like 
Um, That's exactly the analogy, by the way, that they made was that I was um, (laughs) yeah, that I was I would have worked for the KKK as well, or I would have posted. No, but Catherine, Catherine, this is literally nutty. Sorry, this is just fucking nuts, and it's been totally normal throughout like American media history that people would float between different networks and different publishers and all this bullshit. These people have lost their minds over the past five years. Total fucking Trump derangement syndrome. And you're just basically like copying, like you're bearing the brunt of their psychosis, which is like a collective psychosis. It's not like they can't help being like brainwashed, but what they can help and what's totally unacceptable to my mind is just that like level of sociopathy and cruelty that they display towards people who are ostensibly like their friends and colleagues. Um that that sort of is something that both myself and and other friends mm. um who've had sort of similar sort of like cancellations and shit. It just just as you were just describing Catherine, it just it at the end of the day, like there does need to be at a certain point, like certain boundaries of like what you're prepared to accept. Well, human and, like, decency, right? No, exactly. Yeah, exactly. but the fact yeah. that it's it just every time I speak to somebody who's had one of these types of experiences, it's so consistent to me the ways in which the people they do this to really are like very just decent people. You know what I mean? Like, you look at somebody like Lee Fang, who they did this to, like, last year. Like, yeah. just a yeah. fucking nice guy. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's always just nice, reasonable people they do this to, and it's so instructive. It's like, they need to sort of brainwash people and make them broken such that they have no standards and they'll sort of tolerate any level of abuse. And as soon yeah. as you sort of get to a point where you're like, hang on, this is unacceptable, then they just ramp it up even more. And, like, and again, it's... I don't think it's deliberate as such. I think it's such a collective phenomenon that they don't, they don't, each individual participant may not even realize the extent to which they're actually participating in a collective phenomenon. If that yeah. makes sense. Hmm. Well, what, I'm, I'm looking, what I'm, I'm looking at the post, by, by the way, real quick, I'm looking at a post of this one guy who I'm friends with on Facebook, just going through his timeline, he seemed to be calmer before, but now for some reason he's just exploded. Every other post is one basically talking about uh, Orange Hitler, and again, while people can definitely disagree on the merits or demerits no, of but whichever that post, politician, that thing like you, that, you posted, yeah. like, it'll be viewed one day as like a, like a swastika, like, to me that shit is just like... So it's it's like literally like Eli Valley cartoon hysteria at this point. <laughs> and the fact that like Catherine is like ethnically a, um, a, a Jewish woman, like saying that she's a collaborator, like she's a capo, like isn't that kind of like anti-Semitic in its own right to like call well, someone yeah, a they don't, capo? They don't believe any of the shit they say. It's all bullshit. They're yeah, just, it is they're all attacking bullshit. you for that reason. Do you get yeah. what I mean? But it's... I, it's it's one of those things like I um, one of the problems that I'm seeing though is like, I worry a little bit about the counter reaction to this stuff because um, you know when people have gone through these experiences of say getting canceled or you know they sometimes start to see these people as kind of the enemy and I get that and 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 you kind of it's almost like you have to also dehumanize them to an extent in order to not uh, take them seriously but I think that's also like a real danger because you know, ultimately, I like to kind of think of, okay, what's useful in this situation? 
And I would rather, you know, in, in my experience, what I'm trying to do and, and why I've been a little bit more outspoken and um, and also, you know, after I heard so many horror stories from other people is that, you know, it's important to um, how do we, you know, get people to be more open is one and to, you know, empower the people who are seeing through this is to because make them understand that they're not alone, because I don't think these voices are representative of the majority. I think they were yes, representative of a very that's absolutely key yeah, absolutely. Loud minority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then how do we, you know, and, and going forward, like, how do we get people out of these cultish uh, mindsets and and collaborate together, stop seeing each other as an enemy. And I think part of that, you know, this is a great example of that 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 hat, uh, I guess, meme that was posted. You know, I, I think fifty percent of the part. Yeah. Well, I think a really big part mm. of it is is how much people are being uh, simplifying these really incredibly complex ideas, and they're not using kind of critical thinking. I think critical thinking is really really key in all of this. And um, yeah, so I think if you encourage, you know, analysis and logic and, you know, instead of simplifying things and into little slogans and words and it's inaccurate, what people are saying is inaccurate. But you worry that the reaction to it will uh, lead people into the hands of uh, people down more of my persuasion i guess not my mm-hmm. persuasion but you know what i mean like yeah do you do you, but and that's something i want to ask you and i want to ask amy about the thoughts that were cropping up i would say when it was pretty much over for trump the the uh, the sort of typical like bread tube trail uh like bread tube trail um breadcrumb trail that was a great uh, uh slint song um no the typical the the bread tube analysis of um the quote-unquote radicalization narrative that like watching like a bunch of youtubers talk about how bad the sjws are that that's going to lead to your uh kid reading uh imperium and uh the turner diaries or something like that like i mean w- what are your thoughts like i mean i get what they're saying i mean anyone could be radicalized they're just time. poisoning the well they're doing yeah. the same thing again i think they're overly like fixating on you know anti-sjw whatever like i just find that boring and stupid and yeah it's, it's instructive or um inside they're kind of doing like, the same thing right but they're doing the same thing as a way to like deny the fact that there is something objectionable about the way they're behaving so so like here's the thing, those anti SJW like any kind of anti SJW stuff a few years ago, whatever, the only reason that it was attractive to people is that because it it did in fact speak to some truth that that people were sort of experiencing or viewing in the world. You know right. what I mean? Like and so like rather than reckoning with whatever the sort of much smaller critique had been prior to that, these like the, the broadly, like a lot of this stuff is about allergy to any kind of interactional criticism. And I, whilst I share Catherine's sort of enthusiasm for being reasonable and not sort of um, doing that sort of whiplash thing of being like, why I left the left or sort of like instantaneously like um, changing your whole politics in relation to personal, you know, personal experiences within the media. Yeah, absolutely. Like um, I sort of, you know, it's, 
uh, I've been very consistent sort of in what I believe. It's just that increasingly like the people who happen to sort of be amenable or receptive to that and not, you know, the the sort of leftist audience that I originally had. And that's okay. Like, uh, but, but I also think that, um, that, uh, shit, I've just totally lost my train of thought. Did my guns um, make you lose your train of thought, Amy? Yes, that's exactly what it was. Absolutely. You. It's your entire present. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, I've been, work- I've been working out a lot, actually, like three times and even more a week, and I've been lifting heavy weights. I know I have a nice. skinny... Love, there's only room on this podcast for one stamp, okay? <laughs> Let's cut it out right now. Good God, man. I was um, doing the chest exercises today, the be- bench press. Yeah, yes, Catherine. Totally off topic, but is simp like considered? Because somebody's told me I should host a thing about simps. I'm like, I don't really know. <laughs> Geo uh, is going to be patient zero for you, Catherine. Oh my! So oh my God! No! <laughs> but do simps consider themselves like being called simp a good thing or not? It's no. a bad thing. It's, I mean, I'm, I'm reclaiming it. <laughs> Are you saying I'm the lev? Are you? (laughs) Wait, what'd you say, Amy? I said it's a denigrating term. It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Lev, are you calling me the Gaten Dugas of Sims? Are you trying to? (laughs) He wasn't actually patient zero. He wasn't. Kathy, you know that white? You know the white knight meme from a few years ago with the like tipping the heart. Fedoras, yeah. Yeah, the fedora. Yeah, it's basically effectively it's like kind of like that well a simp is different because a simp has a um like a direct like parasocial relationship relationship yeah yeah to their particular e-girl of choice or whoever (laughs) (laughs) oh boy but i i think like i'm my my game is so thorough with so many different uh women that i'm friends with that i think i can avoid the uh the sim term um no but uh <laughs> i wanted to ask yeah, about... it's, like it's so good <laughs> <laughs> oh geo simping is a complex thing yes it's very complex um but i, I guess like it, it's funny when you inhabit these dissident spaces it's almost like in some ways after the quote-unquote canceling you're forced to be like in in the same like vicinity as people that you would traditionally think wouldn't be like uh, like a big crossover like like the fact that um super iron bob sent us twenty dollars at 15 cents <laughs> and he says time to left simping two hours 15 minutes wow well, Gio, I, I, you know, it's one thing that it, from conversations that I've had with people who are canceled in big ways on the left um, is that they're saying that they are sort of forced to go on the right, especially when it comes to media platforms, right? Because yes, the left won't give them any. Right, yeah. yeah, the media will not give them any, uh, and the left will not give them any airtime. So they're sort of forced to go to that um, area. Fox News route, yeah. Yeah. As like, uh, I think it's very much what I have, I think an interesting angle here insofar as um, like, it's, I I totally empathize with people who are sort of intentionally pursuing a more like direct kind of media career. And I think that is exactly what necessarily 
um, people sort of need to do. And I think increasingly, like the people who are inviting me on their platforms of late are increasingly um, places on the right. And then instantaneously, as soon as you take up those opportunities, um, then that becomes just like a self-serving, like it just fuels the existing narrative. Yeah, um, it's it's like the f- ammunition to that. that yeah. yeah, yeah. But I just, the thing is like I had always, even when I was on the left, I was always more than willing to talk to anyone of any political persuasion. I think there have been a couple of platforms where um, I didn't think it was particularly it would be particularly helpful to to go on them. Like there are a couple of like explicitly sort of like um, white nationalist type places that have reached out to me over the years and I'm just like, mm, I don't think so. Um, but with, the, with, you know, with those being the exception, um, I like, I, I think actually like it's farcical to pretend that you know, the ideology to which one supposedly subscribes like means that people can't talk to one another. I think that's crazy talk. Like you actually like you should talk to people that you disagree with as much as people you agree with because like how else do you even learn how to defend what it is that you believe? How do you know that you even believe those things if you never have them challenged? (laughs) Do you think that... um like the wider acceptance oh is that um yeah like do you think the wider acceptance of um like people that were formerly on the left and the political right like our good friend pilos here says uh lefties canceling uh lefties is a psyop to infiltrate wayring spaces to send glowy e-girls to create drama and spy networks i mean i don't know maybe i mean well, do you know what's actually really interesting it's so funny this is sorry i'm so long-winded i'll try to be as brief as i can basically no, no, the no. other thing that the left does and what the left has been doing to me for the past year is literally saying like they have this like weaponized spreading of rumors that are funded by the right that all this bullshit they've been saying for years and years and years so it's not just that they leave you only with the right as like the avenue to which you can turn but they actively try to like destroy all the alternatives and destroy you and it's almost by like miracle and sheer tenacity that i managed to survive all of it yeah. and still keep my independence intact and it's um like it, it's very clear to me now that actually like it's not just that they like then hate on you for turning to the right it's that they actively like push you to the right and then they deny that that's what they've done like yeah. they need that binary and then what ends up happening and i've been observing this very much because like you sort of see the dynamics at play i actually do agree to some degree with a lot of because like my thing is like i'm not like I don't know, whatever. Anyway, I agree that they're actually in something I've been sort of keeping an eye on. Is there's a lot of this like intuitive leftism that is I even I see it on the right a lot that these sort of like um, mirror image leftists who are just like actually we just need to talk about the anti-white racism on the left and like they just like mirror all the totally like internal logic of like the, the craziest left like but, but to push it, back it's on just that. like the same thing and it's yeah, like, yeah. Like, like this is not helpful just doing like the same thing in reverse like it doesn't actually solve any of the problems that 
like that that dynamic has created it just takes a different stand within them you know but but to push back on that a bit and i i don't consider like as people know i don't really consider myself a white nationalist i may have certain sympathies towards certain ideas but but to push back do do you think that the anti-white stuff it's like a clear and present as day sort of like you know like it's kind of cringe people like fucking james Lindsay talking about critical race theory all the time crt but do you think that they the the establishment pretty much is they're like post wasp like exiling the largely like white working class that they're totally marginalizing them and that maybe they are like it maybe not like it not 100 but the establishment is viewing things through a racialized lens specifically against white people i mean i don't know what you think about that I've been talking for a long time, Catherine. Do you in a way you know? Cap- that? I know what Catherine. Th- Catherine, please. Uh, what do you What do you think of the critical race discourse going on lately? <laughs> um, you know what? I wonder how many people who talk about critical race theory in general, uh, whether they support it or not, have actually taken the time to properly read it. Oh no! Not that! No! no not <laughs> that! <laughs> Everyone says that, Catherine. Do you, think you want that, me to sell, tell you what critical race I theory think is? It's no, probably worth pointing I've, out. I've I think that the ambiguity of these things is actually the point. I think that mm, critical that's, race yes. theory is... It's a device to... You know, Schrodinger's, Schrodinger's cat. Like, uh, Schrodinger's race. Schrodinger's race. Race science. Yeah, like I just... Ultimately, like I think that the racialization stuff is like it's an accurate like you know at a surface level you could say yeah anti-whiteness is uh, um what's apparent in certain uh policy doctrines or particular like um things that are being like policy measures or things being implemented and certainly like within the hostility that sort of is animated like through certain voices in the media but I think if you look at the history, basically the Democratic Party has always used racialization to divide the population and to discipline labor and and keep people sort of in control. And they basically went from um, like a pro-white, anti-black like racialized frame um to the exact opposite and they didn't even seem to pass through universality at any point along the way and i think if you look at the policies that the biden administration is trying to implement especially in relation to housing it's almost the exact inverse of the sort of new deal um housing subsidies and that sort of thing because basically if you select certain populations that can be proletarianized and you subsidize others it allows you to still have a large enough working class but not so large as to become a revolutionary working class you don't want the mm. working class to be too big you want the illusion of middle class prosperity 
to at least be sort of attainable or perceptible to people or enough people, as it were. And then if you pass laws like domestic terror laws that are sort of going after quote-unquote white nationalism or the rising white supremacist threat, blah, 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 that basically you're giving the feds like carte blanche to go after quote-unquote white people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think what we're seeing is pretty troubling, particularly when you also look at the extent to which the Democrats have actively and quite deliberately been shedding um, rural working class white people from their coalition for the last 30, 40 years. That's been a very deliberate thing ever since NAFTA was passed. Um, yes. And I don't know, maybe it's well. just me. Yeah, maybe it's just me, but like there was a pandemic that's been occurring in the United States the last 20 years. <laughs> it's called the opioid crisis. And so, like, I just have a real issue with this idea that certain people's lives matter and other people's don't. Like, yeah, like, and I just think that the the degree to which they've been stacking the deck with this all this racialized stuff, it's starting to mount in ways that are increasingly undeniable. But the it's very much a class project because if you are a wealthy white person, all you need to do to exculpate yourself, yeah. yeah, you just buy white fragility and you performatively wash your hands of this shit. You say the right things or you wear the slogans, you know. You, you have do the Black the right Lives thing. Matter. You're fine. Yeah. You know, you don't need to actually do anything to to get rid of your whiteness, quote unquote. Um, and so, like, yes, there is like it. It's very much got this racial character to it, but the actual project is a class project and a partisan project like interesting so what do you think of that catherine yeah no i you know in terms of critical race here i mean it is being talked about so much um you know people that are talking about it have yeah i agree like i don't really appreciate like people like claire lehman and james Lindsay. like they have this very boomerish type of attitude of like Oh, the critical race theory people, the cultural Marxists. It's like, oh, yes, I don't think it's helpful. I think maybe it's an idea that might have even had some good intentions, but I think it's dangerous. So, I mean, I would rather see, I mean, the way that history is taught in schools tends to be from a very, say, Western perspective, right? right? And and I think it doesn't hurt to have more diversity in how it's represented in terms of, you know, um, more international, more nuanced, more ideas and things like that. I think history is important to teach, but I don't think it needs to come with an ideology. I think this is the problem. And the idea of collective guilt because of somebody's, you know, being white, which, by the way, plenty of white people didn't even, you know, grow up in America, right? They immigrated. And by, by virtue of the fact that they have light skin, they're somehow... Well, they benefit from the system. Well, I had, a, I had a dream <laughs> like that, actually. No, I'm hey, completely serious. Like the, I'm La- sorry, last you night don't I dream like that. system white supremacy. This is That's crazy. That's what they say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Well, Amy, hey, last, last night... It's not this when my, well, when my mother came here, I had to no. learn English to, to then teach my grandparents. And there was no fucking tr- only till later than Trudeau brought in the welfare state. I mean, Trudeau senior, his, his daddy. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. When my fucking mother came here in 72, 
Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to say fuck my fucking mother. Um, <laughs> when my mother came here to learn English in a fucking uh, um, in one of these locally developed schools and had to basically teach my grandparents English and had to go to them to get basic documents. Uh, I'm I'm really sure that my mother benefited from the white supremacist society because of the fact that um, when she was the weird immigrant girl. Um, yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty coming from Italy. Well, yeah, I'm pretty well, sure. Well, Gio, I'm an immigrant, right? Like, uh, love is an immigrant. I, when oh I, yeah, in, that, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah, it was actually like poor, right? Like my family had to start from some nowhere, so like did not benefit. And and look, I understand. Look, there is a hundred percent. There is racism. There's discrimination. All these things. Oh are yeah, and there is a degree. And you could say yeah. that there is a degree of like racialization when it yeah, comes to like certain like law enforcement issues. But also privilege has become just the idea of privilege has become tied down to just race. But in fact, privilege, there's class privilege, there's mental, you know, somebody who's born with a, say, a higher IQ has uh, or ability to do things has has privilege to someone who maybe has, you know, certain health. Wait, wait, issues. Catherine, are you saying that people are born with higher IQs? Digging the grave even further. Th- yeah. Thanks. Thanks. By the way, to what, we were, to what we were talking about before, I just want to make sure I don't forget. I literally had a dream last night that I was attending the screening of my friend, uh, uh, of my friend's film in NYU. And then when I went backstage, there were these BLM people that were telling me, you know, about all the stuff that you guys were saying. And I was telling them like guys i'm from russia i'm not even a part of whatever happened with your ancestors and the ancestors of the people Doesn't matter. that you're blaming it's moral imperialism it's a form of like it really is a form of like moral and, and yeah, ideological imperialism yeah. and if you live in a country that's not american you watch the way in which blm just gets wholesale imported as this doctrine that makes no fucking sense in yeah. the countries where it's received it's crazy talk like in the 90s i remember you know you'd see these images of like tupac graffitied on walls in africa and it's like oh isn't that strange how you know like american culture just like migrates all around the world so you have these kids in like you know these like impoverished african nations and you know some of them are wearing like you know a nike t-shirt and they listen to biggie like that's crazy but now it's like they have fucking George Floyd murals on the walls yeah, and stuff. In and Japan, it just like this yeah. this like ideology gets and, imported and wholesale. You know, and you know when the nations where it makes no fucking yeah. sense whatsoever. It's just nutty to me. And also I just reject the notion of privilege as being a racial thing. It's not it's just not true. I'm sorry, but the the West like I'm sorry. I, I think that Bourgeois people are so used to being around their own types of wealthy jerk-offs who see people through racial terms <laughs> that they then project that onto yeah. everyone. Like, my family is literally like a blend, like, my mom's like a bogan Aussie. My dad's oh, wow, family really? like... Yeah, yeah, oh, totally wow. bogan white Aussie family, like surfers and bogans. Like, and then my dad's family is like all migrant Lebanese family. They had nothing when they got here. And like, if you met my grandparents in the 60s or early 70s before they met my dad, I'm sure you would say that they were quote unquote racist by today's terms, whatever. Oh, yeah, definitely. But like, you know, my mom fell in love with my dad. They 
meet my dad and like they love my dad more than my mom now you know what i mean like it's just these things, <laughs> yeah. they they happen they naturally and most people are not racist like stop fucking projecting your own psychosis on everyone it's and gross. how somebody might feel you know one day is not necessarily how they're gonna feel tomorrow and the opportunity to grow kind of gets completely taken away i also was gonna totally. say Gio, you're you're italian right yes like, yeah. So, okay, so this is, so here's the thing. No, I was thinking about this. Well, no, I'm weird. Well, I'm weird in the sense I'm ethnically Italian on both sides, 100%, but my mother and the huge, almost all of my mother's, my paternal, my maternal side, uh, since at least after World War I has been in Brazil, uh, they were part of that original wave of Italian, German, and Japanese immigrants to Brazil. Uh, So my mother was born and raised in Sao Paulo before she came here in seven. Okay, well, my whole point is, like okay for some reason certain groups are considered to be people of color so for example latins right but not italians it's it's totally arbitrary it's made up (laughs) it is made up i am a person and italians were heavily discriminated against when they came exactly yeah so i i don't get this one of the worst hate crimes in america One of the worst hate crimes in America, the result of the death of like 15 people was against an Italian sector of this village back in like the 1900s. So that's Just like... Just for Italian-Americans, you should make that the new Tulsa massacre. Get yeah, yeah we should it. make it the new Tulsa. Yeah. <laughs> the next meme. Yeah, only I mean, it actually happened. But... Like... but it suggests, you know, what this suggests is that this is a power dynamic, right? Like this isn't yes, really exactly. about victimhood. It's, it's about power. And because the benefits are there right and i don't and i think it it ruins a lot of causes it ru- it hurts a lot of these communities in fact when yeah. they're you know so i think and and it's inter- and it's again it's like okay if you can be italian but not and uh, sorry if you're hispanic or uh, latin you're a person of color but if you're italian not if you're an arab you're now a person of color but if yeah. you're jewish you're not and maybe if um, you're lebanese you're pretty much on that cusp of being white and like not white well, i didn't so. even know i just have never thought about myself in racialized terms whatsoever i yeah. knew that and and again the leftist or the whatever response would be to be mm. oh that's a mark of privilege well guess what actually the <laughs> yeah. the like you don't have to deal with the thought every single the post, day. Yeah. The post-racial brainwashing actually worked on me, and I've grown up in a society where mm. I don't actually see people like. Yeah, I mean the of one. Of course, I physically thing- see color, but I don't actually see Think or about perceive or judge much. people yeah. through racialized terms yeah. at all. One, like that one, just, one that, interesting that, thing, that, though. It's not the. That's not how I see things. It's just it's naughty to me. Of, like I think they're a person's background. Like that can be a part of them because it's a cultural thing. Oh, Maybe and and that's cool like why not let's celebrate that let's learn about that but it isn't the main thing about a person and it should never be the main or a dominant thing about a person their individuality is what should be the main thing about that person you know what's funny though it really goes to like the sort of um globalization which is really just a foil for like in cultural imperialism of the like anglo-american empire like the fact that they can import sort of like american style race politics to the world i mean it makes more sense i guess in, especially in canada and australia and in new zealand but like i mean come on like you have the george floyd mural in tokyo i hate to say it i don't want to sound like this you know the last time a lot of black um japanese people a lot of them you know the last time they probably saw a black 
black person when Bob Sapp was the IWGP heavyweight champion. That was the last time they saw a black person in Tokyo. So that- also, like, what does it what does it do? But also like this is something that I got in so much trouble for last year, but I stand by I it and I'll say it again. Like I have significant objections to the idea that um, the sort of cultural uh, depiction of African Americans as these sort of perpetually beleaguered, um, Mm -hmm. vulnerable subjects who are ripe to be executed by the state at any given moment is yeah, I they're, think they're the totally, necropolitical subject. Yeah. Yeah. I and, think and this is a totally a, tyrannical way I to um, indoctrinate young children. So to my mind, the idea that and, and the other thing that is always worth mentioning is that BLM um, from very early on, from 2015, 2016 is the point at which it totally turned. It has been something that billions and billions and bi- sorry, not billions, hundreds of millions rather of dollars oh, no, is billion, injected billion, in, into at the at the outset though like 2016 yeah, oh, you yeah, had yeah. hundreds of millions of dollars was invested mm-hmm. into it by the ford foundation george soros a bunch of other billionaires because they saw this as helping achieve particular ends of theirs rather than it being some just like organic thing and i think there's something totally tyrannical to take a phrase like black lives matter which is something that 99.999 percent of people um agree with it's such an inoffensive and objectively like agreeable correct claim that it basically disables any kind of opposition to the explicitly political movement by taking an innocuous phrase with which no one can disagree without being framed as racist. And like, I'm sorry, but if like all lives matter is the so-called enemy, you really need to rethink like what, what the fuck Mm. this argument is about. What are we talking about? Like every people, like the reason that African-American kids are dying at the hands of police is the same reason that white kids are dying at the hands of police in, in greater numbers. I might add, sure. It's, slightly disproportionate but when you look at the class factors african-american kids tend to exist in communities of a greater degree of deprivation with a high amount of policing and they tend to be involved in a greater amount of crime right. and so yes they are going to be in situations that and, and, are and family too violent, like and tense and that sort of thing and i just i the thing is, these things are complex, and I'm mm-hmm. a- as keen as the next person to try to alleviate um, the things that are producing people being shot at the hands of police. But to my mind, like, if that was actually your goal, if reducing police violence was actually the goal, then it's so straightforward that you would frame this as a set of united people objecting to police brutality or you know the over the overzealous policing at the hands of the state and you would try to make it something as big and as unified as possible that's not what this is or was exactly and and that was deliberate and also if you look at the actual stats you know in the states that that these sort of you know awoke sort of city libs um would describe as sort of, you know, the most racist, like the southern states, um, blah, blah, blah. You look at places like Alabama and these sorts of places and stats work has been done on this. Um, 
the statistics suggest that there is Abominable. no difference once you control for class. Well, according to South Park, poor white people who were killed. You know, so yeah. this is mm -hmm. like you don't have any kind of epidemic of police violence against wealthy black people. This is like very much a class yeah. issue, and and the more we keep talking about it, is this like abstracted, like quote unquote well, black lives you... matter. Yeah. Oh, wait, oh wait, do you remember that South Park yeah. episode though where the cops were going after the wealthy black people and they were calling them richers and they were saying how the richers are moving into the neighborhood. That was I forget that episode. <laughs> oh my god. I don't know. I just I really object to the murals that are funded by so like all these the, yeah. you know, billionaire backed foundations. They go and paint a two star like you know, multiple stories high picture of George Floyd in these low income urban communities. And it's like what does that do to a kid if every day on the way to school they see like the the sort of heroes, the people that are valorized to them are people who are killed at the hands of yeah. police? And that's all George Floyd is known for. And I don't want to denigrate the guy. I don't know him. But like ultimately, like this is somebody whose life was not exceptional. It was tragic the way it ended. But like, why is it that we're depriving young people of the idea of anything to look up to other than, you know, seeing a mural every day on the way to well, school saying look, like the well, state's well, going to well, kill well, you look, and people like you? Yeah. Well, look on Twitter, that's, for that's example. Look at, look at all the profiles of so many young people on Twitter where the thing that they're putting forth is their pronouns, their gender, all that is considered to be the thing to put forth instead of any accomplishments. And it does create a weird well, thing even, where what is the greatness that people are striving for if the only thing that uh, matters is whatever identity you happen to belong to? But even like, for example, the history of political muraling, I mean, I know this is like a nerdy topic, but like, for example, you look at North Ireland, you look at Derry, uh, what's the other big Glasgow um, you look at like the uh, murals that came out of the, the troubles and you have figures that literally, I mean, I know they're kind of valorizing terrorists or whatever you want to call it, but they were figures of endearment and literal martyrs for the cause of a free Ireland, whether you agree with that or not, but compare that to just um, a lot of the cases were not, you know, justified extrajudicial killings by the police and they were terrible and there were a racial component to them. But like you were saying, there is no, yeah, the one of Bobby Sands, um, there was no, um, there is no sort of grand and totalizing narrative to that form of hyper politicized suffering it really just is in the and i talk about this at great length in the contemporary art world how the blm sort of like wokeification of like these bourgeois art students that are making signs of you know figures of george floyd and all of this stuff or like me uh, before he did the monstrosity at um at the rockefeller center uh stanford biggers had the series where he shot these gelatin statues of little black boys and he named them different uh, victims mm. of uh, the police, uh, like Freddie Gray, George Floyd, like so he. There's so much stupid yeah. shit going on. I swear. Wait, I by the way, uh, I wanted to clarify. Can you guys explain what Blue Empire means to Catherine? I have no idea what that means. Oh, that was a well, apex. There was other people before, but the Blue Empire is sort of like the similar idea to the cathedral. It's sort of like how consensus, uh, the apparatus of like consensus manufacturing, how like you can have a system of systems, if you will, within like how, how media consensus in particular is formulated throughout all of these institutions. I mean, Apex, he's written at length about what he calls the mm -hmm. Blue Empire, but just think of the similar thesis of like the cathedral 
or um and what what would the red empire be in contrast well there is no red empire but that's <laughs> i a bunch well, of I mean, drifters <laughs> working Max would have called this superstructure you know yeah like, it this is, is what i always found so funny too, the leftoids like crying their tits out about nrx stuff it's like so much of this stuff is perfectly compatible with uh, it's very uh, like, true yeah, like it just, I just, yeah, it's funny. I wrote an essay back well, in the day. Love, I, oh, wait, 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 wait. I, I got to make sure Catherine get, gets in yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, sorry, Catherine. Yeah, yeah. Well, since Lev uh, um, asked, outed my question on on the feed, I'm going to ask you, Gio, as to why I asked. It was in the chat. Somebody called me a blue empire interest, and I'm just like, wondering what that meant <laughs> well because you're a journalist and you have uh worked for a lot of a uh, mainstream media and and uh so they, they yeah so that i don't have to explain no, no okay. i think i understand uh, yeah. all um, you know what yesterday i was on this um i don't know if you've heard of brett weinstein's um youtube censorship um deba- debacle um so uh, i uh, guess it was like a crypto guy he was he was holding um a, a twitter spaces chat and i had raised my hand to ask a question and the person who was hosting the the chat he brought me up and he said he saw he looked at my bio and he said that i wrote for the guardian and he automatically assumed oh no kind of she's going to be a loon uh and then he read a little bit further than that and brought me up so it was yeah (laughs) but i wrote i wrote an article back in the thermidor magazine days called the fukodian cathedral which actually was on the mold bug uh, wikipedia page for a little bit or the nrx wikipedia page (laughs) but they Mm. took that down because i guess some fukodians uh that edited wikipedia they didn't take uh, cyber cyber ninja zero expanded on this so he says i thought blue empire was a mold bug term along with red empire blue is when the dems rule and red is the military where the republicans rule i wouldn't say it's necessarily dems republicans like in that particular uh style i think that there's a lot of cross uh, pollination going on i think mold bug because he hasn't read a lot of quote-unquote french theory he gets like a lot of these terms like he shoves it through like an anglo enlightenment imperial empiricist sort of like lens so it comes out kind of like garbled and technical manual t- type thinking so like whereas like there's no poetry to mold bug in my opinion but that's hmm. but th- but this does bring us something to i think uh would i'm be not very sure that i agree i think very well, much ahead, he's, de- he's definitely like a like an autistic coder for sure yeah. but, like, i very much yeah like don't get, but but i very much have like a fun uh a whole special fondness for Malbec because I think so much of his stuff, like when I was going through a lot of this psychosis like a few years ago, not my personal psychosis, but dealing with the psychosis of the cancellations and stuff, like actually reading some of his older stuff was, um, it hit me in a way that like it had been years since I'd read something that actually like spoke to me because so much of what gets produced today is just complete and utter garbage. Yeah, and, it's true. And I think that a lot of you know a lot of Mulbug's writing is very like meandering and it sort of is like I don't know as someone with like chronic ADD, I actually find these people who go on these like crazy like crazy schizo rants yeah schizo yeah totally like that's actually good for me even if like three quarters of it is just like crazy or meandering like there's always 
not always, but often there'll be sort of a very real nugget there that yeah, sort of the meat yeah, yeah. has to oh, sort of do or whatever. Yeah. yeah, and so like his bit about sort of witch hunting and the, the the function that this actually serves in shoring up order and the sort of deceptions and mystification that occurs within like these media contexts and stuff yeah. and the way it mystifies power and sort of like the abusive use of it, like... That was something that just hit me over the head. And, like, for the first time in a long time, I was like, holy shit, I'm not alone. I'm not imagining things. Like, this mm. is actually, like, a, I don't know. So I have, like, a very, hold a very soft spot for him. But I very much think that when he starts talking about sort of, um, like, Solution. ideal regimes and yeah, sort of, yeah. like, a forward-facing stuff, I, I think basically his strength is sort of critique um, yeah, as opposed to necessarily so. the forward for a yeah. Well, because oh, to me, like, the red, like, someone, like, Bruce explained, Red Empire is hard power um blue empires like soft like networks of influence i mean that was that's basically just the birth of biopolitics right there red empire that's basically what foucault called sovereign power which was the order of life over death which the sovereign embodied on a personal level uh, but uh, whereas opposed to like modern soft like biopower where it's the production of life as i mean i'm getting to fucking theory cell shit but what what do you like that was one thing i wanted to ask you amy about i know you don't strike me as someone who is part of quote-unquote theory twitter i mean oh my god a lot of those people but have you read someone like i've mentioned mbepi's uh necropolitics book which i have read and i think that my problem is that this could be applied to a lot of different um people that were rendered into a state of bare life to go off that like a gombin like Foucauldian yeah, way basically, of thinking. I think that like um this is where I think I definitely like end up um being a lot more sympathetic to a lot of the reactionaries insofar as I think most of what was produced intellectually in the twentieth century was garbage. Um <laughs> think, no I'm serious. Like I actually think mm. that like the sort of like the, the uh like, <clears throat> I don't know. I think that the vast majority of it is like a recapitulation or like a wandering through in a less coherent manner, stuff that was already answered much earlier. And mm. whilst I think there are notable exceptions um, and there are sort of new ways at looking at an old like you know i think a lot of it's just new like old uh new wine in old bottles An old, casket, or old so. wine in new bottles whatever the expression <laughs> is like it's just sort of like same shit same shit um like i think can- sort of things like foucault and some of those folks like yeah you can take a nugget from that but i basically think most of that frankfurt school stuff is just like i just i just think so much of it's tripe i don't bother with most of it because it's like i don't know i don't i'm not yeah i'm not just more of like in a well i'm just more of like uh once you understand sort of the like this is all bourgeois bullshit three quarters of it do you know what i mean and so like mm-hmm. i think there are certain notable exceptions i think like uh, being um Chulhan, who's someone who's Chulhan, like, yeah, it's psychopolitics. Yeah, I think yeah. he's really notable. I know a lot of people like Agamben, but I just find him, I don't think he doesn't do it for me at all. I think there's like a oh, tiny amount of my heart. that's oh. useful. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just, which is not to say I necessarily disagree all the time. No, no, I, I know what you mean. It's saying not anything novel. By the way, there, there's something well, no, I want to. It's not even uh, that. I just think if you understand, like, if you read Marx and understand what he was saying, or someone like Rose Luxemburg, like some of these people, and then even the people prior to them, like the bourgeois theorists and the ascendancy of like the, the bourgeois period, like these people have all said this stuff in one way or another before, if that makes mm. sense. Interesting. Um, yeah, uh, there's something I, I, I wanted to bring it. up, by the way. Jasper Grand says, and I believe this is about uh, uh, this is about Weinstein. Uh, he says uh, he likes to play pretend with words and ways, or maybe it's Moldbug. I don't know. I uh, so he pr likes to play pretend with words and ways that signal that the left is able to stop and think about what they are doing and fix their ways. Now I'm going to disagree, just because from what I get, and Catherine, I'd love to get your input on this as well as uh, Amy. But from what I get, I just a lot think of the, the wine people... scenes are terrible grifters, in my opinion. Oh, right, I'm well, sorry. sorry. Here, no, here's the thing. Regardless of any of the grift, regardless of the grift. We still have people, whether the Weinsteins or Eric general IDW people. Creeps me out. We, for well, some okay. <laughs> well, any of the people, okay, any of the people we're talking about here, I really don't think that their goal is to try to convince people on the left. I think their goal is to try to convince oh, people God, no. who are kind of like the fence sitters, people who may be kind of like in Catherine's position, let's say. I think that's the crowd of people that they're primarily talking to, which is, again, why they say specific things in the way that they say it. I don't know, Catherine, would you agree with me here? Like, that's their, uh, like, you would be a bigger uh, person for them to reach out to people like you who happen to be in the position where they're not sure, like, do I stick with, uh, you know, having to kowtow to certain, uh, to certain things that are going on, or do I kind of start rebelling? Yeah, I would say so. I think they're reaching out to doubters uh, <laughs> and definitely more towards definitely people on the left um, but you know not far left or not to I, I, I hate these definitions honestly because I don't think we even understand anymore what is meant by somebody on the right the left like 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 there's such a variety of thoughts and opinions and today i was in a room on clubhouse where people on the left like very left were talking and they you know they they think that uh others are think that they're obsessed with like critical race theory and all this other stuff and they're like no this is not really what we care about we care more about uh the systems of capitalism and that kind of thing yeah, so it's like don't. there's so much variety yeah they that. don't they're right yeah yeah no, but I think, like, my problem is that, like, a good example, like, I know, like, there's some, like, absolutely terrible people that I just despise, like, one of them being, like, Jeet Her with his, like, smug, like, oh, you don't understand critical race theory, like... For example, I know, like, I know I totally shit on her every podcast, but, like, someone like Claire Lehman, like, going after James Lindsay for being like, oh, well, James Lindsay is greenlighting a white supremacist concept. I'm like, bitch, listen, no one on the left is going to, like, look at you with any sort of earnestness because you run Quiet, which they think is, like, a quote-unquote far-right publication, which, I mean, is laughable. So for Claire Lehman to do like this convenient reversal on as much as I don't like James Lindsay and I think he's a total coward, but like, because sorry, he's I'm not going to come out. on and debate you. He's well, not going to come on and debate me and Alex Kishuda. Exactly. So, well, I sorry, think it's worth ahead, pointing Amy. out that I think that 
uh, what a lot of people miss and I only became hit to sort of all the intricacies of this dynamic via going through it is that so much of what happens on the left is actually just discipline like 90% of what's going on is discipline and so like I think with like the the idea that like Colette is like some far right publication, which is if you ask most of the like if you ask any of these doctrinaire leftists, they would tell you Colette is like an alt right gateway. <laughs> alt right. Except well. their editors um, actually don't consider themselves on the right at all. <laughs> At all, exactly, right? And so, yeah, exactly. So they frame Colette as far... Yeah, yeah, of course. But they frame Colette as far right um, in this particular way such that they're actually arbitrarily drawing, like, the furthest right boundaries as actually something that is very much incredibly close to them, that is, like, shares so many of their fundamental premises. And so this actually helps shore up the peripheral boundaries boundary of quote-unquote leftism because like if the most far out like um like the quote-unquote right wing is something that's actually just like totally like liberal which is what Coilette is it's like a liberal publication perfectly reasonable reasonable liberal publication um but it just doesn't it's just not as unwilling to question or sort of look at certain things that the rest have like swallowed wholesale as forms of dogma that you should never ever question whatsoever you know it's just more willing to sort of look at some of those dogmatic notions um and and so i i think that ultimately like i i don't have any strong opinions on Claire Lehman or James Lindsay other than to say that ultimately like the they, they're liberals and so you can't fall into the trap of these people being right wing just because the left has sold you on a meme that they're right wing they're not right wing right. these are these people are liberals and so like ultimately I think um if you exist within sort of a liberal media space like Claire Lehman and I think it's very easy to be so in uh, so sort of indoctrinated to the idea that like this like white racial politics is anathema, and I actually agree with that. I don't. I'm not interested in activating along racialized lines. I think that um, sort of leaning into any kind of like white racial politics is a total dead end. Um, and just totally counterproductive and it's almost like exactly what the left wants people to do because they can win on those terms um and so i sort of understand her reflexive hostility towards that i just disagree like i'm not taking her side or james Lindsay's side but ultimately i think what you're seeing is sort of an internal battle between these like aspects of just like different strains of liberal left thought where one of these liberal leftists is saying hang on i'm starting to see a lot of like actively bad like anti-white racism within this particular thing and the other one is saying hang on no that's crazy you can't be saying this is like actually the real racism is reverse racism so this is actually just an argument internal among a bunch of liberals and so like you know the right sort of finds this all quite fascinating and doesn't know where to fall on any of this but ultimately like this is these are just aspects of like the liberal center sort of figuring out where they stand on certain things and then then when and then like for example sorry to cut you off love but 
like Claire Lehman, I had the I quote tweeted. I think you liked that tweet of mine, uh, where Claire Lehman's like making fun of like lower class men and incels and like, well, if you can't find a job and you can't sustain a marriage, it's like you can go fuck yourself. You're just a fucking loser incel. It's like that type of attitude is so divorced from the actual realities on the ground. Sorry, I love it. Go, it's, go like, it's like the uh, the the pharma uh, guys uh, comment. Pillbillies, the, uh, yeah, yeah, the, the pillbillies. Similar energy, uh, but. Uh, Although I would like her, her on the show, so and you could you could settle. Oh, that'll be a bloodbath, wouldn't it? <laughs> yes. No, but these but, kinds of comments, though, I find just really unhelpful, right? Like, yeah. why say that? What does that do? What does it serve? It just vilifies or or makes fun of or mocks a, a group of people who you know who knows what their background is. And this is what bothers me when that happens and it happens on both, both ends. And I just, it's just not useful. Uh, there's no point. Use, use facts. So you mean <laughs> I can't, I can't just go and call them bug men and things like that. That's not useful or helpful. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I don't think damn. it is. But if you really, oh, no. gee, you're gonna have to delete so, all these tweets now. <laughs> it's only helpful, Geo, for you, so that you can feel like you're channeling your aggression towards something. Right? Like, <laughs> 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 it's true. I do get a thrill out of calling Jeet her a bug man. Yeah. But, but what, are you, what are you? Bad. Okay. Yeah, he is a bug. Well, back in the Thermidor days, um, my. Editor- I think it's also worth mentioning, like he's at, like literally, like. His his publication is like a voice of the regime publication. It is. So no, it is. I, don't, I think that like when you have people who are the voice of a regime, it's yeah. totally fine for middling podcasters like me or you or whomever to not be deferential towards them. Yes. And that's not the same yeah. thing as when people who are the voice of the regime start saying that like white people deserve to die. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? Like yeah. the, the, these are not and the same thing. And I do think that like acting as if they are is to deny reality. I'm not saying that's what anyone here is doing. It's true. But but I don't know. Like and I well, think this goes deep for me. Sort of like denial of political economy that these classical libtards um, <laughs> and, and they can't help it. Like this they is can't. it's fine. I'm not judging yeah. them, but like just there's very much a denial of political economy, a denial of like relational sort of embeddedness yes. um, and sort of like, yes. you know, so because again, they, they, they sort of see things through the prism of the individual. And I think like to me, so much of what's going on or practically all of what's going on is taking place at a much more macro level. Yeah. Like it's very fascinating to me, for instance, and it's like sort of heartening, not heartening. I never want people to have to go through it, but there's something sort of heartening at starting to see other people like Catherine and and others in sort of more mainstream media spheres starting to experience similar dynamics and there is I think starting to be a really significant pushback to some of this sort of sociopathic cancellation some of this like um, sort of horrible shit that's been playing out the past few years and I really like I'm very much heartened by the fact that like you know you see people like um, like Glenn Greenwald was just pushing back against you know Nathan Robinson trying to cancel even Taibbi today and people what like Catherine sort of, is, yeah Robinson. yeah so, such a fan, so out of his depth but like someone like yeah. Catherine saying look it is important to sort of take people seriously treat people with dignity and try to just actually talk about what's mm. going on and I think yeah. if we can start to have more mainstream like it is heartening seeing more mainstream voices sort of leaning towards that avenue and I think what we're going to start to well, see I think is the sort mainstream- of 
voices are saying how this has gone off the rails. Just like, how damaging this really is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, one side is saying well, it's gone off the rails. The media will calm down. Well, I think it's bit. gone down the rails. I think we moved away from like, okay, so I mean, I I don't like to say what my political affiliation is, but that's okay. That no, you don't calling me a blue check. Um, I <laughs> I think. It's wait, wait. Do you know? Do you know what that means? By the way, blue check. I do. I do know. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I no, don't no. think you. I don't think you have blue check energy at all. She here is just, just slightly think. less venomous, Bob Chipman. <laughs> they, can, yes! they can think oh, what they want. Um, yeah. but, Every leftist but, is Bob Chipman. Bob Chipman's the only. He's honest the only. The he's the only honest one. He is. He, he really truly is. Wait, 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 hold on, <laughs> Catherine. Okay, so the whole point is like, um, I mean, when I was I was going into journalism, um, I mean, I was just interested in telling stories. I was curious. I wanted to meet cool people. That's what I wanted to do. You write for the you know mainstream publications because those are the biggest ones, and and to have some level of success, you kind of go for the biggest things you can. Very capitalistic, in fact. Um, <laughs> but you know, but what happened, like you know. Back then, there was this idea of free speech, and it, it was a very liberal idea, right? Free speech mm. and um, you know exploring ideas and fact checking and ensuring that you were asking the right questions and representing nuance and different sides of the story. Like that was good journalism, and that mm. has gone, you know, away, and uh, and that's the problem, right? That that you know, I'd like to try and help fix, but you know, I'm just one person, but a lot of people are finding that to be the case. I'm not the only one, but a lot of people that yes. I've talked to are saying they're afraid of losing their jobs and it's a real thing. So um, yes. there are certain editors that I've talked to who've said to me, I, I completely agree with all these things that you're saying. And, and, and even more, they're probably even more verbose about it. And yet they feel like, well, yes, but you know, maybe when I retire, I can talk about it freely. And that's, that's a really problematic thing, right? Because it's the silence yes. and the group Crazy. thing is now happening, right? Yeah. And yes. you can't report on, I tried to report on certain stories where I was like, mm, this, this narrative seems a little, you know, superficial and it seems like there's a lot more to the story here and i remember there was like an editor so i wanted to write an op-ed and this editor was actually really really keen on working with me and when i told mm -hmm. her because my 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 theory was way beyond the mainstream narrative it was very non mm -hmm. it was amazing the email that i got back which was like a polite no thanks but it wasn't like reading it between the lines there was a hostile energy there yeah and that's what mm -hmm. it's very Absolutely. chatty up talk energy yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and but I think it takes people like yourself, Catherine, like actually being great, brave, and not tucking their tail between their legs and suddenly just saying yes, sir, no, sir. How many bags full, sir? When they that, start like abusing true. you for doing a very normal but thing, you know. So it's true, I think but it's then you don't get hired. That you're doing that. It's like I don't. Have yeah, but that, that can't last, and it so it takes like the balls of someone like you, and like even some so degree me, very run. much my yes. friends as well. It's like the more that. You know, increasingly, I think that this is actually only something that works on the sort of silence of others. And I never would want like other people to have to go through this bullshit. But I'm very glad that people like yourself are actually speaking up about it. I'm very glad, for instance, that like, okay, so the shit that like Angela and I experienced with these crazy leftists, it's like when people like Matt Taibbi and Glenn started actually talking about this with like the big platforms that they have, yeah. just both of us would just like let out this huge sigh of relief.
believe it like okay this is actually real people could at least some people are starting to see it now like but so so I think it's only going to grow in terms of I, I've been talking about this for a long time like that was an issue that I was seeing for a long nice. time I just tried to talk about it in in fairly neutral terms because I don't want to mm-hmm. alienate the audiences that yeah I, absolutely I mean there's a reason like I really wanted to publish my op-ed I wanted to to go for a leftist or at least a centrist publication because that was who I was mm. trying to reach with it. Absolutely. And, and I think in general, like, um, you know, when people talk about Fox News or, or media outlets on the right, you know, having these mm. issues, I mean, ultimately, I think we benefit far more if we approach it as like, okay, what is it about journalism that's broken? How do we fix it? And we don't need to be going, oh, that, well, this publication oh. on the right or the center or the left, like that's the broken one. No, there's general things that we can apply to all of them, certain rules and tenets of, of, of good journalism, or at least better journalism. <laughs> so we have to look at the whole system as a whole instead of like vilifying one one or the other. Definitely. I think that's right. There's a great quote, by the way, that I wanted to read from Mark Twain, and uh, it goes like this. In the beginning of a change, the patriot is a scarce man and brave and hated and scorned. When his cause succeeds, the timid join him, for then it costs nothing to be a patriot. I I think that that's true, but I I would caution against... uh, I think we're just going through... A natural cycle of history we're sort of in this call yuga type of moment and that's another question i wrote down for amy um what do you th- you mentioned this i believe it was the second installment of your three hour long um oh my god we're three hours almost <laughs> um with uh the fed post uh who we recently had uh, um we recently had a black com pilled on. It was a great episode. CRK. Oh, nice. Yeah, CRK. I'll catch up on that. I haven't. I didn't see that, but I'd love to listen to that. Yeah, yeah. It was good. Um, I wanted to ask you. Um, you mentioned just really briefly the what you called the um, and it is it is definitely uh the reactionary view of history being cyclical. What what do you think um about time itself in terms of a linear progression versus sort of like a cyclical like like Oswald Spangler type of model? Like what, what do you, where well, do you stand? I sort of agree with the idea of like generations and sort of like a, the, the human life itself, like biological life is very much cyclical. Like I don't deny any of that. I also think that like sometimes these sort of like historical cycles happen or generational cycles, these types of things. Mm-hmm. I ultimately think that, um, like I, I, I am a historical materialist and I think that very much the uh, ways in which capitalist production um, shapes and, and the imperative of accumulation uh, actually is what, and prior to that, you know, the, the, the modes of production and the changes there in the, the class conflict between them is in fact the engine of history. Um, in in the sort of like broader long term sense, and so, um, you know, I think in this particular period of, of capitalism, we will have like cycles. In so far as we are not in sort of the 
we're not in a revolutionary period, right? Like, I, I'm not under yeah. no illusions about the workers rising up and fucking, uh, you know, instantiating any kind of revolution at any point in the in the in my lifetime. To be quite frank, so you, um, so you, you know, there will be cyclical history within that. But there's also like, I think we would delude ourselves if we pretend that we can just sort of, you know, the sort of post-war um, prosperity that that occurred in and the twentieth century. Yeah, yeah, the idea Kojevian. that we can just change, yeah, the idea that we can just change certain policies or just like rewind to that. Um, the universal political state, silly, like all this stuff. Like, I think you need to actually look at what's coming around the bend, and I think what's coming around the bend is pretty scary to me. When you have so-called socialists talking about BlackRock and Vanguard being quote-unquote the vanguard of socialism, um, I see actually these people are totally in denial about the nature of the state. As in, you know, a, an executive for the ends of the bourgeoisie, and you see right. BlackRock buying up homes, you see Amazon putting together funds for housing, and it just looks so much to me like a uh, company green, store all over again. Yeah, yeah, like, this Green New Deal era yeah. is going to be an era of like. Total austerity, I, like total climate well, austerity. Not so much austerity, but I just think like we're seeing um, a, a new era come into being that is not like any other that has come before. Right. So suddenly like the right. humans who exist within these worlds are going to oh. sort of have the cycles and have sort of like your generational continuity, these sorts of things, like human beings are human beings, you know, like I, well, I but, don't but pretend it's, to call social instruction, but... But it seems like they're being propped up. And the population if, itself if will the, take a uh, nosedive as well because well, of that. Yeah. If, the, if the things we're seeing right now, whether it's on Twitter or any cultural thing that I personally think, and Catherine may agree with me here, a lot of people are sick of when it comes to propping up identity. It seems to me like that is the angle that a lot of the more doom and gloom people see something like a great reset style thing going in where people are going to be all these rainbow colored people who are and, equally and androgynous pod yes. people, bug yeah, and people. Bug people, exactly. And I don't necessarily know if that is going to be the case or not. It is kind of a scary thought, but the one thing that I, I still go back to is there has to be something in life that makes life worth living, which is something for people to strive to in terms of a certain kind of greatness. And if there's no greatness, the opposite of greatness, I think, is, uh, well, emptiness. And everything that I've seen so far being propped up, to me, it's not a matter of, oh, you're a bigot if you oppose A, B, or C. It's just that it's empty. There's nothing there. It's just all this bread and circus, you know, multicolored, uh, uh, rainbow-colored fluff that has no, uh, you know, it's not Oscar Wilde. I mean, sure, Oscar Wilde loved wearing, uh, you know, colorful uh, clothing, but it wasn't about that. It was about uh, that he was a genius and that he wrote brilliant works. And without the brilliant works, without that inner fire, it's like, what do we have? We have just a bunch of emptiness. That structure, I think, is just going to implode upon itself because it's not sustained by any life. I mean, that may be overly poetic, but I, I don't know. But and also along with that, so you would kind of reject like the Marxist, like seventies Marxist reconstruction under people like Louis Althusser that said like we have to get rid of like the Hegelian part of Marxism and that there really <laughs> is no grand narrative and just fuck it, we'll just become like mm. bourgeois leftists, I guess you could say. <laughs> but I but Do I also want like to make sure the, oh, like okay. the analytical Marxists, yes, like yeah, the yeah, September yeah. school, those types, yeah, yeah, yeah. libtards, libtards. <laughs> 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 Oh, 
well, what Lev was saying about like having a purpose in life. I mean, us. I mean, also Catherine. I mean, uh, we'll get get you involved in this as well. Um, Sorry, it's it's kind of yeah. My no, no, but I, but, but it's but all I right. It's all right. Is, I do think that this is the one thing that is missing from the conversation that we talk about. All these problems. Some people say that uh, the uh, it's off the tracks. The same people or other people might say that it's both off the tracks and uh, there's no brakes on this train that is off the. There's tracks. no brakes on this train. I think that's true. Okay, but if on the capitalism no- train. Okay, but if there's no brakes, the sun will the ca- explode before it ends. <laughs> to quote but, Zizek. Okay. But if there's no brakes on this train, my theory, at least, is that if the only thing that you have left in culture is a bunch of fluff, that a lot of people like the people who don't believe it, who still like Catherine, for example, who still has you know a good amount of uh, positive cultural influence of something uh, of an idea of something greater. If the people who are left are going to be just like some purple-haired weirdos without that sense, then, you know, they might as well just be living in a cave somewhere. They eventually will. That's idiocracy. That's just the end of civilization if we are stuck with those kind of people because I I just think in general, it'll either crumble with those people if those are the only people that are left or there's going to be another actual great reset. By that, I mean like a meteor is going to strike the Earth and uh, the ant colony is going to be shaken and, you know, whatever analogy you want to use here but uh that's the only that's the only thing that i see happening unless there could be some kind of a renaissance from within because right now we are also more connected than we ever have before we have never had a paradigm like this before and maybe through this interconnection we have with our own willpower the ability to at least forge some places where culture is going to be appreciated and even though like I want to learn more about the uh, materialism that you're talking about. And I know that I could be a hippie bitch, whatever you want to call it, when it comes to all the spiritual nonsense. But be that as it may, I still think that people who have, let's say, more, you know, that that are more conscious of what's going on, that that have a Mm. higher level of conscious, whatever you want to call it, they do have the ability like wizards or whatever you want to say to change reality now that's just like a belief that i'm leaning on i'm not saying this is like what i fully believe but i generally think like the more that you are aware of all the processes of everything that's going on you have more responsibility you're not in that much of a dream state anymore you're not like a fish in the school of fish that do a beautiful swirling formation where one of these fish has no fucking idea how to do it, yet all these fish end up doing it. The analogy being here is that I think that some people are in more of this group dynamic state, and then other people start to be more ego-driven. They start to see themselves as being separate from whatever processes are going on. And then I think that there is a further level above that where you do get more of a sense of uh, consciousness, and the more consciousness you get, the more you can actually start to change the reality around you as weird as that sounds i don't know i'm I'm going a little bit down the rabbit hole here but i'm curious if you or Catherine have any uh thoughts on uh, that matter as a possible panacea to what's going on Catherine, <laughs> i don't think i understand the question because it was yeah, very that was kind of spaced out that was <laughs> Okay, the idea. Uh, okay, I'm not gonna repeat it. Those who knew what I was talking about knew what I was talking about. But okay, I'll, <laughs> I'll say I'll say it like this. I think 
the wiser people get, the more they are aware of just, you know, everything that goes on, the more they can concentrate. I think that with that concentration and with the knowledge that they get, not through reading a textbook and memorizing something like a fucking parrot, but having like a more intuitive sense of what's going on, while at the same time not being just stuck as a cog in a particular It's wrong. <laughs> oh, God. You Okay, fine. I give I Perhaps okay. I can try to translate. I, Thank I, you. Translate least, this alien or at least speech. bounce at least bounce off, yes. off of that to some degree. Yes. I Thank think you. to a large extent, so much of what, and I think very much why I think it's very heartening to hear from people like Catherine is that contra Catherine, so much of what's gone on in sort of fairly mainstream sort of media and academia institutions over the past few years, like uh, and maybe even decades to to or at least decades have built up to this point where sort of uh, conformity and productivity along a very sort of set of key metrics um, has been what's been prioritized and sort of thinking meaningfully about what matters to people, what's important, what people care about, um, what it is that's perhaps transcendent has been very much rejected as anything worthy of any kind of pursuit and sort of having like sort of even just moral values as such is almost... um, has I think for a time sort of been stigmatized too and so I think increasingly is this like a pseudo religion or pseudo like yeah. uh, well because the pseudo capitalist- meaning like the meaning making of this kind of global homogenous like yeah. you know LGBT militarism yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally I didn't <laughs> say that but yeah basically like as increasingly sort of empty as this yeah. kind of um, voluntaristic adoption of identities as this like commodity for a marketplace type thing like at the end of the day that's just so fucking empty um because of the any content of any real meaning that yeah i think increasingly people are gonna sort of they they they're looking for something more and, and i don't think church is gonna meaning. be i don't think church is well, gonna be to the degree to which institutional churches are gonna provide that i think is is somewhat limited yeah and increasingly yeah. is like media is sort of very like so that's why the, i'm trying to give even you guys like, i disagree has lab, all just, I totally like this marvel no movie. no it, it, it will work like, for it will work bullshit, for Geo. You know? It will work for Geo. It will work for everyone. That's the point. The, yeah, I think increasingly the voices and spaces in which we're going to start to see like dynamism. And I said this about eight, no, nearly two years ago I said this and I got like a lot of people like scolding me about it. But I think it's been proven far more correct than incorrect is that like actually like all these sort of formally sort of um dynamic sort of left-wing institute or you know these institutions of creativity are increasingly just like conformist institutions that prioritize you know like just conformity and don't allow sort of generative creative thinking or or real art you know yeah Yeah, okay no no, you you got increasingly that's the example amy you hit upon the example right there well yeah, so I think increasingly, like, new places and new voices start to develop, but, like, these are also, also things I think people very much need to pursue in, like, a meat space sense as well. So, like, mm-hmm. trying to actually do things collectively with the people in a local sense, which can then sort of up... Um, for, like organically as opposed to sort of starting out 
from a media space and then doing it top down. So I don't know. I, I think definitely like a lot more experimentation and a lot more emergence of places, uh, like voices and, you know, um, like different well, well, strains that, of creativity no, me, I think me, will come from this. unconventional, from yeah. unconventional. Wait, 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 wait. Gio, you know, Gio, even, even within ways. contemporary art, there's still mm. contemporary artists who are doing things that are ostensibly metaphysical on a lot of levels. I mean, I don't mean to lump it up, but just like someone said in the chat, um, everyone, um, uh, we tried cults in the 70s, Lev. Well, here's the thing. My problem is that you need, you need that solid sense of tradition because what happens... What we're seeing now is that the global left, uh, the capitalist overclass, which is its handmaiden, or rather, sorry, the other way around, um, they are strip mining a lot of older traditions of the quote unquote useful bits, meaning like just pure materialistic utilitarianism. And they are shoving out um, ways in which the workers, the, the usually the sort of a PMC, like petty bourgeoisie class they can become more accustomed to the fact that they're neoliberal cogs in the machine and so you get things like mind like corporate mindfulness and so what happened in my estimation was from the 70s till i would say around the 90s you had like the sort of re-integration of like new age politics into the general like global left but as time goes on especially during the 2010s they were increasingly secularized and they sort of adopted this total nihilism fedora tipping shit and so they slout off any sort of like pretension to new age thought even so they basically peeled off the fucking free to bed stickers from the hondas and they attached to it this like weird form of like terribly regressive like reductionistic um nihilism and, and you know so that that belies a greater like hyper politicized gnosticism in my opinion because a lot of these like movements that we're seeing which are like the hideous cryptids of the new left they're pretty much just gnostic in character in a lot of different ways i mean but that's you know that's my reactionary like eric vogelin take on it but i i just don't think that we can get back to the structure that while it would be a beautiful thing to have more people attend church with ugo i think that would be a wonderful thing the only problem is that that right now there's too many questions well our there's culture doesn't these... adopt like yeah you're right in, in a sense well, we're just totally well there's all these planets there's all these planets all these galaxies all kinds of things that are going on that people are I mean, questioning well, like why should i believe church, in this one thing church is basically i mean religion is basically something something that's kind of anchors people's beliefs and somebody did suggest to me recently that part of why maybe uh especially the far left clings on to these like radical kind of ideas and beliefs is is because uh it's replacing you know religion but you know religion doesn't have to be um <laughs> it doesn't have to be religion in people's lives it, it, it's meaning right and and i think meaning is the thing that's like really missing purpose meaning why are we why are we here and and so people are, are trying to cling on to these other things i think to an extent to give their lives meaning but you know meaning can come from causes and and you know family and all sorts of things right space exploration yeah. your business right um but for some reason people aren't um clinging to that and they don't have a sense of purpose and i think that's causing well, a, I lot think a lot of i think ultimately a lot of people are but definitely this sort of like top top 10 20 percent this sort of like you know affluent sectors of society have been sort of they've had that drill down at them 
Yeah, they've 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 had to gut it out of them, really. I mean, the the fact that like I mean, even the language of of like millennial TikTok post Tumblr like <laughs> kids saying like that's the religion of the colonizer and the settler. It's like I'm gonna embrace some like weirdo like hyper political appropriation of like an African hoodoo type of uh, no. See, neither of these culture. to me to me neither of these work, and I would definitely take the former as opposed to the latter. Uh, any day, just because, like, again, I went. To well, Lev, Buff has your thought, number in that in that regard. Uh, I'm pretty. I'm sure. Pretty sure. Five hundred pl- um, pl- uh, Jewish neuroticism plus five hundred hours of Robert Seffer videos equals Lev has it all figured out. Oh God. No, I do, I do have it all figured out. Really, honestly, truly. Oh. No, I no. I'm sticking to my guns here, gentlemen and ladies, because I do consider the guns in the terms more- of what? What do you? What's what? What's what's? I'm guns? sticking to my guns in terms of. I don't think that even though I think that there is a lot to gain from materialism, it's not going to be enough for people to say, well, there's going to be this meaning because of uh, this religion and these church fathers who have given us so on and so forth. For some people, it may work. I don't think it's going to be enough for a lot of people, especially not enough for a lot of uh, people within the intellectual class who are always, you know, bashing religion. They're always like, oh, this is just like a bunch of nonsense and people made up, which is why I think that the process of going inwards is the only way to actually just as much as you can in terms of uh, investigation to find out what else is behind the curtain, what else happens when you start peeling back the layers of whatever it is that you're used to. And the more that people start doing that, I think that it is going to help them not figure everything out like the 500 Robert Seffer videos, but at least get to a point where they have an intuitive sense that there's more going on than whatever would otherwise lead them to kneel down in the BLM rally. Yeah, but I think you could give people beta blockers to the same effect. It's not actually solving anything. These are just fucking hysterical neurotics. So I think ultimately what you're saying in terms of like self-introspection is that like these people are fucking off the ch- off the chain hysterical and like they actually just need to calm down. I think that's correct, but like I don't think you can I don't think well, meaning is found by searching people. inside yourself. Do you know what I, I mean? Th- like, I, I just don't no, think that I th- that's I th- where I one finds uh, meaning. I think it's both. I think it's I don't both, know. I uh, think there's a uh, and Plato. Both Aristotle and Plato were right here. Aristotle looks outside uh, to uh, figure out what are the things that are around me. I think there is a well of meaning inside oneself, but it's just the the capacity to find that has become severely complicated. The Todds have told us to look inside ourselves. Oh, yeah. And how many people actually do that? No, here's the problem. But what if if ultimately, like a lot of people, when they do that, there's not a great deal there? So what? Like, this isn't helpful. I think people need to actually look outside of themselves um, and create relationships and bonds with people. I think one things. helps the I think, I think trying one to find it inside yourself is a huge mistake. I think you just need to do things with other people and that's how many Actually, Amy, totally agree. I mean, not that you can't look inside, but but the idea of looking outwards, I think we are too focused on ourselves. I mean, that's what neurotic is, right? But it's the degree it's the level of it, it's going from sort of I think what Lev means is more of like in the sense of a truly um spiritual endeavor of the way that people like sure. uh, young and and uh, Gurdjieff and all of these great people sure. 
But the civilian restraints become weaponized against any sort of greater cohesive project yeah. that could benefit people on a, a sort of communal level. Because now when well, like well, when also, fucking also Jeff Bezos even- says, I do transcendental meditation, I think you got to be fucking skeptical of yeah. looking inside. Oh God, you know? doing that. I'm doing transcendental meditation. Oh, um, yes. Did Catherine Jeff pay $200, well, $200,000 for a seminar? I, I this don't. is why Catherine's here oh, right now. Okay. Catherine is here from the power of transcendental <laughs> meditation. <laughs> this is <laughs> doesn't uh, matter. But, you're, you're on the path already. Uh, yes, I am on the path to enlightenment. But, like, if you look at places around the world that are considered those blue zones, you know, um, I'm sure you've heard of the blue zones where people are their happiest. Um, the things that they often have in common is, is a sense of community. I think yeah. that would be one of the biggest things. And so yeah. I think a part of what's happening in our, yeah, what's happening in our society is that we really uh, we've lost that, right? We don't have this sense of community, which we we used to have a lot more. And and you know what? We're very individualistic, and I'm guilty of that. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm not somebody who likes to talk to my neighbors. I keep to myself, I'm I'm very private, but it is something that is missing and you know it doesn't have to be your neighbors but it could be i mean for some people it is their religious groups for other people it's their community of peers that they work with but but those aren't generally such strong relationships right uh family mm-hmm. families units used to be bigger and more more you know families often live together so we are missing that and i think that's causing a lot of the harm in our society including you know people especially like a spike in like mental illness because people are feeling lonely um yes. and, yeah, but you and gotta also- go to the amazon pod the the wellness <laughs> amazon pod for a few minutes mm, in your break stop it <laughs> no but that's but see here's the thing i think there is a genuine like i the extent to i agree with um orthodox marxism i think that it's true that throughout human history one of the fundamental forces of how people structure their lives itself is around labor and is around production is around what they do every single day even aristotle said that but at the same time i feel that what we're experiencing now is sort of a total detriment to the subjectivity of each person because now that like labor is entrenched in your political beliefs and your philosophic world in your Weltanschauung, now that um, labor has like capitalism has totalized the human experience in such a fundamental way to now when you work for a corporation, you're working for a lifestyle brand that you adopt like in Amazon. Yes. It's alienated you from other people, but also from yourself. Exactly. And that's even more crazy. Amy, I I also want to add a bit of a tangent to what I said earlier, because what I mentioned was leaning on more of the intellectual class as opposed to everybody in terms of who, would actually benefit from going inside because you're absolutely right most people should actually go outside meet other people start communities all that good stuff but no i think actually the bourgeois like these these shithead fucking symbolic analysts who see in their bedrooms like not their bedrooms or their offices whatever the fuck it is and pontificate about like what most people need this includes me. No, I'm not talking about the Elaine of the world. I'm not talking about pontificating. This has nothing to do with no, pontification. No, no, I understand that. But what I'm saying is, like, the particular people who I think are experiencing the greatest death of sort of sense of any kind of connectedness or meaning making 
is often the people of this sort of, you know, top 20%, the, the sort of petty, petty bourgeois status who've been indoctrinated yeah. from jump to sort of... Um, it, the, 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 the sort of strive at class I think a huge number of those people would do, do well to just join like a community gardening group or some bullshit like even if they don't believe in <laughs> church or they don't believe in other stuff like go do something that is not political that is getting connected with the people around you like I think that's actually like very much a good thing to do far more so than sitting around contemplating your navel because I think these people have like adopted a totally voluntaristic conception of well, meaning one yeah, that they also, yeah. adopt with their identity you There's know? also another issue, which is a lot of these people go to Burning Man and they do a lot of drugs. And I think that they always mix in the drugs together with the meditation and the uh, going within, which I think also fucks you up a little bit. I mean, maybe. I don't know. I would have to, like, depend on specific people, I think. Um, I I but I think small, also yeah. the I guess what you're sort of suggesting is that perhaps like you know uh, it's too easy to to sort of fetishize the idea of uh, like return to tradition, right. you know, yeah, um, that's what love because goes like on, in the contemporary well, but no but i think it's quite right actually then like we talked about this on the episode we recorded earlier and myself and oliver recorded with patrick deneen and sora bamari earlier oh, this oh, week wow. we you got both of them together yeah Jeez. yeah yeah oh, so we, but we thought yeah i'd want to yeah yeah, so we sort of explored some of these ideas, the idea that you can't just sort of port back into a previous a previous era. Of- you can't just, you know, yeah, the idea that like suddenly forcing everyone to go to church or something is going to sort of solve problems on some mass scale is kind of crazy. Like I think ultimately what, what needs to be done and what would actually improve people's lives short of, as they said earlier, some kind of meaningful, you know, <laughs> revolution is I think we need to start actually actually um number one like at least in a media space i think people just really need to calm the fuck down and stop pretending that people who are right are like quote-unquote on the right are fascists are crazy or like subhuman this is all garbage like everyone that i've met on the right is lovely and and that's not to say that everyone who is quote-unquote right wing is lovely but like these are just normal people who love their kids and, uh, you know, ca- like they're the same as you, you know? So just calm down. And I think that but if also, the media could calm down a little, that would be People make very a lot helpful. of assumptions, right? Because they don't have a direct engagements because everyone's kind of living yes. in their own bubbles, right? So they're not like yeah. asking They're seeming like today, Some I tweeted about this. There was somebody talking about how people are on the right. They're, they value capital over everything else. And, well, and no, we, that's the, like a fucking neocon version. No, I, I, My and friends I and I joke right. about this. We say that the right is just a specter of the left's creation. Like the, the what the left thinks about the right is literally like yeah. it's 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 a character they've created. Yeah. But it's the not, point is the point really, is like yeah. why not bother to ask? Like I actually am gonna get <laughs> annihilated for that, but I had taught had an hour and a half or two hour long phone conversation the other day with a uh, Trump supporter. Um, you know, we had a and he's very you know and i asked him why he supports him and all that stuff and asked him about his you know right position and all that and we had it and a lot of the things like if people actually heard him talk 
I don't think they would have such an easy time vilifying him. I think maybe they'll disagree on some things and that's totally fine. Because I think at the end of the day, we all, for the most part, most of us want similar things. We have similar goals and we just have some disagreements as to how we get there. And if we kind of talk to each other and work together, like we will find way better solutions that if we stick to our little corner and defend our, our opinions and thoughts, and it can only be this way no because you know that this is how ideas grow ideas grow because you know because they're challenged you want people to challenge your ideas at the end of the day or you're never gonna move anywhere that's how if you're progressive right (laughs) that's really what you want you want the challenge because you want to progress your ideas but also um (laughs) what Wyatt Hatcher in the chat said the post the post trad thing is people are starting to get it I think that tradition really is like I know it's a cliche but it's really like the preservation of a uh, eternal flame rather than the worship of ashes. People don't really get that. They don't get that. You can't just LARP the aesthetics of like, I'm like, like that tweet that blew up the other week. What was it? Like, you don't really want to go back to tradition. You just want to live in a farm and cream pie a 19 year old. I think that was the tweet. Remember it left? And, uh, <laughs> cream, sorry, cream pie, a gullible 19 year old. That was the tweet. Um, sorry, 18 year old, 18. Yeah. It's, it's true. Like, I think that you don't realize that in some ways tradition does imply a form of futurism in the sense that you were fighting for a noble, more spiritual vision and whatever manifestation that is. I mean, it is true that there are certain values I hold dearly, like certain family values and whatnot and certain religious principles. But at the same time, the particular instantiation of those matters not the aesthetics matter. I mean, the aesthetic kind of does matter in my opinion, but when it comes right down to it, this sort of like trad LARPing is not going to help people in the future because it's just an easy caricature to like point to some fucking, you know, um, 1488 griper uh, whatever saying oh yeah it's perfectly fine to beat your wife or whatever i don't know like here's one way to think about it i think like i sort of tried to explain this to some leftists a couple of years ago and uh, i I think the left and sorry catherine to sort of be pointing fingers at at orientations but this is kind (laughs) of true i think left is sort of basically substituted um, social conservatism conceptually with some revanchist notions about race and gender and yeah. sexuality. So, yes. so rather than recognizing that there could be any kind of sort of legitimate legitimately socially conservative orientation towards the world they hear social conservative and they think bigger racist yeah, sex they think racist they hate women yeah, yeah 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 totally and uh this, i mean don't get I me wrong a lot is, of they, some of them kind of do hate women and hate certain i'm boys. sorry but don't like no wrong, like but... a, a rich r- r- rich like aspirational striving psychos uh, have been the most virulently misogynist like uh, yeah, you know, Logan, this is this is a thing that extends across different political orientations. It's not unique or novel to any of them, um, and it's something that you just deal with, whatever. Um, I'll, I'll explain think- it this way. I explained this. I think were you involved in this thread? It was someone. I'm I'm trying to think of like a critic. Oh my God! Who was it? A friend well, of mine. While you're thinking of the critic, Gia, I just want to say I, I need to jump off. But um, nice to join you all. Nice to meet you, Amy, and see you oh again. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you for always <laughs> guys. Please follow Catherine on Twitter at uh, Myst- uh, Mysterious Cat. 
Catherine, it was a great pleasure to have you here, as always. And I want to Stay wish strong. you the very best. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Stay strong. I'm now on this pathway of um, truth. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I think it was, it may have either been not Bimbo Uberman. It may have been Bimbo Uberman, um, and it may have been the... Uh, I think you were in this thread. No, it was Sonya supposedly oh. where I said that um, the, the difference, like the reason that a lot of like these like post left, like whatever the term post left is, that's kind of a bullshit term. But like the reason a lot of like these women that were like former leftists, but like are getting traction on the online right. I said the reason for this is because um, when the right wing is like outright like open about their intentions and their views of like traditional society, especially in terms of like gender relations, there's sort of like a casual indifference to um, the feminine that gets instantiated. And so then you can like converse with women on their terms and you sort of like don't have a big hang up over it but when you're just like this groveling like nambla male feminist that like is always pained at pains to like oh am i inhibiting the feminine enough in my life it's like that's sort of like just code for like uh, it's it's a total kayfabe that underlies a serious form of like fucking creepiness in, in a lot of ways it's and the so, same as the race stuff like if you're constantly yeah. viewing everything through that prism like it's totally tyrannical yeah. and like anti-social psycho shit like yeah don't get By me way- wrong like i just i don't know it's also just retarded like women and men sorry to break it to you but like men and women have a tendency to be pretty different like in generalized terms yeah. of course they're uh you know at the periphery of you know some generalized thing called masculinity and the periphery of some generalized thing called femininity yeah there's going to be some overlap crossover whatever like you know but like it's just stupid to to reject a notion like for instance men are generally stronger than women yeah this is just objectively true and just yeah there can be some like very butch masculine heavyweight lifters females and like Ronda dandy, or, uh, dandy men who like of yeah. course there's like overlap between these two but just like cut the crap and so there could be the Nathan know, Robinson think- types uh- <laughs> oh by the way uh, re- real quick I just want to show you this is what I'm working on right now I'm almost done with it this is muscles this is uh, a digital painting that I'm doing so I just wanted to share this with you that's, uh, I also want to share something. Um, I guess we're wrapping up. Where are yes, we wrapping we are. up, Lev? Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's kind of late. I mean, it, it is um, pretty late. But, this and, is but an I want to show. Stream. Yeah, it's been so. I mean, the, going on this long, it's just been so incredible. But I finally got a chance to uh, print off a certain uh, woodcut. And oh, life. Before you end the see. stream, what did you? I want to send send one to Amy. Th- this oh. is. Uh, the Amy Therese print, the the well infamous, this is funny. That's yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, with my claw hands, yeah. Crazy uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, it's funny because I'm very inspired by. Um, speaking of women artists, I'm very inspired by Kathy Kolwitz, and I just I looked at that photo. I know it's not a very like flattering photo compared to the other ones. Um, And like, just I wanted to do a like a very stark like noton uh, type of photo, and I like the graininess because I purposefully used a very like, like for example, I'm using um, I'm converting over to better for like this is cherry 
uh, this is a little uh, beach wood cut of a beach near me. And like cherry just cuts like a fucking dream, like uh, especially with good tools. Like it just it's amazing. It's just what you cut is what you get. No even grain. But what I printed this on was a very shitty piece of birch wood that just fucking sinews all over the place. And the reason I did that is because I wanted that like stark grainy effect. And I think it came out beautifully. And this this print, by the way, uh was featured on i'm not going to mention the particular forum but one forum that has it out for you um and said that this was a very gay uh tribute to amy therese uh, in, in the amy therese cult so i was flattered by that um okay. and, no i love it i want to send you one of amy if i can um and that was so like, cool thank you <laughs> but as an artist is my obligation to uh never reveal anyone's personal information when it comes to shipping so i think um, oh yeah of course I'm not yeah yeah so don't worry that. your secret's safe like, with me um so if you want to give me <laughs> yeah i know if you <laughs> if you want to give me your sh- shipping information then I'll, i will gladly uh, i'll I glue this to a watercolor paper and then I send it nice and wrapped. And But yeah, so That's if anyone else wants you. it, yeah, you can DM me. But I'm working with Lev on a seller's website. It's just a cheap mm. little seller's website. And so, but if you want one, DM me. Um, and when I do get, finally get around to not being lazy to put stock on the website, then I will, that will be a feature. And it's also on my Instagram and my- uh, Can I just say like our little patch of Twitter, like the, when I first started like talking with all you boys a couple of years ago, I mm-hmm. was just like so blown away by just how like, just how much like creative energy there is in this like, oh, yeah. of people. Like it's so nutty, like amazing <laughs> fiction writers as well. Oh, yeah. Like it's just, it's very cool how much like energy yeah. there is there and just like uh, yeah i'm just so impressed by it constantly <laughs> like, yeah and, and, and a, shout out it, to zero hp lovecraft a great friend a good yes, personal zero friend of HP. mine yeah and is it a different energy than you've noticed from uh the left side of twitter like if you can compare energies here which i know we've kind of been doing all day but in terms of the artistic uh the artistic works yeah, like i so the whole thing of where sort of i migrated from being sort of very much conventionally quote-unquote on the left to just like i mean my apologies have ultimately i think remained the same in many ways and like my internal Mm. commitments but i just the people with whom i interact online and like the people i become friendly with very much more on the right like i I, and i've said this on my own podcast but i don't think it's possible to overstate um the difference between the two experientially like because the sort of transition happened almost organically like in terms of the people who started following me and it was just sort of like a slow process through which that change happened yeah um it's like it's like being on different planets it's really hard to like actually describe in terms that are useful but like it's it's totally different like you were saying the misogynistic like the misogynistic thing i remember this was um when you this was a few i don't think guys on the right are misogynistic i just don't i think casual sexism is healthy and normal and it's a yeah see that's your meta coming out right there um uh, no i remember it's just normal like it's it is yeah literally like i actually i I consider you of the like like I, I just i think everyone's a, probably a little bit like whatever but yeah but 
I have found that guys in the right are just fucking normal. Like, and yeah. Well, Amy, I consider you... He's normal and healthy. I'd, I find it so like, when, if, I'm sorry, but if a guy is objecting to a joke because it's, like, intentionally feminist, I'm like, okay, here we have a rapist. Like, yeah, we have exactly. sex year. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, like I it's consider, just normal to be Yeah, like, that. exactly. Like, I'll be open up front, Amy. You are such a, a lovely, um, beautiful, brilliant person. And and uh, very like attractive. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and I think uh, your, your sing-song voice is really quite lovely. But I remember one time, this was a, <laughs> this was a year ago. Yeah, um, this was a year ago. Um, but when you, before, right before you got banned, and this is a good illustration here. Right before you got banned, you came back, uh, YouTube reinstated, uh, YouTube, fucking YouTube. Um, Twitter reinstated you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Nathan Duppy. Nathan in the chat, good heavens, look at the time, simple clock. Oh, I love that. Um, no, <laughs> this guy, I remember this was a Chapo uh, Janny, if you will, that took a photo mm-hmm. of you, the one where it's like in this like prom dress. I don't know what it was. And uh, like, it was like under, like it was in the dark and like you have very pale skin. And this guy like went from a note for note critique of like oh every- Oh my God, yes. And it's like, I, I it was like a human that. anatomy where it had all yeah. the arrows off of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like like I, was- and you said you were a fucking weirdo. Get away from me. Like, but th- that type of thing. I remember another one where I think it might have been even like someone attached to Carl Bayer, where um the the same photo this that this originated from, where they said like, look at how like skinny and unattractive she looks, and oh my god, and and uh, you said listen bitch i'm not a fucking model that's not my role in life go like get off find something better to do yeah but like that level like like only like a creepy pederastic male feminist could take the time to like not even the most virulent like old school hammer of witches misogynist would take the time to like individually critique every little foible and flaw because these people are fucking gay yeah. They're fucking gay. Like they have I gay mindset. Believe- they actually like they're fags. Like I'm sorry. Oh no! No, no. These are not. Oh. This is normal. This is not no, normal behavior. They, they're like bitchy yeah. little queens. Like they've been totally. Yeah. Like their brains are broken. They don't. Yeah. Their brains <laughs> are totally broken. Their brains are broken. Their morals so are totally to, like, destroyed. Pay- yeah. They're so used to like paying for fucking interaction with females that it's like they've Liz Brunig is like mommy tradcast and then they have like some <laughs> on OnlyFans. And it's this yeah. whole binary of like where they just buy the commoditized version of the woman they want in the moment. And so like my refusal to go along with their bullshit just like makes yeah. them so fucking mad that they start interrogating like a product. Like I don't yeah. give a shit, bitch. I'm not like you. I, I, I'm not. I don't present, I'm not pretending to be a fucking model. Yeah. You're not some e-girl that uses her attractiveness to like fucking thirst trap these guys the way that these other like fucking like. No, I've been very actually yeah. trying much a deliberate strategy of mine yeah. to sort of not yeah. post pictures of yeah. myself. I want women to be able to like internalize the fact that you yeah. don't have to commoditize yourself and your body yeah. in order to have something to say and to the um, chat um so she said fuck she said people. yeah she said that casual <laughs> sexism is <laughs> yes. all right not casual sex i mean that's kind of 
but yeah i mean that's i think i agree with that it's like it's it's just i i feel it's a shame that like I hate to say it, but a lot of like the like alt light like Gamergate grifters, they sort of did that thing like now the um bread tube and like slash like left cath ones, they're doing like a more nuanced version of the thirst trap thing. But like Liz Brunig posting a picture of like breastfeeding with her feet, like she fucking knows what what that, they that all is. Know what she's doing. Yeah, they all, they know, all know, it, know and they all indulge in the kayfabe. This is all yes. everything left us yeah. is like means of catharsis. Like yeah. it's very much it's like they can't own anything that they're doing, so they have to pretend they're doing something else. Exactly. Like, bitch, I'm sorry, but if you post a picture, there's no reason to post a picture of yourself breastfeeding to two hundred thousand people. Yeah, unless you want to titillate yeah. them. And just look at she all the creeps what, that hang she, around with her. Like she the fucking knows exactly guy. what she's doing. She knows yeah. exactly what she's doing. No woman yeah. will post a picture of themselves breastfeeding without knowing that very specifically they're trying to tell it's a, fetish, a mommy fetish yeah just in, get in, a fucking grip do you not pretend otherwise yeah and i've actually always thought about these about these women who feel that it's some political statement to breastfeed or run around topless no bitch you enjoy getting but like you're an exhibitionist that's fine yeah, that's, you but like yeah. i don't have to indulge in your kayfabe here and pretend this is some like women's rights issue <laughs> you yeah. but like you're not you selling need to like deal with the response the that happens you yeah. know like just yeah just like stop and, lying and, and to the, yourself <laughs> and the fact that these male feminists they gotta fucking sell it like hulk hogan versus Shawn michaels where Shawn michaels is, like flipping all over the ring like just enthusiastic like you know what i mean like they gotta really sell the kayfabe and it's just like don't like because otherwise yeah. they, this is how they get pussy though these are yeah like, that's true to like but do they the get only pussy? way they can get girls is yeah by going to dsa full of freaks oh my DSA god is just like a sex pest club basically oh my god this is what, no, but that's what they do like these chicks are yeah. such like we, we had dominate the- these, these like gender relations are so retarded amongst these strata people that yeah. these like girl boss bitches yeah. of like what they've come to find attractive is like a little bitch that they can wrapped around the like oh, pinky finger terrible. for the most part but that's who is terrible. like seething who is like a seething predator a little, towards yeah, general yeah. And because they, they are, get so and mad because like mommy waifu is like yeah mommy under waifu. her thumb yeah, and it's they just love- like crazy, disgusting shit. I hate this shit. It's so gross to me. Like, I'm such a like bombastic. Like, I have all my like political opinions, whatever. But like, the idea that I want to be feel in any way superior to like, okay, so like, I said this one thing a couple of years ago. I got in so much trouble. Someone said like, oh, have you ever like, you know, would you date someone who earns less than you? Blah blah. I'm like hell no i wouldn't number one like i don't know very much so like i would like no i wouldn't but this is not to say that like i fetishize dating wealthy people i don't actually give a shit what kind of job someone does like i've i've dated people from different professions like i don't care like it it doesn't matter to me it's meaningless but like no i'm not gonna date someone who's fucking destitute which would basically be what you'd have to be to be like earning less than me but secondly it's just fucking emasculating 
I'm sorry. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I said at the time. I was like, no, too emasculating. Like, I don't want to wear the pants in a relationship. Sorry. Like, I'm, I, I, and this was just like the most scandalous thing. And I'm like, no, nah, this is actually pretty normal. It's totally fine to say it's pretty normal. Like, yeah. Well, in relation to mean this, we I have, have like revanchist ideas. It's like, no, actually, men and women have some pretty intuitive like gender relations that are totally fucking normal and have existed for a long time. And it has nothing to do with thinking that I'm not equal to them. Actually, like, of course, I'm equal to them so i don't need to prove that in the bedroom but you get Amy, what i mean like and then these ones because they we're intellectual equals i don't need yeah. to prove it in every element i'm not saying this is even pushing back but do you think that there should be a certain amount of time where we should kind of watch to make sure that women are treated equally in the workplace or wherever what or do you, do you think that time's already because there was this whole idea that back in the no, 90s i don't, I don't believe in affirmative action okay if that's what you're asking yes that is what i was asking but i am curious how no. do you see that whole dynamic uh, working out before what dynamic? Well, feminism was funded by the ford foundation to uh basically I'm not split a feminist. the workforce i've never i'm i've never pretended to so be. so this uh, so this is what i'm curious about then when it comes to women in the workplace the way they were treated versus the way men were treated was there a certain amount of inequality regardless of whether the woman was just as good as the man as far as how she was treated in the workplace let's say 20 years ago 30 years ago Silence. I don't know what's going on right now. I don't know if Amy is uh, still here or something happened. I don't know if Amy is thinking, but this is a really strange silence. I'm going to use this time to ask everybody to subscribe right now. I hope that Amy is going to come back. I'm not sure why no sound is coming out. So. Oh, God, look what Buff said. Some chat... Uh oh, she dropped. Maybe the connection. Ooh, yeah, probably. Yeah. Some Chapo guy will screen record the stream and our chats will live forever on some hard drive. Oh, maybe. Oh, my God. Hopefully. Yes. I did want an answer to that question. I, mean, I hope she comes back just so we could uh, wrap this up as well. And I'm not putting myself on any side here. I'm basically trying to figure out there was a certain amount of inequality that women ended up experiencing as far as how they were treated within the workplace. Yeah, like, well, I mean, that's there There was like a lot of like overt, like, you know, sexism, like, yeah, yes, there was. And so but my like, question but like, is, to, like, to like how do we balance point, that out? Yeah. But like to Amy's point, like the, the same ones that fetishize this like groveling, like mommy, like mommy, uh, waifu, AOC, like total like groveling deference. They're the same dudes that like pay for like fucking the most degrading forms of pornography imaginable. And it's like they have a very like fucked up relationship towards women and they like always go around saying incel 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 but like really like come on dude like yeah like i mean it's just it's so crazy to me yeah it's no, really like only, dysgenic you know the only incel for me is the inability to sell one's uh, stream given the opportunity so i'm going to use this time right now to sell btr to the people who are watching this who know amy <laughs> therese who only discovered btr today listen we have a patreon patreon.com slash break the rules and when you become a no, member don't of the say Patreon, that that's it please so go on for another hour go go ahead love go ahead no i'm gonna control myself it's fine so when you have the patreon and you have the patrons you have the rewards 
for $5, you get access to secret episodes that are only going to be shown to the patrons, and that's it. It's on listed YouTube channel, uh, whatever. Uh, the next one is Discord. Discord benefits gives you a secret Discord area for only the percolators, as they are called. Those are the $5 tier patrons. $20 gets you that. Plus, where is it? Right over here. Definitely legit. You know him. You love him. Arf, 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 oh, arf. Oh, God. <laughs> park, 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 park. Definitely legit. You guys need to get these wooden magnets. My father makes brilliant-looking wooden magnets out of cherry, out of oak, out of all the great trees. And uh, $30 gives you not only the wooden magnet and all the stuff we mentioned, but Giovanni Panacchietti's absolutely beautiful prints from the TFW No GF series. And Amy Therese is back with us and $50 no, and $50 patronage gives you all of the above plus a custom wooden magnet plus Jules's beautifully uh, painted Warhammer 40k figures plus another plus painting another, by me yes and the Bob Ross style so you get everything plus you will get a poster print of any episode that you like that's just true just going back to all their hello? poster prints hello Yes. Yeah? yes oh sorry about there. that sorry I lost my internet connection no, no, no problem oh no problem I at first, I thought that you were just taking an incredibly long amount of time thinking about how to answer the thing. I mean, it's just the mm-hmm. question itself. It's not really that big of a question. It's more of I'm trying to find what the right balance is as far as yeah. even though men and women are different as far as workplace relations go. Because from what I understand, 20 or 30 years ago, there was still some you know inequality when it came to how women were treated in the work environment uh, different from the men and so i'm just trying to figure out like can there be any harmony here as far as uh, yeah and glass cake said shout out to glass cake oh yeah i feel for the incels because people refuse to see them as a symptom rather than just a cause of personal agency yeah i agree definitely um internet connection australian internet connection nathan don't you know the Aussies are the most prolific internet trolls despite their bad internet connections. Yeah. So, um, it's it probably, you, know, time. you know what it was? Chip posting was, time. Yeah. <laughs> it was probably a koala. Oh. It was probably a koala that was chewing on her internet. Why? <laughs> probably. <laughs> Thought it was a Definitely. piece of bamboo. Or no, what do they eat? Yeah. The koalas. They eat bamboo. They eat no, 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 no. They eat, they eat gum trees. They eat gum trees, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like Australia has a prolific uh, tradition of landscape painters. Um, for some reason, like they just know how to paint a gum tree better than anyone mm. else. And uh, yeah, there's really, really like, like I think a lot of American trends sort of just went to Australia in a lot of ways. Like, like sort of the more American style of like rural, um, total like rural impressionism as opposed to Europe. It's like almost it's like a lot of shit that came from Europe. It's like Australians they just like learned it from America first <laughs> instead of you well, know. I think it's yeah, it's interesting. Like I very much think you're yeah. quite right to point out the extent to which sort of I, I think Australia wouldn't be what it is if it weren't for the states because that yeah. sort of like that egalitarian classlessness of Australia is very much I think something that the states and and I guess France to be honest yeah. sort of 
um, pioneered much more so than was the case in England. And I think it probably helped also that we were populated largely at the beginning with like fucking prisoners, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, we're a penal colony. Like, yeah. <laughs> so there's very much like a yeah. no bullshit. Like, I mean, the one thing I have always liked about Australia is that, and, and again, like I went to uh, by like for all intents and purposes, it was actually like a very privileged, like school full of relatively rich kids, full of rich kids, not relatively, like a very elite school but um i like the vast majority of people's parents like even people you know who are sort of in very elite positions within australian quote-unquote high society whatever like most people are not arrogant or pretentious or like i don't know i think that actually is something very cool about australia that is like an unpretentiousness that i think is even like it's something I've I noticed very dramatically in the States, actually, the extent to which like, people are just so fundamentally like hostile and condescending to people who don't sort of live in the cities or share their experience. So it's, a, it's a, sort yeah, of a tradition in way. Australia of like, yeah. yeah, of much more sort of like valorizing like the, you know, the Aussie farmers and like the dairy farmers and like producers who are actually the ones who like keep us fucking fed. Like that's very much like ingrained in the Aussie culture and like you'd never hear sort of you know people in the cities don't sort of do that thing that often happens in at least with the like pmc people in the states in terms of just like denigrating people is deplorable and shit that really doesn't it's not so much of a thing here which is i think good (laughs) we're much more similar to like britain america and canada because we have like we don't have like well-defined like class based politics but we do well i mean Mm in some regards we do but we still have like the sort of like regionalism of like if you're in a big city you're like an arrogant motherfucker and you're like like people like like i live relatively close to toronto for a year oh yeah part of a year oh yeah yeah. it's on the west coast so so it's different Mm. it's different yeah yeah Yeah. it's down home people they're more similar to like southern people in america or like people in australia whereas like if you go up here to ontario or montreal forget about it those people (laughs) are living a different world um (laughs) the quebecois yeah montreal is amazing except for the people but like oh i hate to say like i don't see all of them but yeah look at this comment from no one i'm no us ontarians are not better man we're fucking terrible yeah thank you this was this is my uh I have a bunch of Hawaiians. This is my big guest one. This is the one I wore for both of the uh, Alexander Bard streams that were nice. just legendary. By the way, we should get a uh, Alexander Bard with Amy Therese. I think that would. I wonder be pretty... what that would look like. That <laughs> who's Alexander Bard? Part of my ignorance. He's so he um, a philosopher. One of the most popular uh, philosophers in uh, in in uh, Europe, Northern Europe. What what well, sort of philosophy does he do? He he was the one that basically pioneered like a, a plah, pioneered a lot of um like cybernetics and internet philosophy like away from silicon ah, valley he came gotcha. up with the term netizen netocrat sorry right. and in okay. him and his uh partner um peter uh sonderquist um they both have these huge trilogies they have this trilogy of philosophy books where they basically map out a like digital society what it would look like and and they predicted like to their credit they 
totally predicted a lot of trends that were going to happen like in the early 90s before it had like the internet truly took off for like most people so um and mm. he's such a pleasure to talk to and Definitely. i know he's like a bit crazy but it's like uh he's like totally canceled the best bro. people are yeah this is what i find yeah. so objectionable about council culture it's like actually yeah. like the idea that you want all of your like creative energy to exist in some fucking safe little box where you can like yeah. just consume it you fucking consumers you're all such consumers like yeah. no like they they all want their like you know their coffee without the caffeine their milk yeah. without the cream like they want everything without exactly. the edge or whatever and these and things are so implicit within yeah. the thing like you wouldn't have me without like ranting and rumblings and like all the yeah. fucking annoying parts that make me me exactly you know, you so yeah. you go off and that stream we did i highly recommend amy um it was um a bit of a mix-up from the first one but the legendary um stream individual versus the masses me of course lev and me paul town logo joel davis my good friend john pellich and bard and joel davis he actually is from australia he kind of lives fairly close to you too so um oh really whereabouts yeah um like in the hills of sydney pretty much like that's yeah like, um like which part oh i have like, to ask the specific yeah i don't um, know if this would be doxing or yeah, not but he's got oh, great right. sorry my bad yeah i didn't mean that yeah, yeah. like that uh, by the people, way my favorite thing about chat, this painting we're saying can you like amy post your uh post your address in the chat for us oh, like oh boy. my god yeah. oh, <laughs> oh and by the way amy my father drew the uh painting over here uh painted the painting he's an, visual he's an painting illustrator of yeah yeah, of these uh, characters here. And my favorite oh, really? part is the uh, mustache so that that logo has of the uh, smoke. The yes. smoke rings <laughs> and his jewel. Yeah. yeah. That was a great one. That was a legendary stream we did. Um, and it was, a, I really, literally cried at the end. I, I felt like we achieved a moment, you know. And uh, that's always, I think, as people meet each other, like all across the spectrum, the autism spectrum. Uh, it's just like so. Right. Yeah, it's so amazing. Like, I think all of us have a driving force within us on a deeper spiritual level. And we always want to accomplish something, whether it's in the discourse and the work of art and writing. We all want, we all strive to better ourselves and to hopefully bring each other along the journey. And as, as Break the Rules grows, What's Left podcast grows, as all of us, um, we're all in a quest for recognition in a deeply, um, sort of Hegelian zeitgeist sort of sense because the recognition that we derive from what we do um it like at least when i was growing up that was a big problem um i just had in terms of like the recognition of what we put out there in into the world and i think that really it motivates us and not to like totally romanticize this as like oh we're some t like terribly subversive underground we're the rebels. best podcast in the world yeah. right now geo we yeah, really well, are no, but that's Nobody, what i mean like well with, next yeah. to, next to what's left pod yeah next to what's left pod we're but the without best. romanticizing it i feel <sighs> that <laughs> we, we, there's all a drive there's a driving force inside of us and it doesn't matter how much funding and how much astroturf our enemies have there's a spirit within us that will they'll never break us they'll never buck break us and so <laughs> it is like someone mentioned the chat like yeah but Vouch has millions of views. i don't fucking care if Vouch has millions of views and millions but of like, 
like, I'm sorry, but who gives yeah. a fuck? Fuck him. This like, is what I think is so like fucking funny to me that like yeah. people <laughs> like low, quite, common people like grab my Patreon figures and compare them to trappers. He says so he's some kind of own. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, but fucking two and a half men plays every night on TV syndicated for twenty years. I'm aware. Like, what's your <laughs> point? Like just like I'm not, oh, I'm God. not trying to, I'm not trying to be like you feel good heat of the fall. Like yeah. at first, if I'm literally like pathologically allergic to that, is like my yeah. entire engagement in that political scene for the last two years is proven. Is that at every turn when I could have leaned into, I like. I was cl- like, I had one foot in that door. I very much could have leaned into it. I didn't, yeah. like, I actively chose not to, for one yeah. thing. Secondly, like, do you know how motherfucking easy, like, I've spoken to a friend who's like a heavy hitter in advertising and marketing, and he and I joke all the time. He's like, bitch, do you know how easily we could turn you into, like, a left-wing ethnot <laughs> that had, like, yeah. return to go. the fold? This, like, <laughs> prodigal son bullshit. Doing I a podcast like, with uh, Hassan Piker, right? Yeah, oh, shit, like that, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, I just, yeah. I couldn't think of anything worse. And I recognize that, you know, in a market arena, there's only, you know, uh, authenticity quote-unquote is a market commodity too it is so let's not kid ourselves but like i have found it so much more generative speaking with people like you guys and others and sort of just like conversing with people who are not like um constantly policing one another's speech and one another's thought like if you control language you do control thought like orwell was right about that like if if you constantly foreclose discussion foreclose things based on certain phrases like i don't know i've never wanted to say slurs in my life but like increasingly these days they almost think there is something to be said for the people who just say get fucked to all of the restrictions on everything you know like and and that's not out of some weird desire to say the n-words it's just out of like this kind of you don't get to control <laughs> it's me not a racist jurisance no any of that bullshit like honestly and this is what i find so crazy about all of it is like if i wanted to say the n-word and say the n-word like, I just, it's not some, like, thing that he's, like, holding me back. You know what I mean? It's just so indignant. Yeah. These people are so, like, so constrained by reality that they project it onto people. Like, if I wanted to do that, I would do that. But I do think there's something to be said about actually, like, rejecting it wholesale. Like, you don't Even have like to this. conform to any of that bullshit. Like, increasingly, yeah. I think something that's just driven me a little bit nutty lately is that... um the whole like gender shit in relation to children i'm sorry but it's just it is just child abuse to be giving a double mastectomy to a 13 year old child yeah i'm sorry yeah i just don't think that we need to pretend like do like this is fucking abusive children should not be able to consent to inalterable medical procedures as children Like, I'm sorry, but 13, 14, 15, these are some of the most, like, inherently rocky periods in a child's life when they're trying to figure out who the fuck they are. Their brains are retarded. Kids are retarded. I was a retard until I was at least 25. I'm still probably, like, 90% retarded, just not quite as much. Like, let children be children. uh, Stop pulling the rug out from fucking underneath them, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, People were wondering your age, but that's kind of inappropriate to ask. uh, Never ask me. 
I'm, well, you already did, Gio. You did just that. You're 30? I'm 30 until I'm 40, you see? <laughs> okay, yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> um, oh, and, I, and I have a final question for you, by the no, way, Amy. Oh, but one, one last okay. observation. Okay. It's funny, okay. like, the hysterics uh-huh. of it. And then, oh, sorry, love, but you mentioned uh, Kushbaum, our good friend Kushbaum. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> I remember one time he was in this documentary in, on Netflix about the alt-right, you know, back when they existed, right? Um and he oh, had this, the Angela one that yeah um, with the fat guy. Request. Yeah, I'm I mean, fat, I think like, you know, actually, yeah, go ahead. Pretty good. I mean, it's been a couple of years since I saw it, like quite a few years. Like I would have seen it maybe 2017 or 2018 when it came out. Um, I don't think it. But made, yeah, anyway, it sorry, wasn't the Angela on. one. I think it was another. Oh, like, I see. Okay, one. gotcha. No, the Angela gotcha. Nagel one was like. I mean, as much as I kind of disagree with like some of the like diagnosis of the growth of like far right politics in Angela Nagel's book. And certainly if she comes on the podcast, that's something we could hash out. Um, yeah, cool. And, and uh, like her recent one with Alice Kashuda, I like, I totally loved. And she was talking a lot about what you're talking about, like political identity. But I remember Kushbaum. He was, uh, for those who don't know, that's the stupid fucking pothead nickname of Matt Christman of Chapo, who is the, the, the puppet master. Um, he had this interview at the very end, because God forbid he got interviewed on camera, where he said it was this documentary basically like chasing around Richard Spencer and like Jared Taylor. And it's like some hokey bullshit right and and like i mean i'm not gonna say no more about richard spencer i'm not gonna get in trouble but um yeah yeah it was like this activist thing like and at the very end they interviewed matt christman and he said that um you know these people when the environmental catastrophe happens there's people that are going to choose to uh give all the resources to everyone and embrace the world while we have time left and then there's people that are going to close the borders and choose genocide and it's like Matt Christian's a fucking bourgeois sociopath. I'm sorry. Yeah, like, like I remember the clip where he talked about you specifically. He's like, Amy Therese just has to go offline. It's like, what are you like? I just no. I, I'm sorry, <laughs> but I'd just been booted off Twitter. I'd been banned for two months. Yeah, I'd just been back for a week. These people can't handle any criticism <laughs> whatsoever, fucking ever. And so, rather than being able to deal with any, like this whole everything yeah. that happened last year is part of a, a very concrete political campaign. I have chat leaks. I have vlogs. I've shit that like I know exactly what was happening, and I'm so bored with their pretending that it was just like, yeah. oh, this is all just a fucking accident. Fuck off. Grow up. I've seen yeah. the shit. I know what. Get out of my face. Like, I just. To my mind, I think it's totally cruel to make like to fuck with people's heads, to be nasty and constantly insist that things that that are actively political are personal. You know, like yeah. if I disagree with someone politically, this has always been my thing is where like I would even quote tweet them, say why I disagree. Here's why. Here's the the, the political stakes that are that are you know right. being contested here. And the left is pathologically unable to do that because ultimately its political positions are fucking indefensible. 99% of the time their position's indefensible. And so instead of defending them, 
they police everything in yeah. and around them to prevent any kind of contestation of ideas. Well, look they have to frame the discourse. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Look at how they're losing their minds because Chris Rufo has managed to basically like pin the tail on the donkey in terms yeah. of like, giving a name to this thing. Like it's yeah. it's short. At, at first, I was like, I don't know if it's necessarily like critical race theory as such that's doing this. Well, but right. no, that's not even the point. The point is to be able to have a fucking target and take aim at it. It doesn't matter exactly. whether that necessarily typifies exactly what's going on. You know, it doesn't matter whether that's and the other thing about all their bullshit theories is 90% of the people who are in the sway of this thing we call critical race theory have probably never read any of that bullshit. That's no. got nothing to do with it. They it's can't even get like the most effect. It doesn't matter whether yeah. you call like so, but they're just yeah. so mad because they're so used to turning their own politics into jello that you can that <laughs> trying to pin them down is like trying to pin you know nail jello to a wall. Yeah. And this they is can't even I get their find, own basic yeah. like they can't even read Foucault properly. Or else they Wait, would know no, that they I don't know. do the reading and Wait, no, they, they read do, uh, bell hooks. Help. Isn't Bell Hooks one of the... Nobody reads any of that crap. None of them do the reading. None of them have done any of the reading. I can guarantee you that. I learned it the hard way. Yeah. Oh, wait, 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 wait. You were mentioning uh, Rufo, uh, Christopher Rufo. What is the situation? I think that the way that people smear him is like fake and gay. Like, I'm sorry, but if you think that children should be taught that white people are evil and that like black people are magical, you're fucking (laughs) retarded and an idiot. Like, I'm sorry, but it's sicko shit to be teaching children to feel bad about their race and like make me like i'm sorry you don't need to teach racial theories to children just let kids be kids you fucking sickos i'm so done with that like in relation to the gender shit in relation to the race shit let children be children you fucking sickos and but to to christ complicated oh oh and And also you know who else and christian's a sicko he's evil he fucking hates people just like him he hates the chuds he grew up in a fucking midwestern (laughs) town he grew up in a midwestern town and thought he was better than everyone around him yeah, that's from a terrible. very early age because he's a fucking narcissist. Yeah, and so he convinced yeah. himself that he's better than anyone in this small mm. podunk town. Yeah. And then he went to the city and he made a fucking true with his stupid little podcast because it's good for the libtards to elevate <laughs> some idiot like and they that get fun, who have they no get real beliefs the and they just act as, this, act as this like, oh, I'm one of the good ones. I'm one of the good white people. I'm one of the good midwives. I remember so one time. The good right things. I'm a nice a people. Good people. Good nice people and people on the right are the mean people. It's like, can you just grow up and you fucking infantile moron? Like, yeah. It is so fucking infantile. It's disciplinary Fuck. bullshit. It's it childish. He doesn't have any coherent beliefs that last day to day because they say one thing this week and, and it goes right out the other like, window. These people are literally like they these are created by Silicon Valley. That's why they're so successful on those platforms because every day when they log on, every tweet's a new tweet. Everything's like buried under twelve layers of irony. There's no there there. These are just vessels for ruling class ideology to be. It's in the way that they treat. Yeah, and the way that they treat, like, the media treats Chapo, it's like, oh, what are we going to do with these little rascals? <laughs> but the, to Christman's point... The thing that point- pisses me the fuck off is when they try to, like... Okay, there's this very d- ongoing thing where 
you left like fake cancels interiors to yeah. kind of help shore up the boundary. And I think Claire Lehman and Colette is one aspect of the way the libtards do this, but yes, less yes, do this yes. with the choppers. And so it pisses me the fuck canceling. off when people it's mention like when, me when you're in the same overblown. sentence as that motherfucker who's been policing me for years. Like the people yeah. who get who like are the the strong like people like Matt Christman are the actual bulldog god dogs yeah like yeah. of leftism and so the idea that you would mention me in the same sentence this is why i was so cognizant last year differentiating the, fuck the hippies people, like the red brown Maca- hippies sean mccarthy and yeah, the choppers, yeah. all this shit because we had they sean were doing a very recently. discreet political function yeah he's nice enough but like yeah but i mean i've said what i said about him it's fine well, yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean oh, i don't look, know look, what was say whatever about whatever, matt christman i remember one time <laughs> One of his jannies came into my mentions because I like pointed to him and he's like, Oh, look at you, buddy. It's like, listen, listen, I I I'm fat. I'm fatter than Matt Christman, and I look schlubby like him, kinda. But to his point, I think that he's a total fucking lunatic narcissist. But at the same time, like, okay, that clip that I pointed out to in the documentary, I think that it's a very complicated situation. I think he does have a, a, a brain. Um I don't. I, I think it's a complicated situation because it is true that to just shut off the world. I don't, by the way, I don't think he's bright. I think he's just like, I think actually it's all just like totally fake and narcissistic bullshit. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's hard to tell. I don't think he's bright. I think he can see illusion yeah. of it, but I think he's a fucking idiot. So. <laughs> no, but what I mean is I think that his sentiment about like, um, like choosing genocide. I mean, the, first of all, that word is mis- misnomer, but it is true. I mean, the West has like brutally exploited the underclass of the the developing world and to just like if there was an equal no, like, I, I reject think- that sorry no um it's not oh, bad for the quote-unquote developing world for them to be like exploited by people of their own races bullshit capitalism is about class it's not about right. race all the racial shit comes afterwards to justify relations of domination it is not countries that dominate other countries no it's the force Working of people capital get subjugated by people who own shit and this whole like siding it's some tanky shit to side with the bourgeoisie of quote-unquote like the developing self i'm sorry bitch that's just i'm sorry but it is no better for an employee <laughs> like for a subjugated worker they don't give like it doesn't make your fucking job any better if right, the person right. has the same color skin as you right that's just fucking insane because, and that's, it, that's sort talk. of like a weird um, like, like left wing third, like a Marxist third they world. They all do it. It's these fucking yeah. like Maoist third world is liberation. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, the right does it too. To it's the bullshit they pull in relation to Palestine. I'm like, sorry, just because Palestine isn't highly developed doesn't make any of these less of a class. Co- like the it, yeah. Uh, just anyway. Like I'm no fan of what the state of Israel is doing, obviously, but it's you know. The state of Israel is like a, a, essentially like a proxy force for a bunch of inter-imperialists. Like all that, the whole tension there is inter-imperialist. It's backed by different imperialist blocks on each side. Yeah. Like it's, yeah, all the way through. Pretending this is some like eons old, like ancient battle Racial about religions or some libel. fucking like it's, intimate it's not a, fucking it's not like an inherent thing. racial shit. No, it's literally like both sides in that conflict are backed by huge imperial blocks on each side. It's beneficial to both, like to the bourgeoisie of Palestine and the bourgeoisie of Israel. 
to keep things as they are, which is why they right. remain as they are mm. for decades I mean, upon true. decades I, upon I, decades I say, upon decades bit, upon decades. I say there's a bit more going on here, but I realize that this is going to turn this stream into uh, a, a Mr. Hyde instead of a Dr. Jack. Well, I think you know the, the only about. thing I would suggest is that I think that while uh, it's very easy to get... Um, to conflate sort of what might animate individual people on the ground versus what is actually like producing the conflict in you know for example for example you could look at the korean war and ask like were there corporations that were benefiting from the korean war from yeah, america being so. there of course yeah, there, there was, was. Yeah. but at the same time to the individual korean who lived through that period and then lived through the period of uh you know, reconstruction, education that the American military was able to provide, I'm sure that they were pretty grateful for America having been there instead of Korea getting taken over by the communists. Yeah, so, but at least in North Korea, at least North Korean women don't, like, post emojis of, like, the tiny thing to emasculate uh, their... Uh, yeah, 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 okay. Wait, by the way, speaking of North Korea... <laughs> I know there's no uh, comparison. Ha have I'm, you seen that uh, Fox News appearance of that North Korean defector who said that Columbia University was worse than North Korea? Oh, my God. Have you seen that? Amy, do you know what we're talking about? I haven't seen it, but I think you're talking about, uh, is it Sunyi Park? Yes, Yeah, it's Sunyi is. Park. Or maybe yeah. A, yeah, something to that effect. I think I got a first yes. name wrong. Sunyi. Um, yeah. Yeah, I remember, I, I'm pretty sure I had an exchange with her on Twitter a few years ago when she was in Australia. I remember her coming on um, Q&A. Yeah, she seems so smart and insightful. And I think... Mm. Well, um, well, let the, me actually read I this for the, you because I have it here. Like, yeah. North Korea and these other like um, types of states are very much like a Stalinist totalitarian capitalism. And that's what I, I think people don't get, that like it's all been capitalism. It's all been state capitalism. That's Korea's, that's what the USSR was, that's what China is. That's what the left is. They are Stalinists. Well, no, 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 but they are Stalinists in the way they do politics. Everything is murky in dark yeah. rooms, behind closed doors, with the lights out. They're fucking mm. murky in the dark. In the, in the, uh, in the culture. Uh, sort of, yeah. Oh, so her yeah, name is Yeonmi Park, such... by the way. Yes, that's it. Yeah, Park. And she, yeah, and yeah, she yeah, says yeah. over here in the interview, I expected that I was paying this fortune, talking about Colombia, all this time mm. and energy to learn how to think, but they are forcing you to think the way they want you to think park said in an interview with fox news i realized wow this is insane i thought america was different but i saw so many similarities to what i saw in north korea that i started yeah. worrying and she talked about how she uh, during orientation she was scolded by university staff member for admitting she enjoyed classic literature such as jane austen i said i love those books i thought it was a good thing recalled park then she said did you know those writers had a colonial mindset they were racist and bigots and are subconsciously brainwashing you. It only got worse from there as young This is all projection. Can I just say everything that these people say is they're just projecting. That's what they're yeah. doing. It's just projection. Yeah. It's it's to the point where they'll take like um who who's the guy that wrote um Things Fall Apart? Where he said like uh Conrad uh, Oh, what's his James name? Twice. The South Africa. Yeah. He said like that uh Conrad's I think so, yeah. Huh? He said that the Conrad's Heart of Darkness was the most racist book in the world. It was literally about how British colonialism not only fucked over British society as so proper or like turned like the colonial into this weird shamanic figure that is destined to fail, but 
almost like totally destroyed um, the cultural significance of the Afri- the Congolese people. I think it was in Congo, the Heart of Darkness. So they're taking literature. They've totally bought in for all the good points that he's made, which some of which I agree. They've totally bought in this fucking Edward Said thesis of exoticism. You know what I mean? That that that's how they operate with like the no cultural appropriation. Now the people like fucking Edward Said and all these other motherfuckers, these Kambahi river collectors, the intersectionalists, the critical race theorists, all yeah. these motherfuckers. This is what annoys me the absolute most, is that that was a very discreet period in American history from sort of the sixties through to yeah. now, but very much the sixties through eighties, where you could cut an insanely lucrative career for yourself and even get like entire buildings sort of named after you, entire faculties started for you and your friends. Yeah, it's Just true. by it fucking happens. crying about racism and like the excluded epistemology of you and your people. And so then you just make up this whole body of absolute shite that has no intellectual worth whatsoever. And then you just like basically create like cults worth of students yeah. who like sign up bullshit. And it that's what critical race too. Theory, critical yeah. race theory is completely ridiculous. So is intersectionality. So is like all this bullshit. Like all of it. It's just junk. And like yeah. I think if you deny the fact of where this stuff came from and just ignore all of it, like then yeah, it's easy to put it. Well, it was like today like- someone was going after Angie Speaks. Um, who's the fucking Brie Ebra, the one that took sh- that works for Shell. Nicole Hannah Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But her name is like Ebra Wallace. Nicole what? Hannah Jones. Yeah, yeah, Nicole yeah. Nicole Hannah Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where someone's like, oh, if just you say Nicole. it three times, it's like Beetlejuice. <laughs> Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Yeah, Nicole Hannah Jones. Because she took oil money, that means that um, capitalism doesn't exclude race. It's like, fuck off. Like, she took like one directly correlates to why she's saying the things she says you're not going to take money from fucking shell and bp if you're not pushing like a this is all agenda. This, well this <laughs> well this that battle all happened within like the left over the past few years and they're just yeah. like it's like they're rehashing sort of a diluted version of it this cycle and it's so fucking funny to watch this whole like class first race bullshit like yep. it's just ridiculous like the current like the U.S., this this white supremacy meme is a lie. The U.S. Congress is the most racially diverse it's ever been in history, and every the past few Congresses have been the same way. Like for the past like twenty years, every Congress is more racially diverse than the last. Like yeah, they instituted a bunch of laws in the mid to late sixties that it's taken sort of a generation for right, the ramifications to filter through the institutions in terms of the changeover. And yeah. that's what's been happening this entire time. And this whole like Black Lives Matter like revanchist racialism is literally a result of successes, not of any kind of ongoing fucking white supremacy. I'm just sick right. of the lies. Like there is thirteen percent African American representation in U.S. Congress. I don't know. Maybe you missed the memo. Maybe it's just me. But like the idea of assuming that like a black Congress member speaks to quote unquote black people, like 
is literally like to me to my mind like fucking racist like yeah. it's some racist style shit thinking that the melanin in someone's skin means they can mm. magically be like a black or, person whisperer or, 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 that's so fucking yeah. ridiculous like that's or, crazy or this oh, idea yeah. that's it like or, or this oh, Yasper idea of, like, says what, Amy's going to get so much flack for this stream oh uh, well, maybe well or, or this idea of like a black shit. this is shit that I yeah. I don't care just say what's actually true that all this stuff is a lie Nicole Hannah-Jones and Ibram Kendi <laughs> All these people are fucking hoteps. I'm sorry, but like I'm done with pretending anything well, they're saying is normal or healthy. Well, it's fucking big shout retarded. out to Hotep it's Sophia ridiculous. though. I respect Hotep Sophia. She's a great friend of the show, and uh, I think you guys would actually get along a lot. But she's also against a lot of uh, you know the uh, yeah. Ibrahim she hates uh, Nicole Angel Jones. And, yeah, definitely. Yeah, no but, doubt. Um, but uh, but when it comes to even something like acting, why you know if they're talking about like a the black voice, people, that's what they yeah yeah or like any. One of the, it's just so ridiculous. What does like, acting what, what, white mean? Exactly, it's so stupid. Because, was it acting white when all of a sudden you know you had uh, black people who after the Civil War were like starting you know communities and building up based there on There was so much mutual saw. like black and white people working together in exactly. the South, especially in early in Reconstruction. It took the state having to, all these states having to implement like hardcore Jim Crow measures to actually yank people apart and force mm. that. Like it's totally yeah. natural for people to work together. The The segregation is something that's imposed top down and they've been trying to do it, I think, both in terms of ideologically, especially over the past 10 years, but increasingly what I worry about a great deal with this open uh, uh, Biden bullshit and one reason why I actually am um, I do think Chris Rufo's project in terms of getting that bullshit out of out of children's classrooms mm. is very important because if you can create yeah. that segregation materially which I think a lot of this segregated policy making is starting to do you know the stuff where you know we'll give stuff only to black farmers or we'll give housing benefits only to sort of um, black or quote unquote disadvantaged businesses so we'll let all like the white people businesses go down the tubes well, but anyone who's got a certain skin color get certain financial benefits like this actually will create like that level of racialization will actually create. that's just insane to me that's like they're literally well, trying to well, produce what they claim yeah. is the problem well, yeah it, it's it, like it, they're it, reading they read like the birth they read like the birth of biopolitics is a fucking hand <laughs> manual like you know well, like a- amy amy i just want you uh i want to direct your attention to this organization <laughs> called fair foundation against intolerance oh and don't bring up and... that libtard stuff Lav. no why no why fucking very wise get no, out I, of no here. i think it is very important here because <laughs> look it talks about the exact same thing that amy was bringing up right now where you actually have people that go and uh, uh bring lawyers in and defend teachers that yeah, no, end they've up having problems since the, but they've existed the... but they've existed since <laughs> look, look at this 70s. comment crt by cyber ninja zero crt <laughs> is just CBT for the West. <laughs> That's it. We can't do any better than that. We can end the stream. That's too much. <laughs> Wait, wait, Amy, I, th- I think you may not be clear. Oh, ab- oh God. Well, I know we're going to end soon. But, Amy, I think you may have yeah, misunderstood yeah. that fair uh-huh. organization. I, I don't, yeah. don't be misled by the title. What they basically right. do is they try to get rid of a lot of this uh, wokeness that's in academia right now, especially in uh, education. Because one of the co-founders, his kids... No, I they know. The the- Daniel Horowitz, I think, is... is that no, the guy? no, no, no. His name is uh, Beyond. Um. 
Okay, all right. I have misconstrued that. Okay, yeah. Yeah, no, no. This is this is a different thing. So beyond Barding is his name, and uh, I met the guy. He's a great guy, and he did uh-huh. this article in the Wall Street Journal: dividing okay. by race comes to grade school. Students ages five to eleven are urged to check each other's words and actions and become committed activists. So he. That's what I'm I, saying. This is the, they're deliberately doing this. They're trying to produce yeah. these fucking psychos. Yeah. But, yeah, but the reason why I mentioned. But, but the reason why I mentioned that organization fair is that this is like one uh-huh. of the few organizations now that's actually standing up against this in a legal way and that's yes, why I, I think, think it that- needs to be like resisted in like no uncertain terms I think huge amounts of researchers should be put against like anyone who's trying to like reinstitute this hardcore racialization and especially to indoctrinate children such that mm. they grow up to then be good little commissars for the regime this good is sicko ratchets, shit yeah. Yeah. yeah this is awful I, and I do think it should be stopped and, and here's the board of advisors mm. you recently retweeted a tweet with Glenn Lowry Glenn Lowry is one of the people in the board of advisors so is Ayan mm. Hershey Ali Peter Bogosian Daryl Davis, uh, let's see, Niall Ferguson, uh, Camille Foster, Samantha Harris. Oh, God, not Niall. Oh, uh, Megan oh. Kelly. It's a bunch of basically a bunch of like sort of libertarians and neoliberals, but look, yeah. at the end of the day, <laughs> yeah, but at least, but at least <laughs> yeah, but these are not woke tards and they're doing yeah. something useful true, in a very discreet true. manner. That's my, yeah. my like, problem you with Ali. Douglas, entire Murray. Douglas Murray is in there. Yeah, yeah you true. don't need to buy someone's frame of reference or their right, politics right. to agree with them on a discrete issue because this is actually looking Important. at a discrete issue and yeah. they're putting sort of some clout towards towards yeah. that. I think that's a good yeah. thing. I saw that there was a couple, I retweeted a thing from where a couple uh, interracial couple in Chicago who were both actually school teachers um, the, uh, the journalist went out to speak to them. No, <laughs> very funny. Um, no, because that was the celebration that they had. It was called Loving Day, and it was like this. Loving uh, intera- Day? Yeah, interracial couple. As in for the lovings, the, yeah, the very yeah, yeah. first, the couple who, the court case. The, yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, back yeah. in the. Yeah. Yeah. That's why Betty and Barney Hill didn't come forward because they were an interracial couple. So oh, yeah, the UFO the day, situation. The first UFO couple, yes. Yeah. That was they, real. They, I believe them. I, well, yeah. well, they were the ones who saw the space Nazis. They told, yeah. like, the uniforms that those people the were Garthings. wearing. Yeah, the Agarthans. I mean, that is like a whole other can of worms that well, I don't think we have this time is, to get into this right has now. Been, <laughs> I think that this has been, like... How long have we been going? One of the longest PTRs? But it doesn't feel long. Oh, we went went nine. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it had dips and waves and uh, it just... Wow, this has been amazing. I mean, I got I expected that this stream was going to be great with Amy, but I got that and then some. I'm pooped out. Yes. Um, yes. It's Same just, here. Man. Well, what time is it in Australia right now? Uh, it's just about almost two o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, okay. That's decent. That's great. That's decent. No, but, yeah. but, but poor Amy, I mean, you only slept three hours. I cannot believe the dedication and commitment that you had to 
Come here. Dude, I always sleep like like five ounces. Oh no! It's oh, total. God. It's total BPD. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, it is. I definitely have an aspect of that. I don't yeah. like. I don't. It's funny when people say that. I just. I think I'm way too autistic with politics. Not being mm. more just like. <laughs> yeah, you got psycho. Yeah, you got some of the tism there. Uh, can't be real. The Garthens would have let them live. Can't be real. The Garthens wouldn't have let her interracial couple live. What? No. <laughs> Fuck off. Okay, we got to end there. Listen, we had the Israeli We had the Israeli chief scientist talking about the Galactic Federation. I think they've already made up. Okay, I don't think they're... I, I think that whatever's happening Yeah, the Agarthans, beyond... they had their own, like, reconstruction period. I think they're much less... I literally uh, have no idea what you're talking about. That's fine. No, but yeah. see, this is the thing. This is the, this is the spiritual side of BTR that you are very resistant to. Look at to, this by that And me getting all hippy-dippy on you great last first, time. Grace for... Great for estate for Amy and Gio and Love is the chaperone. <laughs> amazing, amazing. <laughs> All right, guys, we're gonna end this. This is right a bit now, of me. I, I yes. just hope we don't get. I mean. To tell you the truth, I just hope I don't have to like lock my account again after this stream for some of the people that are gonna like obsessively talk about. I mean, I don't know, but Amy, do they? They don't. I guess they don't. They don't have the attention span to chase after your podcast. My and philosophy, my friend, is to I've I turned off like two years ago. I turned off notifications for pretty much anyone I don't follow, and then yeah. even turned off like most of the notifications that like you literally you can't live your life according to the dictates of like a bunch of shrieking maniacs like who cares yeah just have your beliefs true. have your principles and if people you care about whose opinion you respect speak with you about things that are like troubling them about something you said sure engage with them yeah but these people are just you, you can't you're never gonna don't get a let good them faith. have that don't let them have that power over you yeah like, like if you need to sort of moderate what you're saying on the basis of whoever comes and yells at you that means you're just completely un perpetually cucked yeah. to whoever's yelling the loudest at any given moment. That's and crazy talk. And no. that's the thing. Like we've had a difficulty because I remember, um, people they like to pigeonhole us as like you know far right but we're not a far right i mean we're a panel no, show no, no. Gio, but it's that just was, it's that difficult was in, yeah, that was those, way 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 in the past yeah yeah that was about, like, those were the uh, amount of guests that we have we are yeah, far from but it is very hard to get like woke people to come on i mean we've had like but that's had, deliberate they refuse to talk to anyone exactly, this isn't intentional yeah. it's not your fault yeah. it's deliberate so strategy. all of like the lefties that come on this show they're like pretty based and you can have a good conversation with them. Um, and I've, there was only like one instance where we've really had like a bad time about it, but I well, guess like, furries. well, I mean, the, no, but the third, <laughs> I, I got to say making an effort. Like there's a bunch yeah. of shit that like, you know, different, like, especially the ladies today, they said a bunch of shit where like, if I were perhaps writing a post or something, or someone was being antagonistic towards me, there would be a bunch of things they said that I fundamentally disagree with and that I would sort of like, sort of interrogate the premises and be like, no, I don't think this is correct because of X, Y, Z. But like when you talk to people, like you sort of try to take 
a sort of the most charitable version of yeah, what they're saying and then, then pull out the aspects yeah. with which you agree and the sort of work from that i mean at a certain point people start to know that my premises are not going to be the same as somebody who is like classically liberal or whatever so you yeah. don't need to just like it's fine and it's just to my mind like there are even times today where i think like i'm actually a lot more reactionary than geo on like a whole bunch of no different way things. like oh. a lot of these Bullshit. <laughs> no, but do you get what I mean? Like, there's a bunch of things where I'm just like, oh no, I don't think that. I think it's actually way more gnarly than that. Like, it actually goes back further and is more deeply entrenched. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. like, I just think like yeah. forcing people to sort of fit in all these dumb, retarded little boxes all the time is just not healthy. And it's fine yeah. to just talk with people, and you don't have to listen to people just fucking yelling because they want to control people having like free form conversations. Just don't give exactly. them that power. Fuck them. Yeah. Well, Amy, last cares? last question. Koalas Fuck or kangaroos? Chris Benoit right there. Fucking yeah. cripple cross face. Right? Yeah. Well, who, who do you prefer? Uh, koalas or kangaroos? Uh... I don't really think about it, except for the time when I hit a kangaroo in my Toyota Yaris. That was scary. Ooh. Oh, no! It it bounced oh. off the hood and the dashboard and I thought I was going to die. It was like I was in Mario Kart. Like, you know, in an animal, like if you hit a thing, it like the fuck off the thing. It was the craziest thing and I had to get like the whole front of the car fixed, but the kangaroo just like bounced the fuck off and just jumped away. It was so crazy. Where I live, yeah, uh, that's the, the, the type of uh, game that uh, you can hit here in Canada can literally kill you. Like people have died from a moose going into the windshield. <laughs> It's hilarious. Oh, yeah, oh. It's not. It's tragic. I mean, it's. I'm sorry. Oh, just man. imagine like a cartoon. Hit a kangaroo. Yeah, imagine like the that's going to be like an article. Cartoon. I had to slam on the brakes, like, and so it was only because yeah. I managed to hit it at such a like low-ish speed that it was okay. But like, yeah, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> All right, guys, oh, we gotta God, we gotta go. We gotta go to sleep. Oh my God, oh, it's twelve at night here. Holy crap! Yeah, listen, this guys. is like the election stream we did. Where I had yeah. the woot, where I had the the Chinese delicacy during that stream. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh man, oh man, the shemets. All right, listen, <laughs> guys, this is, this is the end of the stream. But I want to ask everybody again to Remember, subscribe. Remember, Amy Therese woodcut. Yes, look at that beautiful woodcut. Uh, you, you look at your gnarly like, fucking fingers. That. You should have done That's, like, you know what you should have done? You should have grabbed the wood and be like, come here, Geo. I'm going to kiss you. Oh my God. <laughs> I can't do something that fucking creepy. <laughs> oh my God. Love. Yeah, we got to go. I mean, it's getting. <laughs> yeah, when Lev gets tired, he gets kind of. He'll start going on about. What Lev gets the different tired. Shapes. When Lev gets what he tired. Meditates and, Wait, uh, Geo, Geo. He'll go on when about Lev, the Agarthans and. When when uh, Lev gets tired, Lev gets fired. Yeah. Yeah. All right, this has been right, amazing. Okay, let's end this thing. Okay. That's my new style. Yeah. Bra, bra, bra. And Lamy, right. you have to come on again, even for like a reverse yes. debate. We'll find someone to debate. We have this sure. panel. We call it um at least for the first hour, we call it um, Argue My Position, where it's uh -huh. like a reverse debate thing. Oh dope. Yeah, we take the other yeah, cool. Yeah. 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 What, so what we'll find thing? a total. We'll find like a uh, a tanky or someone for you to debate. We'll, we'll oh just... God! I don't want to get another. I don't want to get another call to my family. Yeah, we had a we had a tanky on once, and they literally called um, <laughs> Lev's family, and, and it was These terrible. Are sick. Yeah. yeah. You know what? Mean, you know what? And this person apparently is a grad student in a philosophy program. She said like when uh, Lev was there. You go. 
yeah when when Lev was talking about how his family got brutalized in the pogroms uh she literally like turned to Lev in the chat and said oh i'm so sorry that your family of were fucking bourgeois and yeah. they deserved it and I'm like what yeah. <laughs> well it was also because it was also because psycho i think shit. i was i was yeah that partly... chick nathan said that chick was a psycho yes, yes. no but it was he also was because sick. i was it was also because I was partly dropping hints of her and others within her circle getting money from the Russian government. But that was, I think, well, that that's may have another also thing left. <laughs> yes. Well, let's not get into it right now. But all right, uh, we gotta way, go. Yeah, this we has gotta been go. Amazing. Guys. This has been one of the best streams we've ever had. Amy has to come on again. I knew this was gonna be amazing, but I, I didn't expect this level of depth, and uh, it's been quite a journey. And it's been uh, a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you very it's, much. Thank you, me. you guys. Yeah. Follow Amy Therese on Twitter, but Please. it's very weird if you haven't been following Amy Therese on Twitter. Amy, you are a <laughs> prolific tweeter. I don't know how else to say it. You are just, you are one of a kind, and I look forward to having you back on BCR. <laughs> and uh, I'd love thank to talk about the. Me. Thank you for being here. I would love to talk about the Murray, Murray Darling Basin and whether if we put like a lot of water in it, if we can like rejuvenate the inner parts of Australia. But we're not going to talk about that right now. We're going to save that for a later time. And I wish everybody the very best. Subscribe, subscribe, and keep on subscribing. Patreon.com slash break the rules. Also, go to Apple. Go to uh, Spotify. Did you know that we're on Spotify, guys? We are on Spotify. Yeah. We are on Apple. We are on all these platforms and you need to subscribe right now here i'm posting all of them on the chat break the that's right dot- it's a night to remember exactly yes dot captivate dot fm and uh, let's see what else we got that was here. a great dream theater song oh and can i also do a little bit of a promo go to yeah go like, ahead yeah yeah because i realized i never programmed my podcast enough what's <laughs> um, left what's left yeah so we have <laughs> I just did a chat with Angela Nagel a couple of weeks ago. She's a good friend a of mine. Nice. Um, we're just sort of recapping where we're at in the current moment. Um, and then we've got Oliver's been doing the work series. Um, and then also we have just the one we recorded the other day with Saurabh and Patrick Deneen. Wow. It's due to be released in a couple of days. So yeah, go and, to... And these are fucking heavy Patreon, hitters right Patreon there. only. There's previews on your SoundCloud, but it's patrons only. They get the full thing. Increasingly, yeah. We just figured that was sort of sort of the way to go. Yeah. yeah. So there we go. Follow, please become a patron of uh, what is yeah, left. Yeah, become a patron. It's five bucks a month. Just do it. Patreon.com slash what's left. That's just like how, how, how I say it. That's how you spell it. And that's for all the yeah. audio You what listening. mate left. <laughs> you what mate left. Exactly. And also, be sure to follow wow, us. Wow, what a, what a total cock up, yes. as they say in Amy's well, parts. Well, hold, hold on. I'm not done yet. Here we go. So also, be sure to follow us on Odyssey. Did you know that we are on Odyssey? We are on Odyssey. Odyssey.com. Uh, slash add break the rules uh, two dots f slash li- live that's where this is simultaneously streaming also we are on DLive simultaneously streaming and on Twitch simultaneously streaming and on Facebook simultaneously streaming you know what I never promote the Facebook just because I don't think any of you motherfuckers have one but maybe you do and if you have a Facebook uh, it's facebook.com slash break the rules th 
the num the number three and then rules. Here is the Facebook link. Go there as well. I've never promote the Facebook. Why not? I don't know. I'm, and go I'm, to my YouTube yeah. channel. Yes, Amy. If you want some premium, co I mostly exclude. I ex I talk about art theory mostly, and uh, mm -hmm. other political rants. Um, I just put out. Um, I just recorded actually a podcast. Um. I might as well release it. It's going to get released tomorrow with Robert Stark, Stark Truth Radio. We talk about architecture, uh, prison culture in America. We talk about we talked about a whole bunch of uh, 2016, uh, his book and his paintings. Uh, and Stark Truth Radio has been uh, for on forever. Um, Amy put Helen Andrews episode out from behind the paywall. Well, uh, Helen Andrews is someone I will also want to talk to. Um, her book about the boomers has been quite a. I really you know, like Helen. She's so she's such a breath of fresh air in terms of like. I don't know. One thing I've found is because there's so many sort of um, psychos uh, in terms of like these lib femme girl boss women. Like yeah, when yeah. I come across women in sort of a media space who I click with who are just like straight up lovely and really smart, um, I, it's very refreshing. And I think Helen's I very much one of those. You know who you would people. like? <laughs> you, well, I mean, you have to talk to Kashuda, but you'd like uh, Mary oh, yeah, Harrington. Yeah, Alex and I recorded a little while back. It's, oh. it's How did you manage that, though? You're like on completely different parts of the time. Like the, the it evens out, love. Right? It isn't. It evens out. I guess. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't too difficult, actually. I think in the end, it wasn't yeah. too bad. All right. Um, but also, Mary Harrington, you should talk to her. She's great. Mm. Um, okay, yeah. I'll check her out. Sure. And Alex, yeah. Alex okay. Plotnik is great too. She is one of our patrons, and she says, "I am a BTR patron, and let me tell you, worth every cent." Patreon.com. Maybe you know, knowing rules. Alex, she's probably lying about that. But I mean, <laughs> no, she's not. Geo, why are you wondering? us why are you undermining Sorry, us patreon.com slash break the rules <laughs> this is where you have to go to after you become amy's patron become our patron you're going to get a lot of goodies <laughs> a lot of awards including secret patreon episodes where i go around the neighborhoods of brooklyn new york and you guys could see me we're gonna actually start recording around. some like exclusive patreon content yeah we just have to figure out some different topics last time i talked about berserk or rather it was the first time i read it on air and it was mm -hmm. pretty interesting um but did yeah this to, is did you get up to that uh, saga with the fairies like the insect fairy creatures i haven't gotten up to i have to i have to get up. okay I, I need to have a cigarette i'm gonna bounce yeah it's all right been, well we got so this is the end <laughs> lev take us out what do you say you say um I say, God bless us, everyone. No, no, no I say that. You say, <laughs> mwah. You do the... You do, mwah, you do good the, night, everybody. Uh,